Hello there, and welcome to the year 1972. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. God will get you for that one. The Black Avenger. Black Avenger. Nixon wins re-election in a landslide victory and immediately looks to the future. Here's the 1-1 one, one pitch. Into the dirt! Our worst fears have been realized tonight. They have now said that there were 11 hostages. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 161 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, the M-O-O-D to the Z, freshly back from spending all your Patreon money on beer and Blu-rays, a.k.a. Moods. Yeah. And of course, I always got my 270s film haters by my side. First up, we have the man who says that Night at Olympus is better than every Giallo flick from 72. The Mexican, who clearly is a Mexicant. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP. And then we have the little boy who slacked off for the last nine months and barely has enough films to make a top ten list. The Chicago hot dog Jew himself, NES Ruler 22, a.k.a. Jeremy. And we would like to welcome back to the show two of our favorite guests. First up, we have the girl who can't admit that she's in an abusive relationship with JP. Another 70s <laughs> film hater, Carly. And last up, we have the weirdo who decided she's that it was friend. a great idea to get laser surgery to remove all his body hair to impress. I have no fucking idea. The exploding cocklick himself, Brandon. What's going <laughs> on, guys? Yeah. Yo. What's up? I think he did that to impress himself. Yep. There you go, Jeremy. One take. No fuck-ups. That was awesome. That's right. I'm back in the house. I am so fucking happy to be back on the show. Let me ask you this before you get into being (sighs) back. Who did a better job hosting, me or Jeremy? You know what, JP? I actually had this all rounded up and I was going to talk about this. First of all, you doing the episode 159, um, I thought you were doing a great job. Jeremy intervened, ruined that whole segment. And then Jeremy <laughs> yes. decided that he was going to take over for the last one with Derek and completely botched the shit out of that. It was like episode <laughs> one all over again. Um, so he not only introduces Derek before you, he totally forgets about me not being on the show. doesn't explain anything. Jeremy. Well, let's see. If I'm doing the intro, you fucking dickhead, don't people think that you know that you're not on the show? Well, yeah, but we could at least, you know, mention just it. Just mention well, it, Oh, right? no shit, he's not there. I'm fucking being an idiot doing the intro. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah. What you don't know, what everybody doesn't know, is Jeremy argued with me about doing the intro on 159. Yeah. He, I went to start, and he was like, wait, I thought I'm doing the intro. And I was like, well, I just figured I had this stuff written. I had this, you know, idea. <laughs> And he's like, well, I normally do the intro every time. Like, uh, I did it for 1 through 20 or something. I'm like, yeah. And why didn't you continue? Because you suck. (laughs) (laughs) And then then I was like, when we did the mini shots, we just switched back and forth. So I figured we'd just do that. And he's like, bitched at me for like 20 minutes. And then. Oh, yeah. 20 minutes. Totally 20 minutes. Okay. It was like three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah, that's a big difference. But still, see what happens. See what happens. You know what I have to say, though, man? You know, it was very, very frustrating having to miss those two shows. But all in all, I think you guys did a pretty good job. Um, Big shout out to Derek and Mike for filling in, I guess, for me for, you know, not being on the show and stuff. You guys did a good job. 
Um, but the weirdest thing for me was posting the shows on my channel <laughs> when I wasn't on them felt just awkward and strange. Yeah, that's I why I wanted you to again. send in some kind of clip or something. I know, dude. Just I, so I, was like, <laughs> I, I, thinking back on it, I probably should have tried and made more time to do it. But I mean, I was still, everything was still fucking just all mumble jumbled and shit. And I was just like, screw it. I, I just got to stay clear of this for a little while and we'll get back to it. And here I am, 1972. Yeah, too bad you were on Fresh Cuts before you were on our show. Thanks. That was actually, dude, actually Twice. Mike was laughing about that pretty hard because I didn't even know that you guys were going through and doing that Hagazusa review and we had actually just done that on Fresh Cuts and I'm like this is going to look ridiculous this is coming out and you guys are going to be doing this episode and I'm not going to be on it and everyone's going to be like the fuck <laughs> right so yeah, it is what it is that's I, funny I, it was a little bit awkward but all in all we're back and then yeah one back. thing I'm glad you're back about b- with is I fucking hate editing so thank you I'm not doing that shit anymore <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, the, I, the nice thing about the top 10 shows is not really the hardest ones to edit. You know, there's not a lot of well, show notes of, for it. None of them are when I do it because I do the bare minimum. But I <laughs> like I hadn't because for those of you who don't know or forgot, you know, I started editing the show around episode like 20 something around when Jeremy stopped hosting. And then uh, <clears throat> I did the thumbnail and the show. No- I used to do the show notes from the very beginning, I think. Um, and then... I basically around episode 102 or three, I think it was the Blackula episode or something. We lost our recorder. So mood started recording. He started editing. I thought he did such a better job than I do. And, uh, which makes, it only makes sense. Like you should have been doing it from the beginning. Cause you're like good with audio and went to school for it and stuff. And, uh, I suck. And I was just like, dude, having it, all that responsibility back, the thumbnail, the editing, the, uh, show note fuck the show notes are so underrated of a task because they do take a while mm-hmm. uh, and then also the you know the the po- like doing everything essentially uh besides hosting on the one episode and i was like dude i like i'm so glad that we're not doing this without moods anymore because this is a pain in the ass dude I, and uh i'm glad for you to hand hand that back to you <laughs> and the irony is is that we're back for this episode and then we're you know it's summertime <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, we're going to try and fit in some episodes when we can. The summertime is yeah. an issue because, you know, we're all busy. Our schedules are a lot different in the summer. That's why we take the summer off so we don't, you know, end up with a mumbled, jumbled shit like we just went through. Um, but, uh, yeah, who knows, man? We might be fitting in a show here and there when we can. So, Deep blue sea. not going to promise anything, but, you know, <laughs> we got to get, I mean, usually every year, we get to some type of summer extravaganza show like we did um, Sleepaway Camp Trilogy one year. We did the Jaws you know, franchise, things like that. Shark so we'll come up with some. Maybe we'll get retarded or something like that and do Sharknado. Yo. <laughs> oh, that's a good Sharknado. one. Because I think yeah. they might be done with them now. It might be the time to go and actually well, – And Sharknado, you know I mean, really, really we're not going to do that in the wintertime. Come on. You know what's really unfortunate? What? We don't do franchises unless you go to patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. <laughs> And pay for that tier, so you're out of luck. Sorry, moods. I mean, maybe we'll throw up like a special, like half off Sharknado special or something for the summer. But uh, I know that Sam and Derek, I think we're talking about maybe doing prom night for us at some point. Um, Because I just added prom night to the to the tier list um, since I I realized that that the dead show is still on there. Mm -hmm. Um, So 
I figured Prom Night was a cool one that we all wanted to do eventually. Paranormal Activity, damn it. Also, we'll continue doing Box Office Brawl on the Facebook page. Um, I'm coming back. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. And then also, uh, shirts are still out there. We're selling a lot of them. Um, I was hoping we were going to sell a little bit more after that update went up, but... Nope. Motherfuckers are broke. Motherfuckers are broke. (laughs) Well, I mean, two is better than zero, right? Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, so... That is what it is, but... Are yes. you wearing your 22 shot shirt? No, he didn't buy one. No. no. Oh, it, oh, dude, it would oh. hurt the Exploding Heads brand if I was seen wearing an inferior podcast shirt. I don't know if you saw the Jason wow. Lloyd's post today, but <laughs> apparently we are the number one horophilia show on Spotify. And yeah, Patreon. You know <laughs> I saw that. Now we have two number <laughs> one spots. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you something, Brandon. Did Dave buy a shirt? No, nobody did. Oh, you <laughs> exploding cocks, man. Sorry I would no. buy a shirt from you guys. Just saying. I would. I, I don't think we're ever doing shirts. We've talked about it, and we've decided we're never doing shirts. Because you Why? know you're know you going to get outsold by us. Yep. Scared. Yes. You guys are yes. scared. You guys are scared. <laughs> <laughs> and our shirts are clearly more superior than yours, so. um, Dude, the prints on the – I can't believe it, man how good well, that, they are they are so super, nice we got super lucky on that we really did man like i gave <laughs> i gave my buddy his shirt last night what about me fuckers and he was like that's what i'm saying dude. we got lucky that you knew a guy i'll put that shit together yeah. i know that's what i'm saying all right <laughs> it's lucky that like it's not like we went out and found some dude like we knew them already you knew him already you know what i mean so that we got lucky where normal people wouldn't have that luxury they're nice they are nice. They're awesome. I got my coworker to buy one. That's pretty cool. Carly, you still there? I am, but the sirens are going off in the She's background because I live in a shitty off. area. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't want to ruin the podcast already. Probably. They go well, Jeremy, really nice, Jeremy already did that, Carly. Don't worry about it. True. <laughs> um, yeah, so you could buy a shirt if you want uh i i think honestly like in my opinion we haven't discussed this but i don't think we should print this particular design again because we have to get around a hundred of them to 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 you know order and i don't think we could sell a hundred more of the same design so i mean i would probably say guys that once this design's gone, it's your only chance to get it. So. You know, the thing is, though, man, when I was at that party last night, I had three girls ask me if if they could get, like, a, you know, a girl's kind of uh, tank top style shirt. And I was like, man, we don't have those. We just did a run of, like, men's shirts to see yeah. where we kind of stand with the, on the selling point kind of deal. And, uh, I mean, that's not wow. saying that we could sell 100, but, you know. Boots knows three girls. Woo! How many I do, <laughs> I do, man. Them, them was my hose too. You know what? Saying? What movie are you gonna rip off next for your uh, for your next shirt print? <laughs> I was thinking Friday the Thirteenth. <sighs> Dave will oh, buy one. Right. Then. Dave, I can guarantee <laughs> will buy one. Then. You know the Friday the Thirteenth classic. You know Jason silhouette or Mrs. Voorhees silhouette with the knife and stuff. It looks like yeah. the same as Maniac. We could rip that one off. Yeah, <laughs> be less colors too. Easier yeah. to print, but. I don't know, man. I, I think that I think we should probably do a run of just the twenty two shots logo. Yeah, I would be happy with that. Maybe yeah. we could sell them for a little bit cheaper. For sure. like, well, they would be a lot cheaper to print uh, up, so then we could sell them yeah. for cheaper for 
for sure. But anyway, like we got some of those ideas flying around. I wouldn't mind getting a couple more designs of just, you know, the name. Also, uh, overall, it, though, so. I'm completely happy with it. And I think it was a total success. Yeah, we made money already. Me so. too, man. I, I think it's I think it's awesome that people supported it like they did. And it's just it's awesome. Seeing all I, the I homies th- post them. I, I will say that you two were right because I thought nobody in hell would buy a shirt for $25 that was 22 shots, but I was completely wrong. Yeah. I, I, had, someone. I had, um, I had faith in the homies, man. And again, I want to thank everybody out there for actually going out of their way and, you know, purchasing the shirts and, and taking pictures and it makes us feel really good. So I have a thank question. You. Why do so many of your guys, homies, why are so many of them missing heads? <laughs> heads. What? I don't get it. Those the selfies uh, they posted in the group. Every post of, 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 of them wearing shirts, no heads. I know. I noticed that too, man. Like, I, I understand <laughs> why. Shy, Sam, buddy. I, under, I understand why Sam didn't post it. Nobody wants to see that. But, but I mean, I was totally what about, on about that too. No one wants to see Turi either. So. Hey, we've gotten to see Turi's butt crack recently. I know. So. And, and all of his bullseyes on his back too. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I literally can't believe he has that as a tattoo. Like, I'm not joking. I'm like, wow, dude, like how did no do you not have a single friend that warned you against that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you must have no friends if you were able to go into a tattoo shop and get that. See, Hell, thing, the tattoo artist must not yeah. like my thing was, you know, his excuse is that he's like, Well, I'm getting my whole back done. I'm like, fine. So start at the top. Exactly. Why not start at the top and work your way down? Why would you start with a fucking tramp snap? Dude, it's like it's painful. It's cringeworthy. Oh, it's so bad. But anyway, it is, it's pretty fun though. It's nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, man. I, we yeah, we might as well move this along and get into the meat and potatoes of why we're here. Nineteen seventy-two was yeah. boar fest. <laughs> well, hold thoughts, on. Before thoughts? we get into nineteen seventy-two, why don't we do one of our six contests? Okay, okay. Actually, that's a good idea, man. We'll do a drawing. We've got six. Uh, I know what you did last summer, Blu-rays. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> uh, last House on the Left, Arrow Special Editions, brand new seal to give away on the show. So stay tuned for the whole length of the show, and we will be giving Mine aren't away sealed. every period. Oh, yours aren't sealed? No, they came. The plastic was ripped off. So I had to pull them off. They are brand new, though. I never like Brandon, I didn't open them. Why or... did you have to fuck that whole thing up? Now, now, I'm now, sorry. people are screaming and calling me a liar. <laughs> no, well, I, that's why I wanted to correct you. They are brand new, though. I literally just took the plastic off when they came because they were like kind of ripped off and hanging off. So we are giving away <laughs> four brand new <laughs> Blu-rays and two, <laughs> and two like new. <laughs> <laughs> okay i I do want to thank you two for because moods bought these out of his own money and then brandon also bought these out of his own money no i used moods money okay (laughs) (laughs) well you probably used my money considering you're lazy yeah (laughs) um (laughs) what what's the joke oh you just you you you're taking all my tax money get a job oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that is true. Um anyway, so um basically uh the first one we're going to do here is with the Patreon, so anybody who supported us on Patreon. If it's uh, Neil, it, I'm going to lose my fucking I don't mind. think Neil is on the Patreon, is he? Good. Thank <laughs> God he finally can't win. I thought he okay, was. So Oh, maybe he's not. Yeah. 
There's 52 people on here. Uh, and the number is Jeremy. Are you on there? Am I on where? The Patreon. <laughs> I thought you were doing it. I'm randomizing the number. I was, but you I said the shirts. I was going to do the shirts. This is okay. your dealio, not me. This is so, why you guys are number two. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. So randomizing out of one to 52, and the number is 26. So whoever is 26 on the list here, which <laughs> I'm going to have to count that. So you guys talk for a second, and I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Ah, the professionalism is definitely peaking tonight. That's his deal. Why is he fucking asking me? You know what? I don't know. I'm just I'm just here to talk about 72. Sick. <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? Carly, were you, were you offended by my intro? The winner is right below Carly, actually. Chris Rivers. Carly was, was 27. Chris I would feel Rivers. bad if I won. Chris Rivers. It's Chris Rivers. Like big pun. So, big pun. Son just won. I don't know, but Chris hit me up with or hit Moods up with your address, and he will send you, or hit Brandon up with your address, and he will send you a title. If you live in Canada, hit up Moods. If you oh, live, in I just America, realized now I have to actually ship all these things out. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use the Patreon money. That's what it's there. For. Yeah. 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 But I, I hate the post office. Congratulations, big pun, son. Awesome. <laughs> All right. So, 72, man. 1972. Well, my the question is. Moods was born. 1972. <laughs> no, I'm not the old Damn. man. And you know what? And I'm proud of this, man. I And actually, I will wish Brandon a happy birthday. He turned 39 a couple days ago. Woohoo! You're fucking old yeah, as shit now. Yes, I am. Thank your you. age is catching up to your grades. And he still has never gotten laid. Dude. <laughs> Says the virgin. That's like. <laughs> the- <laughs> Brandon, your age has finally caught up with all those grays, man. <laughs> it, it, but it's it, you're it, you're kind of awkward. Like you have a head full of gray hairs, and the rest of your body, no hair. Uh, no, I do have a nice bush. Oh, wait, but... you seriously? You left the 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 pubes? I left a, a pizza slice. Uh, <laughs> you did it. Pizza slice. Ah, yeah, it's a fucking pizza. What do you want me to leave? A breadstick? <laughs> This is not how you get women. Oh my god! I am a woman. That's amazing. That's amazing. I have less hair on my body than Carly does. (sighs) Damn. That is yeah. I definitely have smoother nipples. I gotta say that. I gotta say it's actually quite nice not being the old guy on the podcast for once. Thank you, Brandon, for being thirty-nine in a few months. Yes, three months. But as Carly's old enough to be you guys' daughter. She completely, she completely I mean, is. Yeah, well, no, she, she was. Yeah, I guess so. If you had me as a teenager, ninety-seven. I would have been seventeen when she was born. So definitely doable. Have, definitely doable. I have a, I have a friend who had a baby at seventeen. So technically, most people true. do nowadays. Yeah, what's she doing today, Brandon? My mom was eighteen when she had me. So my mom was twenty-eight. In the realm. Jeez. But yeah, nineteen seventy-two. Let's start with the three haters of the year. Carly, JP, and Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> what is the dealio with 1972 for you? They're all the same fucking movies. They're slow and boring. Half of them are TV movies, and half of them are proto slashers that don't go anywhere, and they're fucking sleaze. Not sleaze fest. Snore fest, and they suck. Yeah, pretty much. 
For me, I don't really like Giallo films, so that eliminates, you know, 50% of them. And then, um, (laughs) man, 72 is a good year for Giallos, man. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah. But, um, and then slow movies, I don't mind a movie that's slow as long as it, like, goes somewhere, but some of them just kind of never really take off for me. So there's that. And then, yeah, I don't know. I just was not really feeling it. And I also am not a fan of these Hammer movies, I come to find. Damn. So pretty much, pretty much the whole year was not. not <laughs> yeah, it's like Hammer and Giallos. Like yeah. there yeah. are very few like American bred horror films in this year. Way to go, Mooj! You set them up like we were going to shame them, but they all gave pretty good answers <laughs> as to why they don't. <laughs> well, I yeah, you want to us to go yet. silent? <laughs> but it's it's all personal preference, though, right? I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing is, I I like slow burn films, so I don't really have a problem with the year. I mean, I'm a Giallo fan, right? So and that you're going to get a lot of slower Giallos and shit, so. But as for the hammer, Carly, I find that interesting. It's you okay, eliminate so, a lot of movies, man. Holy yeah, shit. I just can't get into them. I don't know. I've tried. So you're not <laughs> picking up all those Scream Factory. <laughs> uh, hey, I've just recently uh, gotten into Hammer, and I'll say this: probably when I was Carly's age, I, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed them as much either. I'm not trying to make myself sound like I'm old, but I definitely enjoy films now that I definitely didn't enjoy 10, 15 years ago. Or what? Like my grandfather talking to me. No, uh, no seriously. Like I used to not. It's like, a valid when I was point, though. Like, it's a valid like point. Price th- movies. It's a valid point. I think when we get older, that we also just appreciate things differently too, and yeah. maybe and vice versa. I mean, who it's knows? Changed. Right? It's yeah. changed. It's it's definitely interesting because we were talking earlier about. 97 in the group chat like uh, we were talking about years that we could end up pulling for our next thing and obviously 97 is known as like a pretty awful year Mm -hmm. but like even the films that came out that year that like i find there's like really strong movies like yeah the drop off is insane like 11 through 20 is (laughs) fucking awful but like i and carly recently went and seen i know what you did last summer in the theater and i fucking loved it uh again yeah, and so I know Moods is not a big fan at all, but I look at that film and I look at like a Giallo film from 72 and I'm like, okay, both these films have stuff that people wouldn't like based on personal personal preference. Like mm-hmm. Moods maybe doesn't like the the CW like teen drama that 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 it is and I don't necessarily like or Carly don't necessarily like the, you know, kind of plain everyday normal people of 72 who all look the same and sound the same uh in in all these giallos and i think that it's very interesting when you talk about generations um i didn't grow up with giallos at all i Mm -hmm. didn't see my first giallo until i was in my 20s probably Mm -hmm. and um i love you know 90s teen movies pretty much Um, (laughs) so it's, it's kind of interesting when you think about it, but for 72 in general, I think my biggest gripe with it is that it just feels a little too much of the same. I think with 76, there was a huge variety of different type of movies. Um, 72 for the most part, seems like there was a lot of, um, giallos for one. Uh, and then two, it feels like there's not a lot of uniqueness there. Like, okay, you got some giallos, you have some some british films uh some tv movies which i think were more the more original stuff of the year was the tv movies i do Mm -hmm. like hammer and i do like amicus as well um so that did help me a little bit but i just when i think of like the most unique movies of the year 
there's not many that stick out. Yeah. I you know what I mean? Like, I thought it's the most consistent year we've done, to be honest. What do you mean by consistent? I think, you know, from the, the number of films I watched, I would say I enjoyed 95% of them. <laughs> I just think, I think that these films, I feel like there were no, like, huge standouts where it's like, oh, that's clearly number one. So that's why yeah. making this top 10 I was did a little like, hard. Which, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing, you know? No, not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Like, have... 96, like, I feel like most people thought that Scream was the runaway winner, um, even though Moods had a different film. You know, not, Scream and, and From Dust Till Dawn were just, like, fucking boom. Yeah. But this year, I don't know. I feel like all five of us could have a different number one. I feel like we might. And I felt like my top nine, with the exception of my number 10 film, which which I didn't feel like I loved as much to put in the top nine, obviously. But I feel like my top nine, I could have organized any way and I would have been happy with it. Mm. That's mm. how crazy it is. Yeah, dude. 72, man. You... Good, good. Yeah, I, 72, man. I mean, I watched, you know, 72 movies. And I had <laughs> eight that were rated five or under. Now, pretty... if we get 97, I expect you to watch 97 movies. I don't even think there is 97 <laughs> movies. There's like, there's like 20 movies. Yeah, I don't even – that's a very, very slow year. Now, what, if we, get, what so, if we get like 2008? Do we only have to watch eight movies? No, you have to watch yeah, 2008. 2008. So the percentage of films that I was you know, given decent ratings to is, is pretty – it's pretty high. I had you know? the exact same number, Moods. Eight eight films at five or below, and I watched 76. You guys have valid reasons. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so valid reasons. I mean, some of the okay. reasons why you didn't like 72 are some of the reasons why I do like. I like the slow burns. You know, I like the I, yeah. I, I only and, had and I do six disagree. films below five. And I do disagree. I mean, I you, given 1972, yes, has a lot of giallos, but there is a few standout giallos from that year that really stick out in just the whole bigger spectrum of giallos. Um, in my opinion. And I think there's a lot of solid fucking movies, man. I mean, you, you, yeah, so there's a lot of giallos. There's a lot of, you know, kind of satanic type films and things like that. It doesn't have the wide variety. I do agree with that. But I think the films that make up those subgenres are pretty solid for the most part. Like, yeah. you know, in 76, there was a ton of like killer animal films, too. Yeah, yeah. This year, this year actually didn't have too many. And honestly, like when I look at it, I'm just like, it literally had giallos and like some hammer and and tv movies <laughs> those are like the three things and particularly the tv movie isn't doesn't really count that much because that's not really a genre that's just a type of movie yeah so it's really like giallos just dominated this year f- from what i can tell and um i i think that yeah. i rated all of the movies that i've seen fairly decently uh i had a lot of you know, seven, seven point fives, some sixes, some six point fives, only one five point five, and then only six films went under that. Mm-hmm. And um I think I had a few eights, few, you know, eight and a half. So I mean it was like decent in terms of quality. It's just in terms of pure enjoyment, I didn't enjoy this year really. So it's it's due to the mm-hmm. it's just the kind of the repetitiveness of the the subgenre yeah, of film that we're watching. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, nothing, th- nothing. There wasn't many films that actually excited me that mm. I was like, oh, that was awesome. Like, yeah, it was. Uh, I rated it high. It was a decent. It was a good movie, well made. I just didn't get much personal enjoyment out of it mm-hmm. um, for a lot of these films. A lot of them, and and that that's you know, 
kind of rough know, for me. You know what I, I think felt? That personally, this is my least favorite year we've ever done. Wow, that's crazy. I, I felt like this year had a lot of films that when you were done watching really made you question society because these characters were very like uh very it was very character driven these films a lot of a lot of depth about how how uh for how sure man. characters are affected by society and it mm-hmm. made you think about today's society and this is almost 50 years ago and so i was really like getting deep on some of these some i of them were just think of more than one film that you're referencing when talking about that really <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow Maybe wow. two. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I maybe I didn't I watch the right films. I have five films in my top seven where I I, I think are totally like that. <clears throat> I think what my mm-hmm. top ten is like films that I felt are the most different from the rest for the most part. Yeah. That's how my list really kind of looks when I'm staring at it now. Yeah, I pretty much hmm. agree. So how many movies did you guys watch? I watched 54 which is better than i expected jeremy said there was no way in hell i was getting to 50 not only did i get to 50 but i got to 54 so yeah, you, fuck you you turned that shit on at the end man it's crazy, dude man. i watched literally 24 25. movies yeah. in in a week mm-hmm. wow that's, impre- <laughs> that's impressive yeah i'm completely fucking burnt out on these <laughs> plus i'm like sitting there trying to watch like Cause I'm part of that podcast under the stairs '90s show, so like, there's like five or six '90s movies for the years that I drew that I haven't seen, and they're like asking me to like, what are your picks? And I'm like, fuck, I, I don't want to pick yet because I haven't seen these. So like, I'm trying to do you f- try, trying to get on that. Let me ask you a question: Do you feel that cramming 24 films into seven days could have contributed to the lack of enjoyment too? Yes, Be- being in the crunch and also having to repeat you know, similar themes in films. Yeah, absolutely. Like I watched mostly Giallo's this past week. Yeah. And, and I get and, that. But yeah. here's the thing. I wasn't enjoying it to begin with. Like the first section, I actually enjoyed this section more than the first section that I did though. So technically, yeah, technically maybe I would have enjoyed it more, but I still enjoyed it more than the first half of the films that I watched. Mm-hmm. In fact, most of the films that I watched recently are comprising my top 10. Mm-hmm. And top fifteen and top twenty. So, so it's, it's part. So it's part cramming and part narrow mindedness. I think a lot of yeah, it has to do the way you watch films too, because <laughs> you know I don't necessarily watch like you know all the ones I haven't seen at first, and then just kind of work my way into like all my rewatches in the top. I mostly the, focused on TV movies at first. Yeah, so I, I just kind of yeah, do it all over the place. Short. I usually start with a film I haven't seen before, and then I'll just kind of go over the place. I'll be say if I watch a couple stinkers, and I'll, I'll go into something I know is going to be enjoyable, and I'll just I'll break it up like that. So nothing, nothing pick, seems to be the stagnant to me. Yeah, I pick one film that is either going to be a contender for my number one or a film that I'd heard a lot about and I'm kind of hyped to watch as my last film, um, which this year it was Don't Torture a Duckling, which was my – I chose ahead of time what my last film was going to be. I do yeah. that every year. It's kind I of started by out. watching 1971 movies. I don't. I really, <laughs> I really don't. I just – I guess subconsciously it's the way I watch them is just how I watch them. I almost watched I one of those because it was on your list, and then I looked it up, and it was from 1971. I was like, I, w- I would fucking kill you if I watched that shit for no reason. Dude, my 1971 Dude. film I watched it was one of my favorite films of the year. I know. I did that by accident. <laughs> he makes it sound like it's just fucking it's like the worst it thing. It is. Ago. I got to watch a movie I didn't have to watch. Oh, my God. Exactly. I, I hate my life. And you know, and the, and the thing is, but the, I do the movie that he watched is actually a really good movie. I know Carly would beg to differ because it's a Hammer film, but... Uh, 
I digress, you know. <laughs> yeah, so 54 for me. I'm pretty happy with that. I usually try to hit 56 to 60 is like my sweet spot. Um, there were a few films that I missed, which we'll get to in a little bit. But what? how many did you two watch? You both watched 72. Brandon well, I, I know Jeremy only watched 10. <laughs> I yeah. watched 76. 76. <laughs> fucking show off. <laughs> <laughs> you said you watched 72 my goal was 72 and I was like that's probably a good number I got 72 Carly I watched 63 wow what the fuck seriously uh, yeah. wow good job yeah. Th- JP like gave me gave me like was talking shit on me a few months ago and he was telling me I was like Jeremy Jr. and I was like I can't let this happen. So well, I don't butt hurt. I nobody it. wants to be a Jeremy. I did notice though. I did notice, man, because I I started out watching some films and I took like a long break from watching seventy two and and mm-hmm. then I, I remember reading in the chat or something like that and someone said Carly was in the forties and I I was only at like twenty five and I'm like what the fuck. Yeah, so she doesn't have to watch 80,000 other movies like we do. Yeah. We don't have to I watch 80,000 but... other movies. I looked at your letterbox. You have barely you haven't even watched that many this year. Watch 150, that's a lot for me. It's not a lot for you though because every year you do that. <laughs> but 100 I, I, I bet you 50 of those you saw in the cinema. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this motherfucker will go watch four movies in a row. And then bitch that he has to watch five movies Man, in a week. I bet it's more than 50. I bet you more than a third of the films you've seen have been in the cinema this year. That's crazy. It's insane. So how many did you watch? 35. Silence. Respectable. It's respectable. That's I, the most so, I've ever done. Instead of, hey, good job, you watched 35. It's, psh, hey, I'm giving, I'm giving you respect. I'm giving you respect. Here's the thing, right? Number. I'm totally putting 30, the Price 45. is Right sound effect in there, man. You know, the losing sound effect? <laughs> <laughs> 35 <laughs> is enough to to i think get a sense for the year and it's enough to to participate in the show and you know i i do agree but i'm not going to say it's good when you have somebody who watched 50 60 and 70 and so you can't say like oh that's good because it's clearly not everybody else watched way more but because I'm they saying, like watching movies, I don't. We already went over this why shit. Why do you have a fucking How the podcast? fuck can you be on a podcast where you review tons of movies and not like to watch movies? That is the most mind-blowing fuckery any, any ever. Any of these. I like watching movies that I want to watch, but I didn't want to watch any of these fucking movies. But how do you know that you don't want to? Like, you just, you're yeah, never that's... willing to take a shot. Have you ever watched a movie that you weren't really, you know, expecting to be good or didn't want to watch and turned out to be amazing? I'm yeah, sure it's wow. happened. Right? It could it happen again. I watched 35. I still get shit. Concerning I was getting shit no, no, three months ago. You shit. I'm just saying, Mark I'm not going to say that was good. Because you keep saying, how is this not good? And I'm like, well, when you compare it to 50, 60, and 70, it's not good. In fact, it's pretty bad if you compare it to that. But I'm happy with it. I'm. It's better than 21 or whatever the fuck you did last time. So I'm, <laughs> oh I'm at God. least happy. But I'm not going to tell you that you did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> JP's just like scolding you. I said it's respectable. He's I just think it's, I think it's a big right enough now. sample size for. for I, considering Christian only heard. watched what, like eighteen? The yeah, last but time? it's different. He's not on this oh, show. Like the they don't. Need, they don't even need to watch any. They can just show up with a list. It's for entertainment purposes for our audience and Thank for us. Brandon oh, yes. is a fucking go-getter achiever, and that's why we JP, always. But I honestly JP feel like gun to my head. I let so. I, I let like him win every time. Put in enough films. I feel like if you watched thirty-five good films from this year, 
you would have a, a, a no, really I nice agree. sample size. I agree. I say this but all the time. On, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't guess. watch bad movies like you guys did. Yeah, he tends to go for the good ones. So I'm assuming Dude, he I saw do that. Most I do of that too, though. We just. I said, do that too. I had barely had any under five. Like I, for the most part, I watched some pretty decent films. I didn't watch anything more than a seven point five. That was your lowest rating. That you films. guys rated. So how seven point five? Yeah. Oh, I see. But but that's the thing though. You can't only bank on that. You have to take a few risks because there's films that I rate a seven that Moods has is an eight, or like he rated low that I'm at an eight or an eight point five. Mm-hmm. So like your guys aren't that big of you guys aren't that far apart. No, but I I, I think the goal every yeah, time is to see as many films that will make top ten lists. I and did, and I bet you I've seen every movie on your guys's list. I bet you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, but I bet maybe. you what? I bet you got a high percentage of them. I always feel like I saw everything that is going to make list, and then Moods comes with fucking ten films out the woodwork of fucking. <laughs> yeah, I was ever. having a panic attack. I was like, "Why are you? What are, what are these?" <laughs> in that group, you're sending <laughs> all those pictures. You're just like, like "This is a great one." Panic attack. <laughs> like, I was like, there, "Oh like, my what god!" The fuck? I didn't prepare at all for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So what are so besides the themes? I think one of where are legends in this year? Like we what who do we have? We had Craven's debut. We had uh, Falchi mm-hmm. put out a film. Uh, Bava put out a film, right? We had the De Palma. First. De Palma directed a film. Yeah. De Palma. Yeah. We had like the first like. I would say like Night of Fear is like a huge influence on Texas Chainsaw. <clears throat> Right, Brandon, you watched yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely yeah. a huge influence on, on TCM. Yeah. And then um, you had uh, – did Lindsay do two films this year? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Bloodstained, and then – Or not Bloodstained um, Orchids. Seven Bloodstained hey, Orchids and – I'm glad to see Six Senses on Brandon's uh, 72 list. Uh, man from Deeper. <laughs> man, from, man from Deep River, yep. And then also we had uh, Edwidge Finch in everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah, she yeah. was in three really good giallos from the year. Um, yeah. The Case of the Bloody Iris actually is quite interesting. I don't know if you guys ever uh, – I don't know if everyone watched the movie or not. But uh, there's a scene in that movie that I noticed years ago when I first saw it. And it's interesting because that scene became super famous in American Beauty. The scene that everyone knows that movie for. You know, the girl laying on the bed with all the rose petals on her and shit. That scene is jacked completely from this movie. There's a scene where Edwidge Fennec is laying on the bed and and the the iris petals are covering her naked body and shit. Shot from the same angle, everything. You don't think it's a coincidence? That is not a coincidence, dude. That's that's a straight jack. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 100%. It's it's shot. It's the exact same scene. Who directed American Beauty? Um. I don't remember. Jeremy's right. I do have six cents on my. But does, did anyone else? Did anyone watch <laughs> that movie? I did. Yeah. I tried yeah. to. I couldn't get to find it. Um, Night of the Bloody Iris. JP, yeah. did you notice that scene? It's on Shutter, I think. I I looked it up on there and it wasn't coming up. I oh. typed in the title. It's I don't also know. on Prime. I don't. I don't. Brandon, I did you notice that scene in the film? Uh, I probably did at the time, but I'm so. Can't mm. remember anything at this. I know point. the scene you're talking about, but I don't remember. I know the scene you're talking about shot. from American Beauty, of course. Yeah, it's literally the same scene with Edward Fennec, yeah. though. It's identical. But 
kind of kind of a cool little thing. But yeah, no, Fennec, she pretty much kills 72. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love her, man. Yeah. So fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. Just incredibly beautiful. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so do you think we should do another drawing? Let's do it. Do it. Jeremy. Yeah. How many was there? 52, you said? 51. Okay. So I am going to randomize, and you're going to count, okay? <laughs> I already know. I'll be faster than you. Okay. Yeah, because you have numbers on the side of them, dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. The winner is five. Number five. That is Carly. <laughs> no way. Wait, well, where did it go? <laughs> you can. People are totally gonna think we're cheating, man. You, you got. You guys. Can you do it you to don't have else. that release. Go ahead and take it. Take it. <sighs> we'll. I'll send you a used one. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I like new. <laughs> it's free. I knew that would happen. I just knew it. Yeah. At least it wasn't Neil. Yeah, that's the only thing I care about. As long as it's not Neil. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Okay, so should we do this? Should we jump into it? Yeah, let's go. Jeremy, right. what is your number 10? We didn't have a pre-order, <laughs> so... Go first. <laughs> Jeremy, start us off. Number 10 of 1970 Deuce. All right, number 10 with a 7.5. We Stop have... doing that! That's what before we fucking give review the movie. That's <laughs> what. Oh my god! Why can't I just do it my way? Because we do it our way. <laughs> don't say 8.0 either. Just say eight. Yeah. 8.0. Who fucking talks like that? That's what he used to it's say that on the other episodes. He'll be like, with an 8.0. I'm like. What? Why do you have to say that? <laughs> oh, come on. I, I'm sorry, Jeremy. I feel bad. They're fucking tearing you. I'm <laughs> you. I'm used to it by now. Uh, you're like my mother, which is well one of the multiple films with Patty Duke. She was in one of those TV movies. I can't remember. Uh, she Waits. Is that the one that she was in? I think that was the name of it. Or She so. was... I think she was in some kind of other TV movie, but I think this film has some of the best atmosphere from the year. Just the the winter uh, backdrop of Minnesota and this house in the middle of nowhere where Patty Duke has to go visit just creates a sense of isolation and uh, very high atmosphere. I'm sure this movie is like a, a pretty slow burn, but I think the relationship between Patty Duke and uh, Rosemary Murphy, who plays the mother or the mother-in-law, is uh, well, sort of. It's very uh, it's interesting, and the the uh, introduction of Kathleen, who is the mute sort of retarded like JP stepsister, is pretty interesting too. I don't really feel like they play off like entirely. Did you say it's JP stepsister. <laughs> well, they're both retarded. So. <laughs> Mm. that's kind of fucked up i don't think that the 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 side story with kenny is really played out that much like it really isn't introduced until like halfway through the movie and and i feel like that's not really the major plot point of the movie it's more about uh patty duke getting out of this house and you know figuring out what happened uh 
to her ex's husband, who's now dead's mother and things like that. Oh my god, what, JP? Good, man. I agree with him on that. I I like that because I that's what hurt the film for me was the you know the the sort of ending play out with Kenny. I felt like it was rushed and it didn't it it didn't really matter as much as the build up to it. Yeah, like they make it seem like oh they had like this really interesting story about this this cousin who's like an ex murderer, but it's like they really don't do anything with it. Yeah, that that's my biggest gripe with it too. That and also the simple fact of hiding the baby without making that any noises was, that that was the hardest yeah. part but this is a quiet place all over again i know but I, it's just so unbelievable oh. you would never be able to do that yeah. right have so, you ever yeah. tried have you ever tried yes you've tried hiding a baby yes okay there i stand go. corrected i stand corrected yep. <laughs> the, that, that's that's the part that that's the only part that i like i don't have a problem at all with how they introduced the the son i actually like it um, I just the only part that is hard to swallow is the fact that the baby wouldn't make any noise at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's hard to believe. Like I've been around some pretty fucking quiet babies. Like my sister Janessa, like barely ever cried when she was a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's you know, like my sister Jessica cried a lot. <laughs> you know, it's and my mom told me that I barely cried at all when I was a baby. Like she said, I was so good. That so. I- Hard time believing. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you were probably the same size then, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lay you out, dude. It's also, it's also where she has lay the baby, you out. too. You've been laying me out the entire fucking time, bro. I mean, yeah, the I'm baby's... i Brandon. I know. He's the, talking to me. The baby's hey, in the fucking attic. The baby's in the attic, right? Like, she's yeah. never around. Like, there's times in the film where you actually forget about the baby. And all of a sudden, she just yeah. goes and finds it. Well, finds you have it to keep like, in mind, too, that the sister is taking care of the baby at times, too. Of course. We're, just because we don't see it. You yeah. know, we we see her walk up there and see the sister with the baby mm-hmm. so that, you know, we, we get the sense that she's, like, taking care of the baby in yeah, the off sure. time. Yeah. Well, like I said, I think, like, the main point of this one is just the atmosphere. It's really, really well done. And, yeah, I gave it a seven and a half, as I already said. Nice. That's yeah, my number 10. Yeah, I'm surprised you liked that one as much as you did. That's cool. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, Patty. Brandon. She actually became, she was the president of the SAG in the 80s, actually. Oh, really? Patty Duke? Yeah, Patty Duke did. Which is kind of interesting because okay. she was diagnosed, I think, with bipolarism like just before that. It's kind bipolar of disorder? Yep. And then became the president of SAG. Interesting. I don't think, they, I don't think it's called bipolarism. bipolarism. <laughs> he's, just, he's just making up diseases why, why not why not it's like autism but bipolarism yep exactly <laughs> now right. if you think you're a grizzly bear or a polar bear are you bipolar <laughs> no. No, that would be by bear god damn it daddy jokes <laughs> fuck i'm like literally in shock and awe right now at that joke yeah, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> I can make that joke because I'm mentally ill. So, uh, okay, my number 10 film. And honestly, the only reason I put this film on the list, I do think it's a really good film, but the only reason I put it on this film, this film on the list is because technically I think this is the best made film of the year. What? And, and this is Brian De Palma's Sisters. Oh. Yeah. Sisters. Sisters. You, do, you, do, you always stick the palm at the end. Uh, or at the beginning. <laughs> What's up with that? What are you talking about? Carrie Carrie was 
my number I'm one. Gonna, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I I was thinking that didn't somebody have it at ten? No, uh, I had Polanski at number ten. Oh, Polanski. Yeah. That's what it was I tend to, but I just for some reason this film doesn't make a whole lot of sense when it starts to really get going. I mean, the the main standouts of this film are its cinematography and its performances. The acting is fantastic, especially Margot Kidder in the dual role. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, once this film gets going in terms of um, Jennifer Salt's character, you know, Grace, the... Uh, I think that's a, why it works so well. She's so a news reporter, and she hires Charles Durning, who's uh, like a private eye to... <laughs> To follow the couch, it's yeah. almost like ridiculous. <laughs> the length to which he it's goes, just, where it's just the ending is the most ridiculous part. The, oh, though. the ending is yeah. absolutely it's stupid. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's up on a telephone pole looking at a couch in from like Canada. a mile away. And, yeah, it's, <laughs> God why damn it! Just pull the driver over a block down the street and be like, "I'll buy that couch from you for a hundred dollars." So this is our top ten films that we didn't care for, right? <laughs> like, no, it's such it a well-made film, and I feel like it's one of the first films to have you know the, the the big twist reveal that it does. There's a lot of films, newer films that do it that we really enjoy. You know, films like uh, like Good Night, Mommy, even uh, even something like The Other from '72, another really good film like that. Yeah. But I just, it just, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me the way it, it played out. But it's just so well made, and it's hard to ignore the standout performances. I'd argue that if if it has all those problems, it's not well made. <laughs> no, it is well made though. Visually, it's Technical stunning. Wise, yeah, yeah it, it's, 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 it's shot well. It's acted well. I actually really enjoy the way the story is because it's kind of quirky. It is quirky, but but also from. From the very beginning, it almost seems like Grace's character comes in at the last second to see, I forgot the character's name, the one who's killed, to see his hand up on the window. And then immediately when she's talking to the police, she's talking that she witnessed the whole killing. So even from that standpoint, they kind of didn't shoot it right or they didn't show it correctly. But I do like the reverse angle, seeing his view from the apartment. Or it's just the wrong dialogue. Or it's just the wrong dialogue. Yeah. I mean, but I just I, get it. I still enjoy the film. I still rate it pretty high. It is a good film. But I think people hold this one in a higher regard than I do, certainly. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So what did you rate it? I, I give it an eight out of ten. Okay. It's, it's, it's a good film. It's just not my favorite film. <clears throat> Charlie. Boots? Or Carly? Well, very organized guys. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who should go? Go, Carly. Okay, okay, okay. Um, okay, so number ten. Um, okay, it's just the scared. it's just the way I envision it right now. Just the way the circle is for some reason. See, I envisioned it like Jeremy, host. Brandon, Carly. I don't know. That's well, just the I way. envision our host, guest, our host, guest, our host. I just that's thought it was I... funny that JP said, "Okay, Carly," and Carly's like. Who should go? <laughs> that, that's too symmetrical, man. That's way too symmetrical. Well, that's how we normally do it, so yeah. I'm, just, I'm pretty symmetrical. All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> um, so this is my number 10, and it's the only one that I kind of cheated on when it comes to the ratings, and it kind of hurt my heart to do that because it's just the way it looks on my screen, but I just felt like I liked this one more than other ones I rated high, and that is... Children shouldn't play with dead things. Wow. That, that's the one I was struggling with, too, because mm. I didn't give it that high of a rating, but I really fucking like that movie. 
It's one of the funner movies of the year, man. Yeah, it's it's very simple, but it's very fun. And I really like just the setting and the characters and kind of how there's not really music. There's just like the sound of the night going on the whole movie. It's like it keeps you kind of enthralled just with that alone. But yeah, it's it's a it's a really fun movie. It's just you can tell that Bob Clark had absolutely no budget making that movie because once the zombie action actually starts, it's really good. The last 20 minutes are fantastic of the movie. Could you imagine mm-hmm. 40 minutes of that? That movie would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. but see, right? I actually found that the dialogue exchanges between the characters and like the practical joke and stuff, like I actually found that kind of interesting and fun. So it, it I, was I wasn't, fun. I wasn't pissing himself. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, like I had. Sorry, you remind. I think JP didn't you? Like he's kind of like uh, what's his face from TCM, the oh, brother, okay, and that. Exactly. That's what that. I mean, this oh, movie came yeah. out beforehand, but that's kind of, yeah, that's what he reminds me of. But, I, love, um, I love how Alan Ornsby actually played, his character's name is Alan. <laughs> that's, a, that's how weren't they all? low budget this movie. Yeah, I think yeah, most, they didn't I think, even have a budget to change names. I think, yeah. mo- I think honestly, most of the characters are the real names. <laughs> yeah, like, like I remember nah, the credits that. rolling and like half of them were, yeah. but yeah, overall, I think it's a pretty fun movie. It's just not a lot goes on until the final acts, but just the characters alone kind of kept me into it. And um, I think the zombies look pretty decent and creepy for it being so low budget. So yeah. I gave this one a 7.5 out of 10. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, it's definitely a fun-ass movie. I just want to, I, every time I watch it, I'm just like, I wish there was more zombie action. It's got great atmosphere, mm-hmm. though. Really, really good stuff. And Alan Orange, like, he fucking kills that role, dude. He is, I don't know, there's something awkward about him and odd, strange. He's, it's, it, I love that character, man. It's awesome. They should have made a whole spinoff to just that character. It's fucking cool. JP? All right, yeah. Uh, so I also cheated for the first time in the history of me doing this. Dang. And I just. See, everything doesn't just, have to be symmetrical, dude. Well, it does. I just changed my rating. I just gave children shouldn't play with dead things in eight instead of seven point five. Oh, that's more fake than me. <laughs> so, uh, my number ten is children shouldn't play with dead things. Um, you guys do your list together. And I actually just really fucking like. Yeah, this when he's movie. cramming his wiener in her. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny that's gonna take off cramming um but yeah (laughs) how does it feel you dickhead gotcha you fucker you didn't get any what are you what are you talking about i'm not flustered i'm laughing at at your joke bro i'm not flustered uh uh, no, because I keep uh, thinking of cramming my wiener while talking about better. a fucking list. Uh. Cramming his wiener? <laughs> <laughs> Moose is like this 40 is, minutes late to the joke. I fucking muted stuff. my mic. Like, I muted my mic because I was typing and something and I fucking was howling, man, when he said that. <laughs> Amazing. Good one. This guy. Uh, so children guy. shouldn't play with dead things is is my number ten. Um, I debated on should this be on my list because it is lower rated at the time than than a couple of films, and I think that this one just personal enjoyment overweighed quality for me so much more because like it's not really filmed that well. 
Um, it's you know kind of it's su- it feels super low budget. Um, it almost feels as if it was like a shot on video film, but on film. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, use really, really, really cheap film stock. Yeah, and I just I, I really like the zombie action. I love like the island setting and and the like Carly mentioned, like the sound of the night. It's just mm-hmm. creepy, uh, and I like that. And I I, I love all Bob, Bob Clark's horror films, and I wish he had done more. Um, but this was a great little start for him, and uh, I gave it an eight out of ten. How did you guys watch that? Like, was the transfer I good? Was yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the best way to watch it, man. The majority of releases and old transfers are terrible in that film. Like, you can't, because <laughs> yeah. it's all shot at nighttime and the older transfers are so dark, you literally couldn't see anything. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, it's like Drive In Massacre. I never knew that there was a fucking beheading at the beginning of that that's movie. That's what Carly says when JV pulls down his <laughs> Drive In Massacre went up four points for me when I actually saw it. Yeah. Like,. <laughs> When I, when it's I amazing. was able to see what was going on, I'm like, wow, this is really fun film. I know it is, right? It's a totally different movie. Yeah, no, I, I liked it, but <clears> I the, watched the, the Slayer as well. Is another one because I remember Derek always saw at the beginning was a bag of oranges. Bag of oranges. It out, it's a grandfather clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so true. That movie had the worst transfers. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. Yeah. All right, All right. So coming in at number ten from the year nineteen. No. I'm not going to pull a Brandon. <laughs> um, this might be a little bit of a surprise to some people, but man, did I ever fall in love with this fucking movie, man. Damn, it's so much fun. The Night Stalker. Yeah. Wow. Man, yeah, I like that movie. Man, did too. I. Like, I was always a big fan of the TV series. I've never seen all the episodes, but I always liked yeah, Is the there like a shit ton of them? Yeah, there, there's quite yeah. a few. There's quite a few episodes. So I, I'd seen episodes here and there. And and for whatever reason, I'd never seen the the Cold Jack movies before until this year. And I absolutely fell in love with it, man. Like, it's just so fucking fun. Oh, man. really? So you, this is the first time watched them? Yeah, I actually watched the movie twice. It's short, man. It, it, it runs it about se- short. 75 minutes. And it's, I will remind the people or tell the people, it's actually a, a made for TV movie. Mm hmm. Which is kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, man, Darren McGavin, who plays Carl Kolchak, is one of my favorite characters, I swear, of all time. I love this guy, man. He tells he tells it how it is. He's kind of a smartass, but he really... But he's just telling it how it is. I, I love this type of character, man. It's fantastic. The story's, you know, is actually really fun, too. It has to do with vampires and things like that. And But uh, I love his character because... <laughs> This guy just can't hold down a job because he's too fucking honest and probably too good at his job kind of thing, right? I love that whole angle, so really good stuff. But yeah, one interesting thing about this film, it's got great pacing because it's 75 minutes long. It gets right into it. There's no downtime. Um, Pretty fun story. Effects are fun. But all around, the dialogue is worth just checking the movie out for. It's great. I love the the back and forth with uh, with Kolchak. Awesome. Absolutely fun-ass movie. (laughs) I can't remember, like, one of the hardest things about doing this year is everything has ran together so much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we were all talking about how none of us remember the movies we watched. <laughs> but, um, yeah. was it, I think I remember thinking while watching it that, like, <clears throat> normally, like, the reporter is played, like, like this type of character who's, like, trying to get the story and stuff like that. And, like, like just taking pictures of, like, shit that's going bad and stuff is like portrayed as like a douchebag mm-hmm. but it's like he's the like lead in this film yeah it was kind of funny and then also um 
I just really liked the the story to this one. It just was kind of creepy and cool. It is. It's cool. It's it, it was like it was played realistic. Yeah, it was. It, it was a downbeat ending too. I love. I know, right? But it plays in great to the sequel to the movie too. Right, I love how they just kind of carry that over that ending, and so yeah, it's yeah, awesome. I've seen the sequel. It's, so. I actually watched them like back to back one night. And pretty fucking fun, but uh, yeah, because Ke- Kino just put those out. Yeah, yeah, yeah and you could get them MGM, put them out. They were out of print for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Cool. You know what? Uh, and and that's something we didn't mention, but um, this year has so many films that have been released on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It really was a joy because I remember we talked about 76, how like it was so hard to find certain films and the quality was such shit that a year, like 72, four years earlier actually has more films on Blu-ray. Like, like a lot of films have been released on Blu-ray already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I don't know if you were on before. Yeah. No, we were waiting for your ass cause you were really late <laughs> showing up tonight, but I said like, I actually own 85 movies from 1972 on DVD and Blu-ray. So you're right, man. There's a lot of physical media for 1972, which is awesome, right? Because a lot of these movies, man, you can appreciate a lot more with a better transfer. Let's put it that way. I wish Absolutely. I had 82 movies from one year. Jesus Christ. I don't know what it I is. Mean, I mean, I had it. Dude, I'm not joking. Amount. I'm not joking, man. Last year alone, in 2018, so many movies from 1972 got released. It's just coincidental, I guess. So, I mean... Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's up with that, but but yeah. Um, I, wish, I wish I had 85 movies, period. <laughs> I really highly recommend The Night Stalker, man. If you've seen a TV series and never checked out the movie, you got to check it out, man. It takes place in Vegas. One of the all-time greatest characters, man. I wish they had made a whole series of movies. Now, with, did that with guy Darren play the, the Kolchak guy the entire time? Yes. 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 Yeah. And he's Fuck, just and he's so I can't good. get Christmas story out of my fucking head while watching. It. <laughs> yeah, <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. I like him though. I like that. Actor. I just expect him to be like Ralphie. <laughs> Is that it? Is that the impression? <laughs> yep, that's it. Yeah, not yep. not um, Billy Boy, not Billy Madison. Man, I, oh, I yeah, he's still man. You know, for, uh, from, from a year that has a lot of. He's really, the dad really good... of Billy Madison. How do you not fucking remember that? That's right. I do remember. I just haven't seen it in so long that it uh, it didn't stick. I can't remember any of his lines or anything. You didn't remember. All you remember was Ralphie. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fuck off. I just I only picture him saying Ralph. Fair enough. Fair enough. Gee, Ralph, what happened? <laughs> it was so poisoning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Shut up! I love that movie. Me too, dude. In a year of a lot of strong TV films, man, this is my favorite one. I'm oh, coming in. No more TV films for moods. <laughs> yeah, I not, guess so, huh? Maybe not. <laughs> you know how maybe I do it. They're always not. fucked up. They're always fucked up. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm coming in at a nine, man. I, I absolutely love the night. Wow! It's such... Wow! His number one might be a seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, you do love 72, huh? Oh, there's a lot of strong films, man. Or wait, film, you, did you do one of those things where you have eights coming up? No, actually, you know what, to be honest, again, this actually goes in order. <laughs> His oh number God. one is a six. Is everybody in order this episode? <laughs> yes. Yeah, this, yeah. You know, th- this was a hard thing to do, man, because I left off three films <laughs> with the same well. rating that I love. I love all three of those movies. It could have been interchanged that is any given day you have 14 nines or at least nines yeah 
That's cool, okay. man. This was one of those films also, and I told I told Moods about this, that I had a lot of films rated around eight, probably about ten, that yeah. didn't make my list. This and was this, actually and this was number, one of them. My yeah. number 19. Well, I'm glad okay. you guys liked it. Jeremy, did you watch Night Stalker? You said? Yeah, it's on my list. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, oh, you're my such God. a fucking amateur. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Dude, that's Are amazing. You? Sitting there, like, removing it real You only watched 35 minutes. <laughs> he's really trying to move this show along. He's already he's given his fucking... He's like, it's my number away three. Out of order. I'll sit out that round. <laughs> <laughs> what was I supposed to say? Just not like, that? Yeah, I saw not it. That? Did you say you liked it? Or... Yeah, I saw it. That's it. <laughs> you know what? You know who also does stuff like that a lot is Christian. He'll be like, yeah, Brandon will be talking about something, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, I really like that one. Didn't make my list, but and he, but he says it for every one, so it's like, okay, I've process of eliminated yeah, Christian's well, list now. He says that he doesn't like that was his favorite TV movie, so there's going to be no more TV movies on his list, and there's a shitload of TV movies, so he yeah, gave he away did, a lot, he did, too. He did mess up with that. I'll give you that. Yeah, or is it? Should we start over from the top? <laughs> yeah, all right, let's... Back to Jeremy. <laughs> Let's start over. What's your number 10? Uh, you you're like wrong. my mother with a 7.5. God damn it! <laughs> Dude, just give your number Dude, back to you. Crazy. Number there 9. There goes the ball again. Back to Jeremy for number 9. Number 9. Uh, Tales from the Crypt. The anthology. Um, man, I watched it so long ago. but It was like my second movie that I watched. But um, I really liked like the wraparound story. It was pretty interesting. Uh, with the way that they did the Crypt Keeper. Like, the way we picture the Crypt Keeper is from the show, of course, but it's th- interesting to see him played as, like, an old mythical man who are really are fucking in the Crypt. But anyway, uh, this anthology, of course, has the, the famous Christmas story that we come and see uh, during the second episode of season one of the TV show. And, you know, it's one of the most famous episodes of all time, so it's interesting to see it played in a more, uh, I don't know, traditional way. Uh, you know, it's 1972, so you kind of have to have a, a, a closed mind about, like, oh, this wasn't, like, too many things like this in the past. So it was pretty revolutionary, to be completely honest, when you really think about it. But, um, of course, so it has that story. And then uh, one of my other favorite stories is the third story with the old man and um, everybody pretty much hating him and doing such horrible things to him. Um, you know, he loves his dogs so much and they go and they fucking take away his dogs. I mean, it's just like, it's just like such an interesting thing to talk about, you know, like they think that he's molesting all the children in the neighborhood. And that's another, once again, another pretty, um, interesting topic to talk about from 1972. The next story is like, and it's, it's a monkey Paul story. It's not that interesting. I'm completely honest with you. And uh, the last story is okay, but definitely the the two highlights of this film is the first one with Santa Claus and the third story with the old man. Um, Yeah, I really like this one. I actually haven't seen it before. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the I think what there was two amicus anthologies from 70, this one and uh, Asylum. Uh, This one's definitely the better one out of the two. I gave it a seven and a half out of ten. Man, I have to say that review had more lip smacks than a whole cool dude or fucking review video. <laughs> exactly what I thought. <laughs> Thank wow. you, Carly. Thank you. <laughs> like I, it was so loud. Those lip smacks, holy shit, dude! You were turning me on with those, man. 
notice. You were cramming those lips into the uh, into your pop filter. Gee. <laughs> Jeremy, do you have anything to say? No. Oh, oh fuck I should have started that out with a lip smack. That would have been classic material. All right. Tales of the Crypt. My turn. All right. Number nine, Blackula. You know, you know what? Nice. Blackula what? has one of the scariest scenes the whole year. Blackula, the first time <laughs> I saw it, and I know I assuming you're talking about the cab driver in the morgue scene. No, I'm talking about the woman like running down the hall looking. Yes, like a she was the cab yeah. driver in oh, the morgue. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems. <laughs> then awesome. yes, yes, yes. I am talking the first about time the I saw this movie, I nearly shit myself. <laughs> that fucking terrified me. But did you? Movie, I didn't. But but oh, this man, film that's disappointing. is so much. Has so much depth to it, you know. It's if you so can get much past, better than you would expect, especially with a title Black. like Blackula. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, because it's serious. <clears throat> it is serious. The whole storyline of this prince trying to end the slave trade and being cursed to be a vampire whose thirst will never be, you know, satisfied. His hunger will never be satisfied. I love and the that. way him. It's that, great, that, and the way him and his wife are entombed, and yeah. then he, you know, he's brought back in modern day Los Angeles, and he. He meets basically the, the reincarnation or the splitting image of his of his wife, and he falls in love again. And all the characters, being a black exploitation film, are obviously African American characters, and they're usually when you hear black exploitation films, it's usually a lot of like, come on, it's a lot of pimps, Please. prostitutes, it's a lot of sleaze. Where here everybody is is intellectual and cultured, and it's a really well told story with with depth and with heart. And there's really no bad guy, even though Blackula is killing innocent people it's because he can't control his hunger and basically the one thing he longs for is is his love and, and the way it plays out with that story and, and the ending of the film is absolutely fantastic it's a huge metaphor for you know black for blacks in general right yeah. the, the oppression you know the white person well, turns him into a fucking into a vampire and he's you know he's forced to do these type of things right it's it's a great metaphor, I'll, really. I I'll mean, it's quite what, obvious, the, but... This film had no problem being homophobic, though. <laughs> dude, it has the most faggots ever. Yeah. Like, dude, ooh, dude one, of the, one of the lines is, what it's, would anyone do with two dead faggots? I know, it's like the language oh is so God. blatantly bad. Like, you, you would never see that in movies nowadays. Yeah. There's a the lot blatant... of stuff in... There's a lot of stuff in 72 Wait, films. Wait, are you saying that, that this you would movie not... has the most gay people is in faggots, or the most... The most, the most language. the most times oh, used the word yeah, the most, used the most homophobic <laughs> because like you said, the way you said that I'm like oh shit they they like, like so what are they mad. like what are they gonna do with what are they gonna do with some dead faggots no it had oh, homophobic my. language because it you know this was a different period of time we're talking fifty years yeah. ago this is how yeah. people spoke even yeah it wasn't people weren't all <laughs> PC and you know about using that yeah. word and shit it's just you come out and people are like okay yeah he's a fag there's a lot of stuff from seventy two that yeah. obviously one fly in today's films so and we'll oh. get into that later oh, yeah. there's but multiple I mean, films multiple films that you could not yeah. definitely yeah. produce today. For sure, but this yeah. film was great. Had terrific performances, and Vanetta McGee is just she's stunning in this. Yeah, but and... Marshall was like a really smart guy, so it makes sense that he they would cast him in a role like yeah. this. Yeah, he's clearly a smart dude. Terrific film. I really, I really enjoyed this one. It's so much better than the title suggests. It it really is shocking, right? And you it, would, it is, and, it... and you would expect that the sequel to this movie to be you know probably go on the goofy tip. But they keep it completely serious. Also, 
That's amazing, yeah, I enjoy, man. I enjoy the sequel as well, but the, the first one. Is- well, it's got Pam Greer in it, man. It's worth checking out. But yeah, I think we, William I think we Marshall, need to make man. a third one. William Marshall might have one of the best voices of all time. Dude, I was watching Blackula the other day again, and I was just like, that guy's voice, man, it, it, it literally like tantalizes me. It's so cool. Love his voice. Yeah, back well, all when my we friends reviewed it, call me Mama Waldy. <laughs> back, back when we reviewed it on, I think episode like one hundred two or one of the worst episodes like ever. Was it really? <laughs> I mean, few point, few was. Oh yeah, I I remember liking them, but not liking them that much. Even th- watching it again this time, I think me and Carly watched it together. I liked it a lot more this time than back then. I think it's because people see Blackula and scream Blackula scream, and they just assume they're goofess. And they don't really Dude, want to hear about it's it. It's the same thing with Tales from the Hood, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you exactly. hear Tales from the Hood and you expect this, like, fucking joke of a movie. Exactly. That's, like, and people are just himself. willing to not give it a shot based on the title. You know? And that was what kind of what Moods, Jeremy, that's kind of what Moods was referencing yeah. to you earlier with, with terms of sometimes you find these titles. Not that this is a hidden title, but these yeah. titles that have goofy names or something that you don't think sounds interesting then all of a sudden it's a it's a gem and you know we, we yeah, we're in I a community carly was talking shit on it before we watched it yeah, yeah and it turned out to be all right i will admit yeah like, she thought, she let, thought me let me guess let me guess is it your number one so carly doesn't like italian films Mayor doesn't like hammer films and now she doesn't like black exploitation films holy shit whoa, 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 whoa. Let's, let's <laughs> keep it calm now yeah. <laughs> you know one no, thing I she I hates is when i say no, but what, pre-game, you weren't digging it, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you hate that I say? You, exploitation? Oh, I hate oh. Yeah, you think you're so cool. You're like, we're doing an exploitation special on the pod. And I'm like, you're like, non-sploitation. No, I'm like, no, I thought no. Pod. He, does, he does not say pod, does he? He doesn't finish oh, the word? Uh, yeah, he often says that's, that's like a me and her thing, though. He's we like, yo, man, one episode 162 I, on the pod. <laughs> yeah, I no, it's only like when I'm referring to the pod. Like, hey, we got the pod. <laughs> We're referring again? to the pod. <laughs> to the pod. Gonna meet down at the BK Lounge. So oh weird. man, I don't want to hear shit. You say dub dub dub. Yeah, that's just equally as retarded. No, so. it's actually not, Jeremy. And a lot of people love that shit. At least I have my own fucking style. I'm like lip smacker, cool dooder over dub, there dub. in the corner. <laughs> fucking lip we smacks need, all day. We, what? Uh, we need a shirt with a stack of Blu-rays, and then under it say "Dub Dub Dub." Exactly. Yeah. Dub Dub Dub. All right. So, what did you rate that, Brandon? I give Blackula an eight out of ten. Great film. Great ending. Like Mood says, very poetic. If you haven't seen it, which probably most of you have, check it out. If you have seen it and you don't like it, rewatch it because it does get better each time I see it. I really don't. You don't watch it, then watch Horror Noir. Yeah. yeah, horror noir is terrific. Yes, I yeah, agree. That that, that, yeah. would, that would be a good double feature. Mm-hmm. Carly, all right. <laughs> My number nine is a movie that I almost didn't watch, and JP told me about it. So shout out to him. But it is Frenzy. Oh, Frenzy, Mister Hitchcock. Yeah, and you know I could see this movie feels a little more thriller suspense, but I think it has enough aspects to be. Uh, considered for a horror list um i just thought it was really engaging throughout the whole movie and um when i looked at it and saw it was almost two hours long i kind of you know wasn't really feeling it but when i started yeah i was like oh (laughs) 72 moves no but um 
Yeah, I was pretty much, it was, you know, I watched this one recently, so I was kind of being done with 72 movies, but um, I really enjoyed it. I think, um, you know, he does fantastic job building suspense in his movies just by the filmmaking alone, and the main character, you're really kind of invested in the guy. And, hey, Carly. Yes. Guess what? What? That's why they call him the master of suspense. I know, dude. Hitchcock, I know. He really is that person I'm, that can, you know, stretch out a two-hour film. And, you know, and not have a whole lot of fucking downtime and, you know, kind mm-hmm. of filler and shit. He's definitely, and I just the, loved, definitely a master of that. I just yeah, don't like, know why his films are so fucking engaging. Like, yeah. even the mm-hmm. ones that are about shit that I don't care about, I'm just like, somehow he just, and it's like camera worker. He just makes you interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some weird. amazing shots and in this some movie. Some booty shit. Yeah, but and I just love the ending. It kind of, I don't want to say it's like abrupt, but it's just like, there's just <laughs> one line at the end, and I'm like, wow, two hours, and that's how it ends. But I thought it was fantastic. But yeah, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Hmm. Awesome. Cool stuff. Moots didn't watch that one. Mm-mm. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it either. And to be honest, I've Why? never seen. I've never seen it, and now I want to watch it. Oh, I've, seen, just, I've seen Frenzy before. I just didn't I've never. Watch it. I've never seen it before. I, I'm interested now. I, I just it. didn't I, get to it. I just didn't get to it. That's good. Right. Did you? Let me ask you something. To Did be you honest, watch the cremates, cremators. <laughs> Is that the yes. one that's like the worst one you've ever watched? The reason it's, the reason why I didn't watch it because it was kind of on the level of you know it's not really that hard. It's more of a typical Hitchcock thriller type but deal. There's but... rape and murder, housing horror. Yeah. By the yeah, way, I guess I have... right. It it just all depends on how you look at it. But yeah, I just yeah. I've, I've seen it I... before, but. And it's a good movie. I like it. It's a it's a hundred percent horror for me. You know what I mean? It's mm. like, like obviously it's less horror than like Blackula or something. But oh. yeah, it's or Psycho. But you know, I think that it, I think it that it, it surely falls into the. I was actually surprised when I watched it that more people don't talk about it as one of Hitchcock's horror films, because I was like, there's it's about a fucking if if fucking. Bloody Iris is horror. How the fuck is this not? You know what I mean? It's because it's one of Hitchcock's later films and just didn't get viewed yeah. as much. It's um, it, it gets passed over. It gets passed over. I, I do sure. have an announcement here before I get into my number nine. Um, I actually watched 56 movies, not 54. I just realized that two films aren't on my wow. list. Oh, wow. The uh, listeners that, couldn't even solid. pay attention to the show because they were worried about that. that. That's pretty yeah. shocking. That's pretty shocking. <laughs> um, three on a meat hook. Did not have it on my list, but it is, in fact, a movie that I watched. How Where shocking. Did you see that? A Mexican that can't what? count. Where do you even wow. find three on a meat hook? It's on Tubi for free. Nice. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And then um, also. I didn't bother uh, watching it. The Big Bird Cage, which m- <laughs> not necessarily horror, but I'm counting it as a watch. But I didn't That's have it on Sesame my list. Street? Dude, dude, Big Bird Cage <laughs> is straight up fucking exploitation. <laughs> I know, straight but up. I'm. I, is it bird exploitation? I'm counting as it a bird. Oh, look at Carly getting all cheeky in the back there. Yeah, that's awesome. Is it snuffy in it? <clears throat> all right, so my number nine might come to a surprise for many people here. No surprises here. But it is Night of the Lepus. Wow, I even brought that up in the intro. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's oh. Legend of the Boggy Creek. I was gonna say, dude, you were like asking me if that was gonna be on my list, like it was Are a joke or something. Are you fucking serious about what? Legend of Boggy Boggy, Boggy Creek. Really? Yeah, that's my number nine. <laughs> I'm fucking shocked right now. Most See, I said shocked. Surprise, people. He's like, like, there's no surprises here. I'm fucking shocked. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you did, um, you just yes. fucked up my my whole fucking head with that. Charles B. Pierce's 1972 classic Bigfoot film. I didn't even yeah, rewatch it. <laughs> it's, it's a mockumentary style film. One thing, it, it does suffer from a bad transfer. Cheesy Flicks put it out. Oh, I think horrible. on official oh, horrible. DVD. It's horrible. Um, but honestly, watching it this, I remember the first time I saw it, it just in my head, it was like the worst transfer I'd ever seen. But watching it this time, and Carl, because even Carly was like, it wasn't that bad of a, like, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. And then I watch it, and I'm like, actually, it is better than I remember. Just wait till you watch it on 4K. Man. I know, dude. I'm so excited. <laughs> Because a lot of people don't know this. I actually really fucking like Boggy Creek. Um, and I have always liked it, but I never rated it high. I gave it a f- I look back at my old ratings. Like years ago, I gave it a 5 out of 10, which is crazy. Because uh, I think I was basing it purely on like technical merit and shitty transfer. But I think this movie's fucking awesome, dude. It's the only it, you see Bigfoot so I forgot how much you see him. You see him so much, and it's mm-hmm. in the the atmosphere is fucking so thick in this film, in the uh, you know swamps of fucking Boggy Creek Land. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's Boggy like Texarkana. I think they this one takes place in as much just like um, the town that dreaded sundown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. The, like the fucking atmosphere is so awesome in this film and like the night scenes where you hear fucking Bigfoot growl and the way that they shoot it almost like um, a documentary where it's like so Billy was walking through the woods and then it's like he saw something in the distance and you see fucking Bigfoot it's actually scary like I think they do a good job the narration with this one. yeah yeah, yeah like they do a good job with F-bomb every two seconds scary uh, <laughs> and you see these characters like inside and Bigfoot's out on their porch like walking and it's like creaky. I just think it's uh, like it's one of the more unique films that came out this year. And I think that's why I um, love it so much, too, is it's just different than everything that came out. Like there's nothing like it around this time uh, period here. Um, so. There are a lot of f bombs in the narration in the film. Was it like? I don't think. Was it like, you know, the Bigfoot's on the fucking porch and Billy goes, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> that would have made my top PG ten if too. it was like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just unnecessary fucks thrown around everywhere. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think that people, this one's a little underrated. Like Bigfoot looks so good too. Like. He looks very good in this film. I can't wait to see it in 4K. Might hurt it. Might hurt it. It might show some some seams, you know, that you didn't see in the shitty transfer. Um, but I think this movie is super cool, man. It, it really is. I think it's like you know, I, I, I when you talk about 76 and uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown, I came back on that one and and liked it more than. You know, it made my top ten, and I never really cared for the film that much. And I think that, I think that he was just an interesting filmmaker. And Boggy Creek is kind of fucking cool. I'm surprised you didn't rewatch it. Uh, I gave it, it, I gave it an eight out of ten, so which it's just a lot different than a five. So what you're saying right now is that you know the muddy transfer might actually help the look of this film. You know, Bigfoot looks pretty cool with the muddy transfer. You know, when the 4K transfer drops, Bigfoot might actually look like Pee Wee Herman. Or it some could. Shit. It could <laughs> hurt the film. That. Bad, I'm hoping bad, Bill, bad Bill, Billy plays. Can you imagine all of a sudden it just <laughs> looks Bigfoot just looks terrible? <laughs> like fuck! God yeah. damn it! We waited all this time for a good transfer, and it totally ruined the fucking movie. 
Too bad the release is probably going to be seventy nine ninety five. I'm buying it no matter what it costs because I just think it's the coolest damn thing ever to have. Yeah, I, I like the movie for sure. I can't wait to see what they do with the transfer. To be honest, because like you said, you know the the transfers are there's there's no good ones out there. So, I did really like Night of Lepus too. I'm not going to lie. Night of Lepus is fun. A little bit. Some of the stock footage in that film kind of grits on me a little bit, but. <laughs> Another thing that is nothing, the pers- you know how like when you do miniatures and stuff like that, nothing in the film looks right. <laughs> like <laughs> like it that de- like it it doesn't fool you in the slightest. They look like baby the little regular sized rabbits the whole they entire use, time. Yeah. They use miniatures? Yeah. No, <laughs> no, I don't believe it. Two, sure. okay, moving along. Number nine, we have. Private parts. Ooh. Did everyone watch this movie? Yes. yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, Private Parts, I think, is um is a very overlooked and kind of underrated film from so you don't really hear a lot of people ever talk about this film. And I don't know why, because it's it sticks out to me. It's a very bizarre film, yeah. for one thing. I mean, the storyline, you know, it's about a girl named Cheryl. She runs away from home. You know, she ends up, you know, kind of bunking at her 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 aunt's um, uh, hotel in 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 Los Angeles, and th- there's a lot of things that just aren't right about this place. Her aunt is like a total fucking head case. Uh, really doesn't like Cheryl. She thinks she's a slut. You know, she's that kind of old school fucking temperament. You know, um, and it's cool, man. They kind of throw in this mystery too of like what happened to this girl that was, you know, it, you know that used to stay in her room and shit like that, but. You know, there's this guy in in the hotel, and he kind of spies on Cheryl, and and has sex with a blow up doll that's full uh, so filled, filled with water. <laughs> there's a lot of really really bizarre scenes. Yeah. I love the acting; it just fits the film perfectly, man. The, the camera work, you know, cinematography is fantastic in this. It's got a really interesting pace to it. Um, all around, it's a good fucking you know psychological horror film, you know, in a sense, and uh, just a lot of strange imagery, man. Like there's a scene where he's like injecting this this water blow up doll with like fucking, you know, syringe full of blood and shit. And it's just very, very awkward and very memorable. You know, you just don't see a lot of shit like this in films. And it's always had a special place in my heart, man, because ever since I I saw this film years ago, um, yeah, it's it's just very memorable, very, very different and shit. So private parts, man, an awesome, an awesome, awesome flick. The fuck was that? I don't know. Yeah. What was that? Did you guys hear that? Yeah, it was like a... I don't know. I didn't hear anything. What happened? Oh, okay. That was... Yeah, I don't know. I never heard that sound before come out of Skype. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, Private Parts, man. Again, I'm coming in at a nine. I love this nice. movie. Just It's just a different... I mean, if you guys are looking for different type of films from 72 to get away from the, you know, that kind of overused mold that, you know, kind of plagues 72 and... Your guys' opinion, Private Parts is the film what? we're looking for. Super Carly. Carly, yeah. what was the issue that you had with this one? I, I, I mean, the ending, like the very last, like I really like the film, but the very last scene, I was kind of like, okay. Uh, love that scene. Yeah, I just, I yeah. don't get the, I don't understand, I guess. None of the parts were private enough. <laughs> no, what, what she was saying was why. Like the was very the last minute. Like that. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, yeah. 
It's not a big issue. I was just wondering if you guys had an explanation because I was wondering the same thing. I don't really want to give away the end of the film. Yeah, like, I, yeah. Because I, yeah. I actually want people to go out and see this one. Because I, I honestly, dude, in every single top 10 list I've seen that was posted on the Facebook group, almost everyone I, you know, kind of glanced through on the internet and shit, not one of them had this movie. I thought that was very intriguing. So I'm led to believe that people aren't seeing this film. Maybe because they think it's fucking the Howard Stern film from 97. I don't, I don't it's think. equally as good private parts <laughs> you know, so I don't really know but I, like I said this movie seems to be very very much overlooked unfortunately needs so, a blu-ray yeah. it really does and maybe Warner we'll get one Bros owns it. Yeah, I know that's that's kind of a problem yeah Warner archives yeah it might come to the archive which is they release some good stuff release mm-hmm. private parts so good choice most. back to you Jeremy all right number eight from 1972, we have Herschel Gordon Lewis's The Gore Gore Girls. <gasps> dude, really? guess. dude, dude, guess what? I actually watched 57 movies because I totally forgot to put that on my list. Jeremy, I really? can't believe that you like this movie enough to have on your top 10. Well, this is like very similar to Night Stalker where we have a main character who just fucking yeah, owns this much. movie. And he's such like an enjoyable guy to watch. He's fucking... He has a no fucks kind of attitude, like bitch, get out of my way. Kind of, movies. It's like a bitch, get out of my way kind of attitude. Dude, you got to learn how to count. Will you shut the fuck up, JP? Sucking your own dick. You got to learn how to count, JP. Jesus, dude, fifty-seven. No one gives a shit. Let me I get my fifty-seven. Movies. Fucking no Mexican. I watched like thirty movies this week. Mexican. I'm a fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> but like, sure, it, it has like that low budget kind of feel to it. And it has, you know, that that low budget gore and all that over the top low budget gore that we associate with Herschel Gordon Lewis, which is weird because this is like his last movie because he didn't make another movie after this for 30 years. But mm-hmm. it just it, I think it's just Frank Cress's character makes this movie so enjoyable to watch. And it's like it kind of like plays out like with as like a giallo at the end. When you really like think about it, it's like, oh, it has like the shot kind of ending that you probably wouldn't associate with a Herschel Gordon Lewis kind of movie because he's usually, yeah. you know, that, that sleazy exploitation kind of director. But he actually kind of crafts a sort of interesting narrative with this movie. And um, I really liked it. I thought it was awesome. So I gave it an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm. I dude, actually really shocked. fucking like Gorgor Girls too, man. But I'm shocked. Shocked that you have me on your too, list. man. Like I'd never thought in a million years I'd see a Herschel Gordon Lewis film on your top ten. Ah, yeah, it's it, awesome. it's, a, it's definitely. It was definitely a pretty interesting way to kind of end his career for thirty years. Yeah, it's a fun film. It really is, man. The dude, act- the scene where he fries the woman. <laughs> like I don't know where he finds he fries some of these... the woman's face in the French fry. Dude, game. it's amazing. <laughs> I don't know where he finds some of these actors though, man. But they're so bad. Well, it's like it's like a nudie cutie mixed with a gore film. It's like it's so interesting. That's because it's... he he did a lot of like sexploitation type films and shit. Yeah. You know, in between his horror films, right? So they kind of they kind of started to meld a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun movie. I liked it a lot. Did, let me ask you this: Did uh did you did you watch the Arrow? No, I watched this something weird. Uh, uh, the Arrow Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Has like, it's looked. I was fucking blown away at the transfer. Yeah. Uh, but there's certain scenes, and and most of these, 
the ones that I've watched from Herschel Gordon Lewis, there's so many fucking deep scratches in certain scenes. It's like crazy that these things aren't just falling apart. <laughs> well, I bet you they are falling apart. Yeah, they probably are falling they apart. They save them. All right. All right, Brandon. Yeah, I'm speechless. I can't believe it. All right, my number eight, Gorgor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, first yeah, you didn't make one comment on that, Brandon. What the fuck? I was a, I'm absolutely in shock that you like a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Yeah, what ha- <laughs> what happened to be you know no surprises on this fucking show? Really? Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I like it. It's actually one of one of my favorite Herschel Gordon Lewis films. We've only but... had one repeat so far, too. Yeah, it's actually up there for me too, man. Gorga Girls yeah. is definitely one of my favorite yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jeremy liked it. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, number eight. Jeremy talked about it before. Tales from the Crypt. Now the repeat start. An absolutely solid anthology film. I agree with Jeremy talking about Poetic Justice, the one with uh, Peter Cushing. It's Arthur Grimsdyke being a standout one. And, of course, Joan Collins in the um, and all through the house because, you know, that's what we all associate with, with the start of, of uh, Tales from the Crypt. But all the stories, the second story in particular, I really like the reflection of death. I yeah. really was drawn to that one. It was quite like unsettling and atmospheric. Yeah. I like that story. Well, it's just like yeah, shows it's... like the mirror, what you could do with your reflection and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think this actually made my second favorite in the anthology. You know what? They're all strong. I do agree that the monkey's paw is probably the weakest one, yet the ending yeah. of it is kind of like, even though it's it feels goofy the way it's acted, it's kind of horrifying at the same time. Mm-hmm. See, but, I, I like that one a lot. I, I like it too. I'm just, it's weird because I would say it's the weakest of the five, but it's still super solid. I like. I think I like it better than the All Through the House. Really? Wow. Yeah, All Through the House isn't favorite. that good, man. Like, I mean, it's good for what it is, but after you see the the '90s version or the '89 version, fucking this one doesn't even hold a candle to. Oh well, no, shit, Sherlock. I don't know. I, I, don't, know. I don't know about that. I wouldn't it. go as far to say it doesn't hold a candle to it. I think it's pretty Dude, good. The, I think this it's still one, pretty good. Everything is better about the remake. Everything. Oh, I don't. I don't know about I that. I don't remember. What, it. what do you think's better about the original one? I think it holds up just as well as the, as. They're both the, good. I'm not saying yeah. that. Well, I'm I, just think, saying that, I think Jones, Joan Collins is better. Uh, yeah, I did mention that Joan Collins was fantastic. I do yeah. agree with that. Uh, the actress who played in the remake, I forgot her name. Uh, she's well known too. She was in like the Lethal Weapon movies too. Let me pull out season one. Maybe it's season the. Uh... But uh, uh, the I... last the last story, the last story, Blind Alleys. I absolutely love this story. I love yeah. the whole Saw type uh, twist ending. You know, with the dog and everything. It's it's fantastic and it's such mm-hmm. sweet justice for these uh, these patients who are tormented by this. Yeah, I don't know. What it is. I forgot. Like, one of my favorite yeah. things about Tales from the Crypt Man is the wraparound. Yeah, I love the, yeah. I love the wraparound. It's so good. It does it everything is. right. Yeah, it does, it does everything right. That guy is one of the biggest douches of the year. Is the guy from the last story of Tales from the Crypt? He's yeah. such a dickhead. Yeah, the major who comes in yeah. and takes over, and I love how they oh use, Nigel like, Patrick. Yeah, yeah, yeah Nigel such Patrick. A dickhead. Yeah. And the way they use his dog against him in the end, oh, yeah. it's so perfect. And I love that it fades to black. He clicks the lights out. You don't see anything. You just hear the screaming it's oh fantastic movie fantastic uh tales from the crypt my number eight eight and a half out of ten cool nice, nice. Cool. Yeah. 
Carly. Nice. So my number eight was actually the other anthology, and that would be Asylum from this year. Nice. Wow. So yeah. you, apparently you do so like you British don't like films. Hammer, but you like Amicus. Amicus. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Amicus, Amicus films, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this really works for me. Um, I, I really like the first two segments the most. I think they're both pretty creepy and just um, unique. And, um, you know, the last two are good as well. I don't like them as much, but I still think they're pretty solid. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed this movie. It's definitely one that I would re-watch. Um, and I just feel like anthologies from this time period are much better than what you get nowadays where you just get, like, five-second segments that don't make any sense. Like, at least they actually take their time with these shorts and these movies, and it really just works out. So, well, to me, to me, honestly, man, a real anthology film is something that has bookends. It has yeah. a full wraparound. We do. We get a lot of fucking, basically, short film compilations that are played off as anthologies. That's not an anthology, man. You you need something to fucking mm-hmm. tie it in together. That's that's kind of the fun. And speaking of good wraparound stories, this one again has a good wraparound story. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I thought, like I said, I think it's really creepy and atmospheric, and I just like the asylum setting as well. So gave this one eight out of ten as well. Nice. Yeah, that second story is creepy with that, uh, that mm-hmm. manic- with that mannequin. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, the whole time I was just wondering what the heck was <laughs> going to happen by the end. Yeah, I, I really like that one too. Um, all right. So- oh wait, look, I've watched thirty-three movies, not thirty-five movies. Oh shit! No, I'm just. Did joking. you really? <laughs> he downplays himself. You what watched two f- less than you thought you did. I was making fun of you. I watched thirty. <laughs> I know what he's doing, Brandon. He's just not good at it. No, he's not. We, we like him anyway. <laughs> we keep him around. He entertains us at least. That's my fellow Jew right there. <laughs> oh, We're going right. to be fighting side by side in World War Three. God yep. damn. You'll be hiding side by side. <laughs> We're going to Israel. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Jesus. Uh, after that, a number eight here for me is one that was just mentioned. What's that? Moods is <laughs> oh, Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> yep. Uh, number eight is one that Brandon just talked about and Jeremy talked about previously, and that is Tales from the Crypt. Nice. Yeah. Uh, just really solid anthology. I like both of the anthologies this year. Both were very solid. I like this one a little bit more. I do love an All Through the House. It's just that I love, love the season one of Tales from the Crypt All Through the House. Um, it's, and, I think it's the snowy atmosphere also in that one. Yes, and just also it's longer. It feels I'm, I'm pretty sure it's longer. It I is, don't know. It, it might is. not be. No, it is. Yeah, but it feels like there's more suspense going on in it. But this one, you could tell that like for the time, this was fucking awesome too. You know what I mean? Um, and then uh, I really like the second story a lot. Uh, actually, a lot, a lot. I, I really I like all of them in this one, but the second story is really cool. Um, just so, the the I guess the you know reveal in that one or like the concept of it is like very s- just fucked up and makes me think and stuff. Uh, and then obviously the third one, um, really good as well. Uh, the last one with the 
the like saw stuff is pretty cool i just think that all, all I, I love monkey paw stories so i like that one a lot too uh, they're all good it, I yeah mean, all five you, stories yeah, are great yeah. when you have yeah. five stories in an anthology usually one or two are not going to be good absolutely so anytime and, you have have all five and you're always going to like one more than the other it's impossible not to yeah um, but anytime you have five good stories, that's a fucking success. And a good wraparound. And a good wraparound. Absolutely. Better it's, than the anthology we reviewed last week. Oh, yeah. Spirits of the Dead. Yeah. Spirits of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Love Tales from the Crypt 8 out of 10. That was the first time watch for me, too. Nice. Yeah, I would have. Damn. I would have thought you would have given that one a higher score. Yeah. Funny enough, most of the stories from like all Tales from the Crypt things don't come from Tales from the Crypt comics. <laughs> it's like Vault of Horror mostly, or like shock suspense stories. Yeah, for sure. It's funny. Okay, coming in at number eight, we're going over to the UK, courtesy of Hammer. Vampire Circus. I knew it. I was going to call it. Oh, man. Yeah. Carly nice. obviously did not like this movie. Man, I love Vampire I gave Circus. it two shots. <laughs> you gave it a two? I try. Yeah, I just two I out know. of ten. No, 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 no. no. I mean, like I gave it two tries. Everybody, calm oh. down. I forget what I. I think I gave it like a six out of ten. But oh, like, wow. yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, at least you attempted a second time. You know, it's very yeah. noble. That's very noble. Um, I've always been in love with this movie, man. I was just ecstatic, man, when fucking Synapse release release this Blu-ray. It just looks phenomenal, man. It's got such a great atmosphere. It's it's totally. I man, I love this era of of hammer films the early 70s which is pretty much the end of hammer put out some of their best work in my opinion it's it's just such a shame that they didn't keep going but until they resurfaced in the 2000s kind of thing but um i love this whole idea man you know i like vampires and i like circuses so this is great uh circus of nights a hundred nights it's it's a fucking period piece and i like period pieces man um again you know wardrobe costumes in this fantastic uh, it's basically, it takes place in what, like the late 19th century, I think. Yeah, I think in late 19th yeah. century and there's a plague going on and, you know, something has happened, you know, in this, in this small little town, you know, they've been kind of cursed and there's a plague going on and shit like that. And, and basically um, this kind of moving circus kind of rolls in, you know, and they allow them to be there because, you know, it's something to take their mind off the whole plague. And, you know, kids start going missing, winding up dead and shit like that and, no, so you obviously got to figure out what the fuck's going on. I love this movie, man. It's great. Uh, it's got good effects in it. Um, the story is fantastic. Atmosphere just through the fucking roof. Typical Hammer atmosphere, and uh, it's got a great ending to it too. I was I would really like the ending to this film. Also, um, there's not really a lot of bad things to say about Vampire Circus. What did you not like about it, Carly? What was your issues with this film? Well, um, you know, I was kind of into it at the start. And then, I don't know, I just have trouble keeping my interest, really. And also with being a period piece, that's a double whammy, because I really don't like period pieces either. So, um, I don't know, I just find that I start kind of daydreaming halfway through it. It's really just, there's not really anything that I hate about it. It's just kind of a lack of the ability to keep me into it throughout the whole thing. So you think if this movie was set in modern times, it probably would have been a little bit more interesting. I completely understand. It might have been. I understand where you're coming from too, man. Honest to God, man, when I was younger, I wasn't a big fan of period pieces either. I would avoid them like the plague. Absolutely. You know, I really would. It's, just, I was it's what not we were a... talking about earlier. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it was it's... like me with like Vincent Price movies when I was younger. I wasn't into them. Now, yeah. 
I, I, I'll marathon them. I love them. Exactly. And, and I was, so your taste will change as you get older. You might revisit this, you know, yeah. five, ten years from now. You might love it. The only period, if you could put this into, you know, that kind of that era or area for period pieces was Westerns. I always liked Westerns. Right. Mm-hmm. But that, I like mm-hmm. that type of look. I like the cowboy thing. I like to shoot them, you know, but like for period pieces, like, you know, the Renaissance era and like these type of costumes and shit, I could never get into, man. And yeah, I don't know. Weird. I don't know what changed I, my mind over time. I don't know what movie it was or what happened, but all of a sudden, I really started liking these period. I love that aesthetic, and I, I think it's because I started to appreciate film a little bit more. And I'm like, damn, dude, you know, when you're making a period piece, you're putting a lot of damn effort into a lot of things, like you know, the look of it, you know, the authenticity and shit like that. And I really just started to appreciate that, and you know, and putting you know a story like a vampire story, like in a you know in in those type of time. I love that shit, man. I love it. I think it's just it just works for me. It's creepy. Moving circuses yeah, are creepy as fuck to me, man. That whole movement back in those times was insane. People used to just like come up with shows and tour around and shit. Could you imagine people doing that like that shit today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is weird, man. But Vampire Circus, I give it nine out of ten. Also, damn big fan. One of my one of my favorite Hammer films, to be honest. I like it too. <clears throat> yeah. Very nice. All right. Jeremy, oh. back to you. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Number seven, I have Night Stalker, which I already said was on my list about an hour ago. And here it is. <laughs> Number go. seven. I didn't take it off my list, JP. You don't have to worry about that. Um, so his mood's pretty sad. Mood's pretty sad. Moods is pretty much already said. Um, moods is pretty I know this movie's just fun. I love the I love the Las Vegas setting. I love the way that they they show it. It just has that it that feel of you know early seventies Vegas that I feel like we don't really see that much anymore. It's just really really fun to see it in that light. And um, I think um, Joe Bob Briggs did one of his commentaries on a movie that had like a f- very similar. Uh, uh, feel of Las Vegas. Um, I really like the the vampire story. I think it's it's interesting to see it played straight, considering the fact that our character is so very much like Gorgor Girls. Um, you know, uh, no fuck given kind of character. You know, he doesn't really give a crap what people tell him. He's going to do what he wants to do and what he thinks is right. And I feel like, as Mood says, he really just carries the story. Um, Night Stalker is awesome. Um, luckily I was able to get that MGM DVD a long time ago when it was pretty hard to find. So I've seen it once before, but not in a long time. So I was glad to revisit it. I haven't seen the sequel, but I've seen this one before. So, um, I give it an eight out of 10 for night stalker. The thing that they did correct with the Kolchak character is they never made him, you know, kind of step out of his out of his ground, you know, and get too goofy and shit. Because mm-hmm. there's that potential with that type of person, that type of character, to get a little bit too goofy and then it gets a little bit cringy. That's solid writing, man, in, in my opinion. They kept the character grounded. I love that. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Awesome. Good cool. choice. Brandon. All right, my number seven. A film that... I heard on Skype the other night some people were like, I don't know why people love this film so much. And I bit my tongue because I didn't want to show my cards too early. But uh, it's Wesley Craven's Last House on the Left. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. You know, 
I agree there's issues with the movie, particularly the music. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing I, I, I would think of a film like Town That Treaded Sundown, which is a film I also love. But it's like you have such a dark, serious film and you throw in music that really just doesn't fit and actually hurts the film at times. But getting back to the film itself, I love um, rape revenge films, particularly the revenge part. It's just the ultimate satisfaction when, when viewing these types of films and, and that whole parallel between that, that line that draws, you know, civilized humans and monsters and, you know, how we can so easily cross over to the other side, even though in this case, every action the parents take against this gang is, is justified and doesn't even make them nearly as monstrous as, you know, Krug or Weasel or Sadie are. I think, you know, an- another added component to this is the junior character. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I sympathize with him. You know something that I saw that I didn't notice ever watching, re- rewatching it this time? That John Grease is a deputy? <laughs> no. I didn't know, I didn't know that till this time. <laughs> So you know when um, they're all kind of hanging out at their little hotel room or whatever, yeah, and uh, they're trying uh, Krug and the uncle or whatever the fuck he is is trying to get all up on Sadie, and she's like, "I ain't fucking putting out anymore until there's more women around more here women, or yeah. something," and then like Junior goes outside and he sees those two chicks and he thinks about that like he's like oh, I don't mess with that or something, and they walk away, and then he, you could tell in his head, he's like, oh, yeah, Sadie said she wanted some women, and he, like, thinks to bring them back. I never noticed that before. I was just thought it was random as fuck that he brought him back. Yeah. But it's, it's literally because Sadie said it, and he likes Sadie. Absolutely, yeah, he does like it. Exactly, that's... that's I never you know noticed. What? I never really thought about it until you just bring it up, but that makes me even like it more, because even the whole, <clears throat> the whole time when he's not helping uh, Mary out, when they're off tormenting phyllis i'm thinking to myself oh i hate this guy but you know here's a guy who's addicted to 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 heroin and krug is the only one who will give him his fix so he can't disobey his father he, yeah. he can't otherwise he's he's not getting his fix and he's tormented he wants to help her he likes her he he's not under the impression that these girls are going to be killed you can yeah, tell the stuff with junior is actually pretty underrated in this movie because it, it, really it is, is like mm-hmm. tragic and fucked up and it, it's and it's not tra- too far from reality. I mean, it's very when you tragic, talk yeah. about heroin addiction, like people will literally steal from their mother because they're so sick. It's a physical addiction at that point. You get I've seen people come off heroin. It's fucking yeah. It, it's the most fucked. Carly will attest yeah. to this. I've seen it mm-hmm. many times. It's the most one of the most fucked up things to see, and people will literally quite do anything when they're sick like that. He's the <clears> most <throat> tragic character because he was doomed from the very beginning, from the moment he was born. He never had a chance. Yeah. And to see a glimmer of of uh, of kindness in him is is a really uh, a powerful thing in this movie. When usually these rape revenge movies are just all bad or all good, so it was really. Uh, a different experience of watching it this time and really paying attention to Junior's character in particular. But yeah. man, it, it's not it's not an easy film to watch. The uh, the humiliation and the degradation of, of the girls is just horrifying. And I I watch this type of film every time thinking, man, I hope they get away. You know, I just I, mm-hmm. you just do that. You're like, oh, she's gonna make it. Phyllis is right there. She's right there. There's the road. She sees the cars. It's like the, the scene in which Mary like just gives up and starts oh, walking towards the lake God. is so powerful that to me the music doesn't 
matter as much after I see something like that. Like, yes, I agree that it's bad. And I agree that, that, that it's a problem. And I know that Wes Craven's idea behind it was that you could be on TV and see some horrific Vietnam violence and then flip the channel and see some goofy comedy. That was the idea behind the music change. And oh, I like didn't the, know that. The, the, the comedy with the cops and stuff. Yeah, that's actually what he says, the reason for including it like that. I just don't agree with I I get what he's saying. I just don't like it. Yeah, no, but it, at least at least I understand it a little bit more now. The problem but, is uh, with that explanation is that nobody would ever think of that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I so mean, people just, have like there's there's this film has been talked about so much. It's just it doesn't matter if you if you do think of it or not. It matters. Does it work? And I don't think it does. Yeah. Hmm. Even I, explained to me, I don't think it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that, but the revenge is is so sweet. So how, how does he uh, explain away the the goofy ass cops and shit? That that's what he that was his explanation. Is like you could see something horrific and oh, then flip the channel. Into, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this time around, watching it, I kind of liked how you see the mother and father kind of getting ready for Mary's birthday and making that cake, and like it's really over the top and goofy. And I still don't love that, but I kind of appreciate it more because it's showing like something horrible was happening to their daughter. And they don't even know about it, and they're just going about their lives. So I definitely liked it a little bit more this time. But I agree, it's kind of a little too over the top with it. It it would have worked a lot better if they just took out all the goofiness. Yeah. Instead of, instead right. of having that idea, if they played the shit straightforward, it would be fucking bonafide classic material. I'm always fascinated though by films where at the end, like good and evil is is destroyed like there's there's no victory here for anyone like no, even if, even if they're not. even if they're not going to jail or face charges for for the revenge like their, they their still lives have to are live over. without their daughter exactly yeah, I, they're, it's it's horrifying but and that, then later live with the fact that they killed people which yeah. is even if they deserve it i mean yeah it, you know that's all something revenge hard films, to though, do right? that, that's the thing you deal with in all types of revenge films you know, the end result is still downbeat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. And this one, this one's just terrific. And the whole scene with Krug, you know, uh, talking Junior into into killing himself, absolutely horrifying. Mm. I don't know why. I just really paid attention this time more to, to the relationship with uh, Krug and Junior. And it's just, it's terrifying. And the most satisfying for me was uh, that throat slit on Sadie. Fucking mm. love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's fantastic. Well, Eight least, and a half out of ten. At least one thing this film doesn't have is a stupid microwave death. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Fuck. the best part of the remake. Oh, Are the, you fucking serious? That is the oh, stupidest shit. Uh, I don't know what it is about. It's fucking dumb. It doesn't worry, make though. sense. That doesn't even work. Yeah, you can't worry, turn the microwave though. on with it still fucking open, man. It's ridiculous. Well, you can. <laughs> what happens if you there's like little like levers on the side that when you fucking tape them down, it knows thinks that the door is closed. Uh, apparently, Jeremy's done this before. No, but I've done it on my fridge. I've done it on my fridge, so I know that. <laughs> like one side has the water, and you can't open the fr- you can't get the water and open the fridge at the same time. But there's a little lever that knows when the door is closed that you could press with your finger that turns the fridge off because it thinks that the door is closed, and then you could use the water. Okay, Bill. Would have liked to hear. Guy. Would have liked to hear Wes Craven explain that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How uh, how the doctor father killed Krug with the uh, birthday cake. <laughs> he got icing in his nose and then he choked on the cake part. Hey. <laughs> Possible. Uh, Jeez. Amazing. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's a good film. All right. 
All right. Carly. Um, so my number seven is The Other. Mm. Now, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember this one a whole lot. Um, probably out of all the movies on here, it's the one I remember the least. But I just recall enjoying it, um, just kind of being into the story. It is a little slow, and there are a some little? parts. Jesus. I know, dude. I know you said it was boring. Slow, man. It, it is slow. Honestly, it's dude, not. it is really it's... slow, man. What? Yeah, dude. It's not it, that slow. It is. It's slow. Uh, see, I kind How's of agree. It... I'm starting oh. to think the GP's slower than this movie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, I don't, there's just always something happening, though. Like, you're following, I don't know. To me, slow is like when people are just walking around with nothing happening. They are. Like, yeah. like a lot of Jollos. Like Niles. There's That's always the something that... happening in Jollo. It's just they're they're so dialogue heavy. That's why people they're just get like bored. driving down the road. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I think that's why I like it because it's like stuff is happening. It's just kind of in a slow way. But the stuff that's happening isn't overly, um, I don't know, engaging. But like I don't know, I was just into it, and it has a twist that is has been used time and time again. But um, I didn't really honestly see it coming. So I enjoyed it for that. And it also kind of had like an eerie atmosphere too. I did. You want to know how I knew what was going on? Because the movie's called the other. (laughs) No, because you never see them both together with another character throughout the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's whatever guys, I give it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, (laughs) no, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, I don't even think that you're, supposed to I, like i don't know if that's supposed to be like a big giant no it like, is it is yeah, yeah. it <clears> is <throat> but it's so obvious to see it like yeah i mean obviously the first time i'll admit i, I was right there with carly i didn't see it but then when you go back and you're like oh my god holland's never called to like the dinner table yeah you never like, see him like with anybody <laughs> exactly, else. exactly i didn't even i didn't i literally within like the first five minutes i think in 1972 man nobody <laughs> saw that shit coming that's the thing yeah know, we've seen like, these type of movies so many times that you know you can probably figure it out i kind of went into right? it not even i never really try to call twists anyway when i go into movies i it kind of went over my head that it's called the other and that they're twins and all that but yeah i don't know just for being the first of its time i thought it was pretty decent but i like the scene in which it's like i like the uh fucking kid jumps off of the thing oh <laughs> spork what's yeah. his name that the pig right. type kid the piggy kid yeah. from yeah. <laughs> and then like the old ladies is just dead as fuck over there and they're yeah, like yeah it kind of smelled when i went over her house the other day <laughs> hope she's all right been, like days and days <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's been fermenting yeah all yeah, right I like jp it. You're next. All right, uh, my number seven, correct? Seven. Wait, did, Car- did Carly yeah. rate it? Eight. She eight. said eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight. Listen right. up, Brandon. Jesus. My right. number seven is a film that was also discussed: Brian De Palma's Sisters. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Didn't mm-hmm. love it. I don't really remember a whole lot about it now. I watched it a couple months ago. I reviewed it on the show though, so I did talk about it already. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you talk like twins and, and this type of stuff and, um, it's always pretty cool. It's kind of, you been done a bunch later in horror, um, from everything like with, you know, tells from the crypt episodes to, you know, full movies. It's, it's kind of a cool concept, but I think that this one, I remember feeling that it had like decent suspense and stuff like that. Um, 
the the it is a little ridiculous <laughs> like when you guys pointed I, I didn't really think that until brandon started pointing out <laughs> stuff that was ridiculous yeah um but it's it's a good movie. Um, I gave it an eight out of ten. Yeah, Mario Kid is terrific in that. Probably the really... one I remember the least. It actually, looking at my list, it might be the film I watched the longest ago. Yeah, that uh, was one you let me borrow. So, and I didn't get to rewatch it. I saved so that it, was a long I time saved ago. it for the end. I saved yeah, that for too. the end. I I did too. I got it for Patreon, so I didn't have a chance. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Cool, man. Cool. All right. Number seven is a Italian film called Night of the Devils. The fuck is this? Exactly. I actually didn't watch it. I fucking knew. No one probably saw this film. First one. Brandon, of course you, watch, you did, Brandon. You, you, you watch it, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, is that the one that, um, what's the name put out? What's the company? Raro. <laughs> Raro, yes. Yes, I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> Night of the Devils, man. It's, um,. It's a film that's based off of the, I want to say, what is it, 1883 novel, The Family of the Vardalock. Um it's, it's actually kind of an interesting premise. Actually, Mario Bava had uh, done a short based off the book also um, in Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. So there's a little yes. short in there about it. And then this is, I think, the full first full-length film based off of that story. And it has to do with witches and vampires. So it's kind of a kind of an interesting little matchup. Um, I don't want to really reveal too much about the film, but it's it, the short Karloff did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of an interesting premise. Like there's a witch out there, and you know, converting into vampires. But the, the vampires are a little bit different in this movie because they have to actually turn their own family members. You know, it, it's it's actually really interesting how the story is. Um, but it's cool, man. The film starts out with this guy, you know, he's in this mental asylum and he's obviously completely lost his fucking mind and it flashes back to the story. Um, he's traveling through this countryside, his car breaks down. He ultimately finds, you know, refuge in this small little isolated, uh, house, this little community, uh, with this really kind of awkward and weird family and shit. And he knows something's wrong. You know, because when he first pull, when he first sees them, the, he sees the family burying uh, one of their family members, and like it just seems weird. You know, something's wrong with this, and uh, and then kind of all hell breaks kind of loose and stuff. And just an amazing atmospheric film, man. It's got really good effects. It's got awesome music to it. Uh, the story's fantastic. I think, honestly, um, the director is it Froni who did this? Yeah, Giorgio Froni did a fantastic job um, from what I've read, adapting that story into onto film did a really good job. Uh, it, it's just not every day you see, you know, the whole witch aspect and vampires. And, and like I said, again, they're not your typical vampires. And uh, in fact, a lot of people, even when they review this film, they even call them zombies in a sense. Cause they're kind of, you know, they're coming back and yeah, it, it's really good, man. Really. You know, I thought the performances are really good in this. And all around, just a fantastic film. Like, super, super atmospheric, man. There's some fucking scenes with kids in this film that are just like... I can see how it would grit on people, but man, it's really, really effective on how he shoots it and how he utilizes the kids in this film. It's awesome. But, uh, yeah, man, I highly recommend Night of the Devils, man. Um, Yeah, I posted a picture of this on Instagram, actually, after I'd watched it. And, man, a lot of people were like, holy shit, you know, that's a fucking phenomenal film. No one ever talks about that. I'm like, yeah, check it out. Night of the Devils, 9 out of 10. Um, 
Nice. Really, really solid, solid fucking movie. I'd seen this one once before when I first got the, the Blu-ray and, and completely kind of forgot about it. You know, I, I even forgot that I even had the fucking thing. <laughs> to be honest, I'm going through. I'm like, oh, I got to rewatch Night of the Devils. So glad that I remembered about it because definitely worth your time. Cool story. Really, really cool yeah, story. First time watch for me. All and you right. Like, and you liked it, Brandon? Yeah, I was I was around a seven for the first viewing, but you know, after hearing it on your list, I'm definitely uh, interested in going back and watching it again. Yeah, see, I don't think it was that memorable the first time I watched it. Like, obviously, because yeah. I think I would have remembered it. You know, maybe I wasn't giving my full attention to it. Yeah, and, and not realizing how good the adaptation actually was to the, the original 1883 story. Um, yeah, good shit, man. Good shit. Awesome, Jeremy. All right, number six. I'm sorry, everybody. On the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast page, we have Brian De Palma's Sisters is my number six. Damn it! Everybody <laughs> fuck it fuck as him. my number one. You know yeah. what? I actually forgot to mention. I am out on JP and Jeremy now. What did you pick for me? Tales from the Crypt. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why I was like, damn, I thought you were going to rate that one a little bit fucking higher. Fuck, man, I thought <laughs> I had Jeremy down. Me I'm too, still... dude. I'm... I still have a chance with him. I actually changed my pick to Carly, and, and my original pick for Carly was the other. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Shit, I'm out with myself. But I changed it. I changed it, though. So I'm still in on Ooh. there. <laughs> I just guessed my number one wrong shit. Dude, Brandon, <laughs> you can't do that joke every show, man. <laughs> it works every time. <laughs> fucking Brandon. He's done different variations of that every time. No, I think, I think it's the same variation. <laughs> <laughs> so what could you say about Sisters that hasn't already been said? Like, sure, like, it's it's a pretty pre- pretentious kind of movie, for sure. Everybody would think it would be my up my real up my alley. But to be honest, it's a pretty, like, straightforward kind of story like sure it has that classic hitchcock uh score because berman's doing the score so it's very and even in like the narrative it's very hitchcockian as well so um you know it you know it's going to be well made in that sense and the side-by-side uh scene with the reporter played of course named grace and the um the husband and of course, the one side of the twin is like really interesting. The way it's shot, I really like it. You like even when he like walks around the corner, he leaves one side of the frame and goes into the other side, and it's like really interesting that whole scene. I think it would be really interesting if more um, filmmakers played with that technique. But to be honest, I can't really think about too many films that we have that side by side kind of you know see from two different perspectives. Um, kind that's, that's of stunning. yeah, it's, it really is really fascinating considering this is such an early film in De Palma's um, filmography you know you see him shine already and I feel like you see some of those um, slapstick comedy kind of themes that we see in his earlier films that he made with De Niro you kind of see it in this movie um, play on especially of course in that opening sequence with the peeping Tom uh, game show (laughs) idea which is so weird as an idea for a game show but like I said I'm not like I know right (laughs) I don't think like the story is like utterly amazing or anything like that. As Brendan says, it has a whole bunch of ridiculous things um, throughout. Like how is like the couch doesn't smell or anything that this guy's <laughs> fucking inside it decomposing. Like how does that not happen? Like there's no blood. I mean, she fucking stabbed him to death. Like where's all the blood? Wouldn't some kind of blood drip out of the couch? Well, it was the same dead? day though. It was the same day. I yeah, mean, but I would assume like people still smell once they die. 
Like yeah, but it uh, like Rick and, Mar- Rick and Morty's takes a little bit to kick in and takes a couple hours. I mean, they were there pretty fast after that incident, yeah. right? So <laughs> I why guess is, so. why is the couch outside like an old Western convenience <laughs> store? At the end? Like what in the hell is that ending? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I didn't really so think about it until you said it. It's so funny. <laughs> I know. He's like a thousand feet up fixing cable wires, too. Yeah. How did, how did he get the, the, the job to be up there? Nah, he's a Where PI, man. He's a PI. I know. I, but, you know, I understand why people would think that this would be my favorite movie. Like I said, it's, it's pretentious and it has some well, stuff just, going on. I, I don't really think it's that pretentious, though. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's well. Well, I think it's like it's a good film, of course. It's my number six, but it's like I don't think it's like as as mind blowing as everybody talks about it. So I just thought you were the one that always talked about it, though. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's just a lesser version of a fucking Hitchcock film, really. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's I think that's what I love about it. You know, is that it is very Hitchcock, Hitchcockian influenced and Especially stuff. Like and the it ending is kind of like, did his own twist. Like, yeah, the ending is like pure Hitchcock, the way that it's oh, like yeah. shot and like yeah. the close-ups of her face and everything like that. It's like total Hitchcockian. So I give it an 8 out of 10. Sisters is my number 6. Cool. Nice. All, All right, right, my number 6 is the first Italian film on my list, and it is Sergio Martino's Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key. JP's number 1. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, it's such a such a, a a simple setup. You know, this failed writer slash alcoholic, abusive husband of a man, just just being brutally vicious to his wife in front of other people at, at these elaborate parties he has, and even his cat is nasty to his wife, and it's just him tormenting her throughout this whole film, and then all of a sudden, you know, people people associated with him start to die off. Then all of a sudden, his niece shows up, played by uh, uh, Edwig Fennick, and uh, she's perfect. I think we can all agree on that. And yeah. uh, is this so, the one with the fake ass lesbian scene. Yes. Yeah, this is this is the one with the fake ass lesbian scene. Uh, yeah, yeah and like but... I like I said though, man, that's supposed to be your aunt. So I mean, yeah, but they're clearly into it. So it's like, couldn't they like at least like kiss each other? Like not even trying. Like, when you see, like, a girl and a guy fucking go at it, at least they're trying. I just love that you are the expert on sex. I'm not. I just watch it, and you can clearly tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Ellen. All right. (laughs) Fucking degenerate. Jesus. No, but it's it's great, because all these random killings start happening, and obviously, Olivero, who's the husband, is, you know, is the main suspect. And you just feel like it's too simple, yet you can't put all the pieces together. And when it comes together in the end it's this whole elaborate thing that is really quite brilliant and and quite out of left field you know as to mm-hmm. as to the scope of it and it's all thwarted by uh by the most simple of mistakes and it's it's just such a, a brilliant film and i'm being cryptic because if you haven't seen this film i don't want to ruin a second of it yeah mm-hmm. it's it's you know it's just like it, the way that it's like paced is so interesting like the first half is like a giallo and the second half is like a long drown out uh, post story. It's like super interesting the way that this film is paced and well, they set it up from the beginning like as you yeah. know as a black cat post story. I mean, you know, the yeah. failed writer and stuff. Right there is the black yeah. cat, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, this was a first time watch for me. Really? 
Yeah. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. First oh, time watch for me. Wow. I bought the the Arrow box set when it first came out, and you, had, you and still I had hadn't sealed, watched it, and you, it was still sealed. No, it's it's open. It's open, but it was. But you it was, lie. It's it was sealed, sitting right next to your Mario Mario Bava box sets that are still sealed. <laughs> Fucking guy. All right, Carly. All righty. Um. So my number six is the last house on the left. And this is one that I never really loved. Um, you know, it's just one that I always thought was okay. I, I was one of the people who never really got the whole hype about it. But watching it now with all these other movies from this year, it kind of opened your eyes to how kind of ahead of its time it really was. And um, just how gritty it is for the time period. Because I feel like the early 70s, people were still trying to play it safe. Um, kind of, you know, if you watch Frenzy and JP mentioned this, you watch that rape scene and you compare it to something like this, it's just completely different. And um, another thing about this movie is it really kind of just takes off right away. Um, it's not overly slow or anything like that. Uh, you get right into your story. And um, I've just... You know, I've always kind of had a problem with the music like everyone else, and it's just not something that I like to run back to. But uh, I, I think the characters are fantastic and just the general look like I like the part where the uh, bad, bad guys are kind of in that apartment building and she's taking a bath and it just looks really gross and disgusting in there. And the whole movie, you kind of just feel disgusting watching it. So you know, not one of my favorites, but I think it's definitely one of the more standout movies of this time. So I give it an eight out of ten. Amen. Agreed. Yeah, I agree totally. All right. Yep. Yo. All right, so my number six <laughs> Yo. is another fucking film <laughs> that has been mentioned already, which I'm just getting all the repeats. <clears throat> Fuck. <laughs> We didn't Come think on, it was going to happen. We thought I we were did. I know. I've never seen fuck before. Huh? Um, my only <laughs> unique film so far is Legend of Hoggy Creek. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my number six is a film that I think Jeremy had on his list. Um, you'll like my mother. Yep. So, yeah, uh, I agree. I love the snowy setting in this one. I felt like it did such a good job of like making you feel like secluded and and snowed in almost and then i just think that the evil stepmother type type vibe that the the leads given off there is just fucking creepy man and it's just uh it's fucked up it's it's kind of a fucked up story and the fact that you know she t- she's pregnant and the the woman takes her baby and is like it's yeah. dead like it's all it's just really kind of messed up and twisted and then you have her son who's a weirdo and 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 you genuinely want this woman to escape that's what i love about it you you're rooting for her the entire time uh you feel nervous for her that she's going to get caught and stuff like that and you yeah, just but want- do you feel like she the 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 mother do you feel like she has the capability to be the one that murders her i don't think she's that kind of character that she's a murderer i just think that she's a bad person well i think that she would allow her son to do it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i think she could kill her and like not maybe stab her to death but different ways like with drugs yeah. or something so yeah yeah i don't know uh, so yeah i i really really just dig this movie i think that um it was kind of one of the again you know and, and i keep harping on this just one of the more unique films of the 
year like we've seen this in future years like we've seen these type of like held against your will type movies and stuff like that um but just at this time this was one of the ones that stood out as something fun and different than the shit that i was watching and and i gravitated towards liking it more for that reason um and i think that this one feels much more like traditional american horror too which i'm a fan of um and i i really enjoyed it and it's my first eight and a half out of ten cool cool moods all right man coming in at number six is a film directed by robert altman and it is a british film called images oh man i fucking fell in love with this one never seen it before this was first time watch for me so very interesting psychological Polanski. yeah it's yeah very polanski ish um psychological horror man basically about you know our main character played by susan rourke who you know is obviously dealing with a lot of stuff in her life so much in fact that her husband decides that uh you know her being pregnant and things like that that you know they need to take a vacation uh, so they go out to their vacation home and where things kind of go crazy for her, she literally starts seeing like doppelgangers and she can't tell the difference between her husband and, you know, her ex-lover and things like that. And it just goes completely fucking haywire from there. Man, just super, super rich in atmosphere. The acting in this film is so good, man. I love the way this movie's set up because it can go a bunch of different ways. It really can go a bunch of different ways. And the outcome of this movie is fantastic. It has it has a great payoff that you just go, God damn, awesome. You know, yeah. these, these type of movies can really be super diminished by a really bad ending. And I think this one delivers on all aspects. I love the buildup to this, man. Everything that's going on. Um, you get right into her head and there's just all these it's crazy imagery and shit like that. And it's done at first very subtle. There's a great scene where, you know, they pull up to their, uh, you know, their vacation home. And you see the kind of like the doppelgangers up on top of, you know, the uh, uh, on the hill looking down at themselves. That, it, that's one of the creepier parts. It's such yeah. a fucking great scene, man. I absolutely love that shit, man. Um, so everyone watch this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Nice. Did anybody like this movie? <laughs> it's a multiple watch. Maybe. You didn't. You didn't like it, JP. No, I liked it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I. I, I just the whole bit. development to this movie. I love how she's kind of tripping balls, and you know, it's kind of dealing with it's like pre postpartum and not really, and maybe bipolarism. Yeah, there's that word pre again. Postpartum bipolarism. I'm, I'm making. <laughs> I'm totally making shit up right now. Pre postpartum. Doctor moves. <laughs> right. I like the pre post. You like that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> she's got postpartum before she even has a fucking baby man you know um but i i like i like the whole you know the characters in this film are fantastic imagery the, the cinematography is just awesome man it just sells every scene so well for me i was engaged to this whole damn thing right from start to finish runs about 100 minutes long and to me it was 100 minutes well spent absolutely love it and again the payoff was there which totally helps these type of films because we've seen so many psychological films where you know the ending is so ambiguous to the point where you're like what the fuck dude you know so i don't think it's really there on this one i think it kind of kind of delivers the goods for you um 
Nine out of ten. Awesome. Images. Nice. Love it. All right, so is this top five time? Giveaway time. Giveaway yeah. time. All right, so the next one we'll do here is the people who submitted top ten list. Honestly, not that many people submitted. I think there's only like 17. Um, so that's, you know, you got a good shot at winning this one. 17, that's it. Wow, slackers. Okay. All right, well, that, so. That's more than, than the people who listen to your show, right? <laughs> Just such a hey. it's such a weird thing. <laughs> I wouldn't be talking yeah. low tier Patreon person. Shitty ass Patreon. We have a lot of listeners, but they don't have a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> um, the winner is number two, which is actually the person who designed our shirt. Oh God, girlfriend, um, <laughs> Will Cardinal. So moods, you could probably send that one. That you could send him one. Yeah, why not? That's you know, Canada to Canada. Oddly enough, you know, to ship things to That's Quebec like is the, your dicks together. It's the Just most. Drive ex- it over to him. Canada's not that. Big. It's the most expensive place to ship to. <laughs> really? Quebec. Oh yeah. Just drive yeah. it over to him. <laughs> drive right. it over to him. Fuck. Make a right at the fire. <laughs> <laughs> True that, right? <laughs> I just have a feeling we won't be seeing moods again if that was the case. I'm just <laughs> Jeremy and, said and, it. And to to read Will's uh, list yeah. here, just to give him a little shout out, he had Night of the Lepus at number ten, Your Vice is a Locked Room and Only I Have the Key at number nine, Barren Blood at eight, Images at seven, The Last House on the Left at Left at six, Man from Deep River at five. Beware the Blob at number four. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. The Legend of Boggy Creek at number three. The Possession of Joel Delaney at number two. And Don't Torture a Duck at number one. Nice. You didn't have Don't Torture a Duckling, though. No, because I think that, like, torturing a duck's pretty bad enough. Yeah, but I like <laughs> the prequel better. <laughs> <laughs> or is it the sequel? Would it be the Duckling would be the prequel. Uh, prequel, yeah. 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 All right. Speaking of that, my number <laughs> wait, five. Wait, don't touch your duckling. Duck, it could be either way, right? Duck gives birth to the duckling. Yeah, you could torture yeah. a duck, then he gives birth to a duckling. Which came torture first, the, duckling the duck or the duckling? <laughs> <laughs> are we not get? Are, are we just doing one giveaway right now? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of do, don't torture a duckling, my number five is don't torture a duckling. Directed by Mr. Fulci. Um, am I the first one to have this, right? Mm-hmm. This movie super, super, super interesting. Again, a movie that probably wouldn't be made today. You know, to have a bunch of kids drowning and uh, older yeah, woman, tra- an older woman trying to have a fourteen-year-old boner upstairs. You know, fourteen. It's probably he, he looks, looks like he's ten. Yeah, like yeah, 10. whatever. That's a young but, boy. Um, but and you could that, tell, like you could tell the way that they shot that that he yeah, was not, not the on room. the same screen. You know, it's yeah. funny. Unlike it's funny you say film. that because I was watching the film uh, yesterday and the wife and I was like, check out the scene here, and I'm like, that kid's totally not holding that tray. Yeah, <laughs> it was a step. Well, it was a totally bottle body double for sure. It's not that. It's just like you never see them together in the same shot. Well, no, so you can tell they used a body double there for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, this is super fascinating. It's this early on in Fulci's career. I'm not like hella familiar with Fulci and Moods would know more than me. It's yeah, it's early, early or good like Fulci. Like he'd been making films for a decade before this, but yeah, yeah. Well, basically, it's like 1972 ish. I think this one's like one of the more well put together Fulci films. 
Well, I think like, it's, that like, makes sense, wise. like, easy to follow, like, no missing pieces. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, you know, he brought that nightmare logic later on in his career and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, this is his attempt at a giallo. You know, yeah. I mean, he had done one just prior, actually, with one of the, the characters, one of the girls in this film, um, Woman in Lizard Skin, 1970, which is a really kind of psychedelic giallo that's really interesting also. so Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically follow a story about um, these kids getting murdered around this small Italian town. And, you know, it's your basic giallo. We got these this reporter and we got these cops trying to solve who is murdering all these children, uh, in particular boys, in this town. And, um, you know, that's basically it. And along the way, there's, you know, Catholic imagery, and that plays a huge uh, part later on down in the film. We got voodoo and magic and, and all this other stuff going on. Uh, in this I movie. thought the stuff think, with the witch was super creepy. Yeah, and it's like the stuff with the with the voodoo dolls, I guess you are what they are. Is that what they're called? Is, and you're uh, kind of wondering where it's going. Like you're mm-hmm. like, okay, is this going to be like supernatural? Is this going to be, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It, I, really I, I like go the way they route either, you know? It just ends in a the most amazing dummy death ever shot on celluloid. You know, it's just... There's a better dummy death in in this year. <laughs> really? There's a good one in uh, uh, The Case of the Bloody Iris. Yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this one's, like, absolutely hilarious. It doesn't even look like the fucking guy when it's falling Well, he, what's funny about it is when his face is hitting the rocks, it's, like, metal <laughs> on metal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the weirdest effect. I don't know why they thought that was gonna. Like, it is funny as hell, though, man. <laughs> it's all well, back slow then, mode. I would assume that the prosthetics were like yeah. that well made, so they had to use something metal to make the blood squirt out. But it, it's just—it's definitely one of the longest dummy death scenes of all time, too. It seems well, like it's usually forever. You usually just don't see dummy deaths in close-up like that. Yeah, I think that's, like, another thing. Like, yeah, he never made any attempt to, like, fly out a tiny bit further away from the rocks. He literally went straight down. Like, give a little push off. Every nubbin. But, like, out of, like, all the giallos, I just think it's, like, it's it's one of the more interesting narratives in general, to be honest. You know, you're just trying to find out who's murdering all these kids in this town. And there's, of course, all these corrupt people and everything like Plus that. Plus, they're you, murdering fucking kids, which automatically yeah. gets bonus points. And they're not even, like, murdering them. They're, like, fucking, like, drowning them in water. And yeah, fuck like, them. Just making them suffer before they die. It's yeah, they're, like, they're fucking hate deaths, man. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's great. I gave it an 8 out of 10. All right. Cool. All right, my number five. Again, another repeat, and I had a feeling that it might show up on Moods' list, and it did, and that is Vampire Circus. Uh oh. Yeah, I freaking love Vampire Circus. Nice. The set design and the atmosphere and the performances. Every single time I see the circus routines, mm-hmm. especially the brother and sister doing those flips in the air, I don't. It's yeah. very dreamlike and atmospheric. It's quite like haunting mm-hmm. and uh i i love uh dora's character she's just she's isn't, beautiful isn't it compelling her. how good some of those later hammer films were and then they just like fell apart as a company reached shortly after all these awesome films came out it's weird because i gotta say like i'm just getting into hammer now and yeah. i'm having a tremendous success rate in terms of the films that i like yeah so right now i'm you know the ones i'm seeing are just fantastic mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And and this one's no exception. I, I just See, love the whole story with Count Mitterhouse and uh, and the school teacher's wife, Anna, and how, you know, the gypsy woman is the reincarnation of Anna. And, you know, he foretells of uh, of his uh, kinsman, basically his cousin Emil, coming back and uh, and avenging him with the death of the children. And it's it's really a well-told story. Mm-hmm. I think that... Um... Like when you talk about Hammer, uh, I think that Dracula AD nineteen seventy two was like one of the weaker Hammer films I've ever seen. Wow, yeah, I, which quite, I, was I quite enjoyed that. I suppose. It wasn't bad. Well, I, I mean, just like the, I like the other ha- Dracula films from Hammer way more. Yeah, I mean, okay. the, the problem is with you know Dracula seventy two is that at this point, man, Chris Lee didn't really want to do the movies, and it shows. He's like he's on screen for like six minutes, I think. <laughs> in the movie and that's that's the biggest downfall because if you watch the earlier ones you know he's a main focus of the film he's he's has a lot more screen time he has a lot more presence and you know these ones are set in modern time so it's already off-putting yeah i don't like that i would much prefer the period hammer yeah so it kind of feels like you're watching like this teen teen vampire film with like you know hints of lee in there I, i don't know they're okay for what they are you know, but they definitely, if you look at the run of uh, Dracula films that Christopher Lee did, it's at the bottom of the list for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how this one, and, and it kind of can be a little bit of a uh, of a mistake because, you know, the circus is, is full of vampires. So you think they're making it into the town of Shtetl by uh, some magical way getting past the roadblocks. But uh, they do show up w- with some humans. As it turns out, when when you know, yeah, when shit hits the fan in the end, and so I, I kind of don't know how that necessarily happened, but I do like that. Well, little they let twist. them in though. They let them in because the town decides that you know they they need something to get their mind off of the plague, kind of thing, right? All right, I can buy that. Yeah, but they're not going to let them out then. No, <laughs> there's intent there. Yeah, <clears throat> but it's a uh, it's a really well done movie. And I I agree with you on the ending. I think it's a, a fantastic ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I especially like the way that it ends with the uh, the school teacher and with uh, the gypsy woman's character. It's it's very poetic and also like a uh, like making an amends mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for yeah, uh, for well the played. way the film starts. So uh, terrific film, Vampire Circus number five, eight and a half out of ten. Check it out if you haven't. Carly was uh, too busy flicking her cooter at that time. Couldn't talk. <laughs> flicking her cooter. <laughs> this guy is so bad at anything sexual related. <laughs> so cringe. Oh, oh, uh, I'm surprised he didn't replace Carly's name with Broad. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck. For real. Yeah, I just don't really have much to say on that film, honestly. But um, anyway, um, so my number five is yet another repeat and that is you'll like my mother wow man, I, can't I do like your mother uh, yeah my mother's pretty cool i like your mother too dude um but um anyway like yeah this jeremy's mom jeremy's yeah, mom's cool he'll be he told me to leave the door open so <laughs> he'll love her he'll love her cooter Oh my god. That's the sequel. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. All right. So um yeah, this movie uh it's one of the last ones I watched and I'm really glad I got to it because I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's very suspenseful um and you know, like you guys said, it does a good job on the seclusion aspect and 
just the situation that the girl's in, I think it's pretty creepy and you're just um, hoping that she can get out of it. It kind of gives me like a misery vibe or even a flowers in the attic type of vibe where you're kind of stuck in this place and you don't really want to be there and you're trying to leave, but uh, you just don't really know how things are going to play out. And um, I was just really invested in it. I mean, I do agree like the stuff with the baby is a little unbelievable, but um, you know, it could be a little bit passable with the uh, mentally challenged daughter kind of helping out with taking care of it, I guess. But I mean, JP's sister. What the, that's, that's like, that's like messed up kind of. No, I think I said JP's sister in my initial joke and it didn't go over too well. Yeah, you did. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, oh, my okay. sister has Down syndrome, so it's kind of like, oh. and, okay, dick. All right, I guess I'm a dick. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but. <laughs> She's also dead. Yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> oh, my God, this is really just <laughs> You know, as a baby, but like whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah, this I, I really enjoyed this movie. That's that's all I can say. Um, eight out of ten. Yeah, let's wrap this one up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I, I feel very uncomfortable well, now. Moose isn't even here anymore. <laughs> no, I had I had yeah I had to go pee. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I was the, like the, pinching it off literally. It was bad. I'm also not joking. I believe you. No, yeah. we know. Okay, I, what, I did know I what did I, I miss? What did I miss? You're not joking. What did I miss? Yeah. I oh, Jeremy was making fun of my Down syndrome sister. Oh, I was not. Dude, that's weak, man. Who passed me away? Like a who passed away? It got, yeah, who, it who got also dark passed and away. serious and awkward very quickly. You're lucky you were in the bathroom flicking your cooter. If you care, Jeremy, which I doubt you do, her name was Lacey. Okay, I care. Oh, my God. Her name. Oh, Jesus, dude. Why is Lacey? All right, JP, what do you have? Not a sister. Besides a small penis. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) He does have a sister, by the way, so it's okay. Yeah, I I still got two more. The other one didn't matter so much since I have two others. (laughs) You just go. (laughs) Uh, My number five is a film that I would have liked to watch with my sister had she still been around and not had Down Christ. She's probably rolling in her tiny grave. <clears throat> Ooh. Oh, man. That was, God. That was a bad one. Wow. <laughs> All right. It is uh, the film that Jeremy also mentioned, uh, and that is Don't Torture a Duckling, which is the last film I watched for this preparation. And it's really good, man. I mean, this is this is probably one of my favorite Falchi films. Um, I put it probably third uh, up there with... City of the Living Dead, Zombie, and then now Don't Torture a Duckling. Um, I think that I dug the straightforward nature of the film, which sometimes you don't get. It didn't feel like... Sometimes even films like Zombie like feel like there's some pieces missing in terms of like how generally stories are told versus how like Italians typically tell them. But this one felt like very straightforward. Almost like shockingly straightforward. Movies like, are amazing I, I was, when you understand them, right? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I like Deep Red. Yeah, yeah. Um, this film is. Uh, I-, I love that they're killing kids in here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, man, can oh, we get off this topic? <laughs> really we are laughing way too hard at the death of oh, children fuck, right fuck, now. Fuck! 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 Pause. Fuck! 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 Oh!
Uh, so, Don't Torture a Duckling, just a, a really good Falchi film, and I think that I like this stuff with the witch and not really knowing, like, okay, is this a curse or is this somebody murdering these kids? Uh, what is going on here? I like the um, location, too. Really cool, especially, like, the hills and stuff that they use. Um, everything looks like it's made out of stone, <laughs> which is, is, is cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just... it. it I, I was actually surprised. I expected to like it, but I, I didn't necessarily expect to like it as much as other people seem to. But I ended up liking it a lot. Uh, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Number five. Nice. Good shit. Good shit. All right, that's on me, right? Yeah. All right. Breaking into the top five. A film from no. Directed oh, by directed by Sergio Martino. Nice. All the Colors of the Dark. Ugh. I wasn't a fan of this one. Dude. This is what I'm talking... Like, this is one of those unique giallos from this year. It sticks out... In fact, in in giallos in general, this one always sticks out to me because you don't see too many storylines that involve, like, satanic black masses and it's very kind of psychedelic and it, it just... It's different. You know, it's got a lot of different kind of elements to it and shit. So, of course, this one starred George Hilton and uh, Edwidge Fennick, um, who've done multiple films together. Ivan Rashomon, of course, is in this one also. Um, Fennick plays, you know, somebody that's kind of mentally having a rough time, man. She, car accident, loses her baby, you know, and, you know, her husband, George Hilton, you know, figures that, you know, he can kind of save her with all this, you know, bullshit vitamin shit and stuff, and... And uh, then enter her neighbor who is like into this kind of satanic throwing black masses and shit. And she kind of says to her, you know, if you get involved with this, all your fears and shit will go away, blah, blah, blah. It's um, this is absolutely I, I don't understand how you don't like this, Jeremy. It's such a tantalizing giallo because it's so fucking different. What didn't you like about this movie? That I didn't get it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the cool thing about this one. Like I said, you know, it's different in storyline. You don't see that many satanic angles. But, yeah, it's very – it's it's so psychological also. And I love that angle. You know, you just don't get a lot of that in Giallos. Fennec is beautiful as ever. There's some great scenes with her and George Hilton, of course. Um, and, you know, but unlike JP, this one's actually confusing, unlike – Deep Red, which makes complete and utter sense. You no, no, know? no, for sure, man. I, I think the first time I watched color, uh, All Colors of the Dark, man, it's it's definitely not straightforward. It probably takes a couple watches to kind of, you know, kind of tie everything in, you know, together. For sure. I mean, it's you could probably name a few. G- I mean, Deep Red. I don't know what the fuck's up with JP on that. I one. know that one's really not the most confusing film in the world, but uh, I could. There's a case in point for this one. It is a little bit more confusing because it is so psychedelic and so psychological and things like that. And it's just a very, very standout giallo. Like I said, you know, in the realm of giallos and shit, it's got cool kills, cool imagery. Um, what's not to like about All Colors of the Dark, man? It's got great fucking music. Another thing I always love about this movie. Uh, the music, of course, is done by Bruno Nicolali. Nicolali? Nicolali? <laughs> Oh, dude. Get into Italian <laughs> names, man. It's just embarrassing. Um, That's fantastic music. Really, really good stuff. Um, so with this one, I am coming in at... See, giallos are hard to talk about because you don't want to give away specifics and 
and everything because it kind of ruins the fucking movie. Nine out of ten. I love it, man. It's better than the documentary. All colors of the giallo. Oh yeah, that thing sucks. No, it does. No, it doesn't suck. I it's, think it sucks. It's a great entry level giallo uh, documentary for people that you know want to get into giallos. I think it's a great piece of a great documentary for those people that want to learn about shit because it you know it showcases all the popular giallos and it talks about all the popular directors and stuff and it gives you a really good start for the seasoned veterans and giallos who are looking for more obscure shit. I would stay clear of that because m- myself, I didn't learn anything by watching the documentary, but. You know, for someone that, you know, say Carly's, you know, if she was willing to be into Italian films and giallos and shit, it'd be a good starting point. It really is. My biggest problem with that giallo, though, honestly, was the fact that they only had like two or three people even talking about the films. I felt yeah. like it was kind of like low production wise like that. I mean, if you're going to talk about, you know, six or seven, eight big time directors have more people talking about that shit. But yeah, otherwise, good entry level stuff. But all colors of the dark fantastic film if you've never seen it check it out it's awesome to some of us all right num i know brandon didn't watch that one um wait really yeah why no fucking way he didn't i didn't get a chance to rewatch it no 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 way but you've seen it before yeah i've seen it before but i didn't i didn't rewatch it how long ago crazy dude uh, i thought when, you would have been I all first, over that when i first got the the severin box set so oh, it wasn't too a number long ago. not too oh, long that's ago not even a year ago no no probably like five months ago maybe. we did, announced the show eight months ago it wasn't no, I know. The list that's did you did you watch it carly yeah i watched it and hated it i don't really remember it a whole lot if i'm being honest i thought it was pretty i thought it was probably one of the better ones but i can't really remember it <laughs> fair enough Fair I'd enough. put it at like number five in terms of giallos that I've seen. Yeah, it's six. It was. I. I don't know. I didn't. I couldn't get into it as much as I thought I would. I yeah. like Bloody Iris a lot better. Ah, interesting. All right. Interesting. Number four for me. The only TV film on my list. No. <laughs> well, second TV <laughs> film. Second. <laughs> Night Stalker. Sure. Second TV film, and that is Crawl Space. This movie's mm. awesome. This I movie's... thought I knew this would be on your list. I called I that. Didn't shit. expect it. I did. Yeah. Oh, it's great, I man. Thought he... I don't know. What? what yeah, do you I, think? I like it a lot too, but I didn't think. Yeah, I it's thinking a, back. Excellent TV that. film. Excellent TV. Yeah, film. it's really good. And I think like the performances from the family, like the mother. You know, she's clearly missing something in her life, and that, of course, is. Uh, you know that the the way to you know show emotion towards somebody else, of course, as a son in this sense, is missing from her life. And when this you know young man comes into her life, she's finally able to you know show something that's been missing in her in her, in her and her husband's life the entire time. And I just feel like the interactions between them and this and this you know young man super super interesting. I think it's not like the most like offensive film or anything like that. It's definitely a, a piece that is driven by character and narrative dialogue and things like that. You're not going to get like a huge, you know, action sequence or, you know, 
you know, something like that in this movie. It's, of course, a TV film, but I just think, like, the acting is, like, super well-rounded and really, really good. And the story is super interesting enough that, of course, it's clearly good enough to make my list. So, um, you know, this movie is when... This movie was released when Wild Eye wasn't complete shit, and they would actually, like, release stuff that was different. Unfortunately, now you can't get it without paying, like, I think it's, like, close to 100 bucks to get that DVD now, which is absolutely insane, which is unfortunate because the movie's actually pretty good. If you haven't seen Crawl Space, check it out. I give it an 8 out of 10. It's pretty good. Honestly, it was on my list for a long time, up until, like, the last week. Spoiler alert. Same. Yeah, so, it was like I thought it was gonna make it, so I really like that one too. It's in my top fifteen. Yeah. Nice. Mood stands right. My number four. No, it's good. I love that movie. It's awesome. Sitting his chicken f- nuggets. Dude, I would love. Oh, nuggets. speaking of chicken nuggets, my number four is dealing with a different kind of nugget, and that is a nephew nugget. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the possession of Joel Delaney. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one I didn't see. Yeah, me neither. Oh uh, yeah, well you really, Jeremy? you definitely should. No, I didn't see it. I had to download it though. Well, I lost on that motherfucker too. You, you really, you really did. It's a fantastic film, and not only that, it's you know. No, I picked that as your number one. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <that's just> <laughs> it's a supernatural horror film, you know, pre-Exorcist. Mm-hmm. But when you watch this film, and I know it's based on a novel, and I don't know anything about the book, so I could be completely ignorant in in talking about this. But this film, when it ends, you can make a case that there was nothing supernatural going on in this film. And I love supernatural films like that. And we're dealing with a brother and sister, played by uh, Shirley MacLaine. She plays Nora, and a brother, Joel, is played by um, Perry King. And, you know, they're both from an upscale family. Nora lives in the upscale part of town. Uh, Joel is more of the bohemian type. He lives sort of like in the poverty-stricken areas. He's a, he travels a lot to these exotic locations while Nora lives in the uh, upscale area with her children. And they have this sort of very weird, almost like, it, it's not sexual, but it, it gives that that creepy sexual vibe to their relationship. And, uh, you know, in a circumstance comes up where he doesn't show up to a family dinner she goes to find out what happened. It turns out he tried to attack and kill his landlord, and it develops from there. He's committed to Bellevue Hospital. It takes place in New York, and uh, you know, it takes place from there. And it deals with uh, it has elements of Santeria in there, and just some really unsettling scenes. And it's you know, I don't want to say too much. I know it's going to get brought up again, but the performances are terrific in there. A lot of the times when the possession scenes take place. Joel will be speaking Spanish and there won't be any uh, translation for it, mm-hmm. any subtitles for it, which makes it all the more disturbing because you don't really know what's being said unless you speak Spanish. Yeah. Like JP. Like JP. JP's like, he's just talking about nephew nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Two word oh, review. Two word yeah, review. No, that, that was great. <laughs> I, I knew I was going to steal it if I got to it before you did. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, I don't want to say too much about it. It just builds, you know, from there. Joel becomes more and more um, detached from from the person he is at the very beginning of the film to the person he, he ultimately becomes. And you don't know if it's supernatural or if it's just triggered by something in his life. And there's, you know, certainly things in there that it could be. 
their mother did commit suicide and it wasn't too long ago. And then the way it ultimately ends makes you think that that could be the instance for that. And then something else happens where it could be the, um, the inciting incident for, for another character to sort of be in Joel's shoes. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't want to give anything away. I'm just, that's it. I'm just going to stop right there. Cause it, I, you got to see this film. All of you guys. It, it, it's interesting on a couple different, you know, the, the possession of insert name, you know, yeah. this, this is like maybe the first one. Yeah. I, I Pre- honestly, if you told me this film, I would have thought, oh, what is this? Like a 2016 shitty possession film? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, like, I honestly, expect, honestly, I had never heard of this movie. It sounds movie. like it, sound, it does really totally sound like <laughs> one that exists already. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if another film's called that yeah. <laughs> from modern times. It really does, but it's got Shirley <laughs> MacLaine, who, I mean, she's she's always amazing in everything she mm-hmm. does. And it, the cast is terrific. You know, the. Uh, cinematography everything about this film is really well done and it's just an interesting mm-hmm. deep story and yeah there's I, a lot I, I was aware of this one and i wanted to get to it but at the end of the day there was just so i, I waited too long to like get deep into starting and i was just like i pick and chose I, I pick and chose towards the end and just this one was got, like a couple behind i gotta say if if everyone had seen this film i really think it might have been on all five of our lists really i really i strongly believe that fuck and uh but uh it's, still no, re- no reason not no reason not to check it out uh you know at some point in the near future but uh possession of joel delaney i give a nine out of ten mm-hmm. all right Carly. my number four is towels from the crypt i mean what can i say about this one i i like every single segment i think they're all fantastic and i like how they're all very dark in nature and the wraparound in general is very dark this is one i actually picked up before even being asked to be on this show i had found it at a goodwill like a few months prior and had already watched it fell in love with it and then i watched it again for the show and i liked it even more um i agree the monkey monkey's paw segments is probably my least favorites but i still think it's a really solid segments and uh the last segment is definitely my favorites but yeah, I just I just really like it, and it's one that I was really surprised with, and um, would probably go back and rewatch the most out of any movie on this list. So, gave that one an eight point five out of ten. Nice, cool. Yep, awesome. Well, right. I officially am completely out. I missed out on everyone's number one. Really? <laughs> yeah, me. Sh- yep, You're I still saw running him. for yourself, though. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to Brandon. Brandon, what was your ten through four, five, real quick? This uh, is Blackula, Tales from the Crypt, Last House on the Left, Your Vice is a Locked Room, Vampire Circus, and Joel Delaney at four. Okay, I, I lost with Brandon, but that's All it. Right. Uh, None of you uh, are getting my number one. The only one that, well, I don't think, yeah. I'm the only sorry. one that I'm out on is Jeremy right now. Yeah, me too. I'm still in it with Carly and you, Jake. <laughs> Hmm. I'm in with everybody. God, I suck. Everybody? <laughs> yep. Jesus. Hmm. All right. Um, crazy. N- my number four is the Alfred Hitchcock film, Frenzy. Um, This movie is fucking awesome, dude. And the more I thought about it, the more I kind of liked it. One thing that nobody mentioned who had talked about it yet is the comedy. There is some dark-ass comedy yeah. in here. <laughs> Like, uh, so like the dude who does the killing, which 
that's another thing. It's not like a reveal. Like you learn like like you don't know at first, but then you learn like halfway through the film. But like there's a point where he, you know, dumps a body in like a potato truck and then he remembers that the 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 woman like grabbed his brooch brooch mm-hmm. or whatever and he, he has to go like get it back and yeah. it's this funny moment and then even the end like he's carrying this giant box and like he just looks over and it's like oops <laughs> you know what i mean i, I yeah i, I was shocked how much like funny moments were in it for a, as dark as the movie is but i think the necktie killer in general is really interesting um the uh, the movie opens with a, a shot of like a body in the river with a necktie wrapped around it and then um you really do fucking feel bad for the dude's wife whenever he and you you feel bad like you feel bad about the fact that this dude gets blamed for it which is you know classic hitchcock a, a wrongly committed person and and then um he's actually like in prison just pretty much like well i guess i'm fucked i'm gonna go get revenge (laughs) yeah well he's like i'm gonna get revenge you know because like uh my life's over oh well um but at least i could kill the fucker who did this (laughs) um and then uh it's even more messed up when you know that like you're like oh dude if only you knew who did this because i know and it's like fucked up because this guy's actually kind of charismatic and you're kind of friends with him um it's just a great honestly it's really good it's it's i mean it's hitchcock who 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 would think there's one shot in the film that i remember really liking where uh the woman had been killed in the office and we see the, another person coming back to the office and the camera's falling or falling or falling her up to the door. And then it keeps moving and goes past the building and like pans over. Yeah, and then you just wait, you just wait, you know, it's coming. You're yeah. just waiting, waiting. And it goes on for a while. It's just this empty alleyway that you're staring at. And then ah, you hear the scream. <laughs> it's like, that's classic good Hitchcock right there. Yeah. But um, yeah. Really solid. I gave it an eight and a half. I think I had an eight on the show when I talked about it, but I bumped it up to an eight and a half after now, thinking about it. I have it. a question. Was the necktie killer the inspiration for the bowtie killer in Problem Child? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, you remember the Problem Child. <laughs> I just picked up that Blu-ray, man. It was in my update. Maybe I that's know. why. We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. I like Problem Child. Yeah. And Problem, Problem Child, Child too. No, that movie's trash. What? It's They're the fun. same fucking movie. It's fun. They're both the same. Problem Child three now. I can see yeah. where you're coming from. <laughs> too bad it doesn't exist. What? Does it exist? Yeah. There's a Problem <laughs> Child three. Really? Yes. God damn. Are you being serious? But then again, I guess there's yeah, like five Home Alone was... films. So. Hold on, now I have to look because you're making me doubt myself. I actually I didn't know that so. if there is, but yeah. I, didn't I also did, I've only I didn't, seen the first two. I honestly didn't know there was five Home Alone films until I bought that tin box. Yeah, the paint yeah, there is there is a third one from '95, Problem Child Three, Junior in Love. Shut up, Junior in Love. <laughs> yeah, I think they recasted Junior though, there and he's is. in love with the necktie killer. Did they? No, I don't think they did. I can't remember. Did they? Michael Richards Gilbert. is still in that. Gilbert Godfrey's in it. <laughs> That's the bowtie killer. They may have recasted Junior. I can't remember. Probably. Okay. Coming in at number four from Hitchcock to a Hitchcockian influenced film from director Brian De Palma. Sisters. You know, 
no one brought this up, man, but like Sisters was scored by Bernard Herman. Herman. I said that. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I th- I think that's so brilliant. I said you that's know? why it sounds like a Hitchcock movie. Oh yeah. It's it's so brilliant for De Palma to do that. You know, completely influenced by a Hitchcock film, why not get the music? You know, make it official. Um <laughs> The sofa is making its way into Canada. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it, man. I honestly, dude, there is some goofy shit in this film. And what can I really say that hasn't really been said already? But I do think that's funny how that shit ends up, you know, going to Canada. She's French Canadian. I always like that. But, uh, dude, I think Margaret Kidder and fucking Charles Durning just kill this movie, man. I don't know, man. I've always been such a huge fan of Charles uh, Durning. That guy's amazing. He is. He's a great, good he's, look. He's a great presence, man. Just the way he spits dialogue. He's like perfect for that PI role. They couldn't have casted that any better. Absolutely love that. Yes, there's a couple moments in this film that are like, you know, almost laughable. But at the same time, man, I think he does a pretty good job of making a, a Hitchcock thriller, you know, for what it is. You know, and you got to look at it, man. 1972, 73, when this thing was, you know, being shown. I mean,. It was probably, it probably still seemed pretty original, you know, at those times and shit, but performances are fantastic, man. That's what really sells this movie for me. Um, All around, great film. It's Sisters. We've talked about it like eight times already, so uh, nine and a half out of ten. I've I've always loved Sisters, man. I think it's every time, like, even the wife, she watched it with me when I rewatched it, and she's like, this is a great fucking movie. I'm like, I know, right? So... Got the approval. Sisters. All right. Number three, top three. Number three for me is Alfred Hitchcock's Frenzy. I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, It has an absolutely amazing classic Hitchcock um, shot where we Hmm. start in the inside and it pulls out and goes from the outside across the street. It's an amazing shot. I mean, we see it done by i'm just gonna say like conjuring 2 has a shot that's very similar to that uh classic hitchcock's shot where he likes to pull out from setting and have everything moving all in one take hitchcock loves to pull out yeah it's very <laughs> impressive actually when you watch it it's like even back then you know they didn't have steady cams and things like that so the way that they did it it's, it's pretty remarkable it's awesome um definitely hitchcock's most sleaziest film um, his only film that has nudity in it um, throughout his entire career. This is what 72, so it's pretty much near the end of his career as it is at this point. But it's still a really, really well done film. Um, the Necktie Murder is, and the guy reminds me of Oliver Reed. He definitely has an Oliver Reed kind of feel to it. That if the movie was casted in America, fucking Oliver Reed probably would have been in that role because he just has that look, and um, you know. The kills are are what they are. They're not like amazing or anything like that. But usually in Hitchcock movies, they're not that good anyway. So that's not why you watch it. But I give it an eight and a half, and that's Frenzy, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Why did you refer to Oliver Reed as if I mean if it was an American film, they'd have Oliver Reed? Because it was in British. But Oliver Reed is British, though. Oh, I didn't know that. Dumb fuck. <laughs> this guy's. <is> a- <laughs> 
<laughs> Hands down, I'm pretty fucking sure he was born in London. All right. <clears throat> Next. Yeah. I can't even speak. I'm so flabbergasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, my number three has been talked about, and it's uh, Lucio Fulci's Don't Torture a Duckling. I'm still in the running. Yeah, my fa- my favorite uh, Fulci film. I just think the fact that it's it's straightforward yet so dark and and plays on this whole idea of um of religion versus like superstition with the whole witchcraft thing you know these it's really a commentary on uh almost like religious fanaticism versus like superstitious beliefs and uh it it's just really well done quite disturbing very um very um what's the word i'm looking for Penis. Very relevant. Penis. Very relevant with you know with today. There's no way he would have forgot that, that word. This is very relevant to today, and uh, you know, in terms of uh, the way the way people uh, the way people think, and it, it's dark, and the the whole scene with the witch, if you want to call her that, is absolutely heartbreaking. Dude, it's absolutely fucking brutal it's so brutal it's so fucking because it goes on for like seven minutes man oh you mean man. you guys weren't turned on <laughs> <laughs> oh i finished but i wasn't oh, happy about it oh here we go <laughs> went too far and, Car- and carly's flicking her, co- her cooter right now just thinking about yeah. it. carly stop flicking yeah. your cooter <laughs> sorry i keep getting distracted <laughs> Flick, flicking her bean that's my other favorite she's, one she's got the voodoo doll right down there yeah <laughs> no, but I love that that whole idea that she, the witch, thought she had genuinely killed these kids because that's those were her beliefs. Yeah. Just like yeah. everybody's in church, you know, they believe in in their Christianity. She believes in in her witchcraft, and she believed that by putting this death curse, if you want, for lack of a better phrase, <laughs> on these death curse. Yeah, I know on these on these little dolls that she made to punish them for you know desecrating her son's grave. Yeah. She thought she had genuinely killed them. And, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I love the way it plays out. And even with the, uh, even with the dummy ending, I almost think it's kind of, it's very creepy. It really is. It's almost more creepy when they show it close up. Oh, and uh, the music's fuck. fantastic. Everything about it's great. Fuck me. If, uh, you, if your number one is no, what, I, you. what I just fucking thought of, you're a motherfucker. <laughs> I just had an epiphany. Oh man, dude! Oh, I think I know what your number I'll, I'll one let, is, I'll man. Let you, I'll let you. I'll let you guess before I get to it. But uh, don't torture duckling. My favorite Fulci film. Uh, nine out of ten. Nice. Okay, Carly. Okay, my number three is Images. Damn it. Um, wow! Damn it! I love your number one. Did you really? I didn't yeah. know that she would like that. Oh my god. Yeah, this is actually one. It was on my list for a while, and um, I decided to rewatch it because I couldn't remember it a whole lot. I'm glad I did because I liked it even more the second time around, and my rating actually went up half a point. Um, I just really love um, the main character you're following. Um, I think they do a really good job of kind of uh, representing the psychological issues she's kind of going through, and it just gets worse and worse as the movie goes on. I also just really like the setting, the atmosphere, and uh, it just has this really kind of polished, 
look to it, a very unique type of look. And then the musical score, whatever you want to call it, the music cues are actually really kind of creepy in this movie. And it adds to the very eerie feel that you get with it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, overall, I just really like this. I think um, they, like I said, they do a great job of kind of just uh, portraying uh, this person slowly going more and more crazy. And Her um, bipolarism. Yes, yes, exactly. Absolutely, yes, 100%. Or, or pre-postpartum. Pre-postpartum. Yeah. Fuck, I look like I'm making a police <laughs> Should be a psychologist. Um, yeah, images, 8.5 out of 10. See, I didn't, I didn't even think that you would like this one because it was, you know, it's a British Weird. production too. So I was like, oh, I don't know. See, She's yeah, there was... Like I said, there was a few that slipped by that I did enjoy, so you couldn't just yeah. completely rate them all off. It, it's definitely a lot different than, you know, the Hammer films and stuff that you don't really care yeah. about, for sure. Yeah. Like, I, I like the psychological uh, thriller type of movies like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. JP? All right. And my he spills another three. one. No, please, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was my fucking dead sister haunting me for talking oh, shit. Oh, my God. God. That was really bad timing, yeah. Dude. Oh, <laughs> oh, you having images or what? I'm oh, sorry. Your bipolarism no. is kicking in? Um, This is number three, the last house on the motherfucking left. Fuck! You got <laughs> so, fucking what shit. What was that? I'm out with you, too, now. I'm only alive <laughs> with moods. <laughs> Um, Last House on the Left, man. It's a love-hate film for me. Um, I sometimes hate the fact that, like, it's. It, it? I've seen it so many times, and every time I walk away feeling something different. Like the last time I reviewed it was with me and Moods, and we were both kind of lukewarm on it. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. ah, man, you know, it, it, that the music and stuff really bothers me. But then this time watching it on the new Arrow Blu-ray that we gave away six copies of. <laughs> uh i watch it and i'm just like one that that thing with junior like kind of got me excited because i was like wow i've seen this movie so many times and never noticed that and then two like the violence and the the horror between you know when they enter the woods and when they exit the woods is just some of the especially putting it in perspective with the stuff that was coming out at this time you know, after seeing so many movies from this year, it's just so different because it is the most rawest movie that exists in this year. And that impressed me in a year that was filled with so much stuff that felt the same to see something this hardcore in 72 was just, uh, almost shocking, you know? And I think that the, 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 you could tell that Craven was going to go on to do interesting things in this film because of how just, you know, you, you just see that he had something and I love Krug. I think he's fucking just a piece of crap. You know what I mean? And, and you feel bad for junior, but at the same time you want to punch him in the face for not doing more to, to help. And, you know, you, you feel bad for the girls, especially like they just, I, I mean, even like, even like the, the part where it's like, Man, have them make it with each other. He's like, yeah, yeah, let's have them make it with each other. And I'm just like, oh, these pieces of shit, man. Because it. it's it's it just is, so that's something is, Jeremy would say. It is a piece yeah. of shit thing. <laughs> let's but make Junior, these broads oh, make it. But Junior <laughs> did it almost to like save them because they no, were he did. Yeah, yeah. He, was, yeah. he was like, 
I love, and you know something else I realized about this film the, this time watching. Well, he it, was right? self, he was conscious about it, man, because he was the one that fucking got him in that predicament in the first place. Yeah, another right? thing that I noticed while yeah. watching it that I don't think I noticed before is when, and I, I might be mistaken, but when they give that, when they're on the news talking about the gang, they list like this rap sheet and stuff, but none of it is like killed 17 people or something so whenever you see them in the woods with them and junior's like man you're gonna kill somebody you know what i mean like it, all the time when i watch it i was just like of course they're gonna kill somebody well that's because <laughs> you know he's I mean? so fucking clueless because he's all fucking fucked up on but, drugs but no and shit. i don't think that these people are like s- like serial murderers i think they're just career criminals and really took it far this day yeah, because, but there's a difference between robbing 7-Elevens and fucking raping and murdering. <laughs> well, I think they were rapists. You know, one, even the, the uncle was, like, an, uh, convicted of child molestation. Um, but yeah. I'm saying, like, whenever you see them and they're all, like, kind of shocked at what they did, they're picking grass off their hands, and they all look kind of ashamed of themselves, <laughs> I think that it makes more sense now that when you think that, like, these aren't serial killers, like, they're doing this. They're just, they're they're criminals who've done really fucked up shit, but they still can feel fucked up for doing fuck, fucked up murders too. You know, I think these, these are quite possibly the first girls they've ever killed. The first people they've ever killed. Yeah. Those know? are called non sociopaths. M- most of us aren't <laughs> sociopaths. So I mean, even yeah, as a criminal. Yeah, but I'm saying like with these, I always thought of them as like serial killers, like yeah. villain, like, like yeah. villainous I killers. Never, I never but thought really, of them they're like just, that. Yeah, that's weird. Really? No, I, I just thought like, that. Yeah. I always just thought of him as like people who have killed like a bunch of times and it's no big deal. See, the only problem, one of the major issues I've always had with this movie though, I mean, if you look at it like that, you know, these guys are career criminals. They're going to do some fucked up shit and stuff. But I mean, the storyline is these guys have just, you know, escaped jail and they go and fucking do this shit. I mean, you think that you would keep your shit on the down low for a little bit longer than, you know, a couple days before you started doing some fucked up shit. Especially on that level, because I mean, if they aren't think, those type of killers, if they aren't actual killers, this has got to be the furthest away from what they really should be doing in the, in this situation. I mean, it's like, hey guys, we're out of jail, we're on the run, let's go rape and some mur- and murder and pillage and do some real fucked up shit that we've never done in the past. Yeah. Like, yeah, you would. It's think a little that, extreme. Right? Yeah, when no, Ted but- Bendy got out of jail, I, I totally didn't expect him to go like rape and murder sorority. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> no, you, right? You it make, seems, it seems out that- of sorts. Now you made the point that they're 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 scumbags, they're rapists, and mm. it makes sense. But th- the way you think about it, in terms of them not having killed before, is that if these girls had fully cooperated, would they be dead? Probably not. Exactly, because they. I do think tr- they, they were just going to gonna rape them. Yeah, kind of just, make them make it with each other, make them pee themselves. Because Sadie even says, "I'll get you out of this" at one point, and then Phyllis yeah. hits Sadie, and then that's just like that was like Phyllis's last chance, and then yeah, it just becomes, I think we, they were just going to dump them in the woods and take see, off. See, I don't yeah. know. I don't know, man, because as those criminals, they know that these girls aren't going to sit there. They're not going to lay down, open their vajijis, and just let them fucking you know hammer away. Why not? I mean, it's just. I mean, it's it, it's human. There's a presence there, man. I mean, people aren't just going to lay back. I mean, I, I can't yeah, speak right. for everybody. It happens all the time, though, right? I mean, you but hear for the most part, women are going to fight back. Like, I mean, I would. I'm I sure know. Carly would, or That's Jeremy. Okay. If, I, I'm if just saying, a most people. Him, damn, he definitely. Was most scared. people probably, most women or whatever. I mean, I'm sure some males get raped on sometimes, Jeremy. And um, but yeah, you know, like. Some people I think, think most people are going to fight it, back. It's, it's, it's natural. 
as a human to fucking defend themselves, especially when you're but being violated, though, like that. Here's you know? the thing. If you feel like this person is going to kill me if I don't do what they say, some people yeah, are the type of people that will be like, I would rather be raped than be dead. So I'm going to let this happen and then I'm going to. Yeah, and then they get raped and then they think the after and I'm like, I'd rather be dead than have fucking live through that shit again. I know, yeah. but I, I would rather pops. be raped than dead. I think giving but, yourself the best possible chance to get out of it is fighting back. Let, well, I having to live it, with that shit after, I think, is probably even fucking worse. It really. is for a lot of people. But some people like me, I'm all about self-preservation. If I'm I don't a woman, want to die, period. If I'm a woman and I'm caught in this situation, you well, have, you, you're stuck between a it. rock and a hard place. Because, of course, if you fight back, you're probably lessening the chance that you're going to survive. But Not necessarily. Also, you might think also, that they, it, it, you might think that they're going to kill you regardless. So exactly, really that's my point. I was trying you to get think to as a person. That's exactly some people, what my point was. You're going to lay there. Girls take don't it. fight back. Yeah, because there's pl- hundreds and but thousands have of to, examples. I think of girls in a situation like back. that, you have to assume that they are going to kill you. So fighting back is probably the best way to get out of that situation. I mean, if I'm a female and I'm thinking, "Fuck, man, if I lay here, let them rape, they're probably going to kill me anyways." Why are they going to let me go? I can fucking ID this dude, man. He ain't letting me go. There's no fucking way. They're criminals I mean, already. I, I you know that, that they're bad people. people right? but, but here's the thing. Like some people, like a lot of people get raped and don't get killed after. Like a lot, a lot of people. Well, I right? mean, there, there is rapists. So how many, how many rape of, cases are there a year of people who are still alive and reported a rape case? Right? Like I would say that over 50% of people aren't killed after being raped. Look at this. Look, for the, you. for the sake of the movie, I just want to say this real quick. For the sake of the movie, I think the reason why Mary is, or Marie, Mary? Mary. Mary, Mary. Mary sorry. <laughs> I got confused for a sec. The reason why Mary is is sort of defeated and not fighting back is because she knows at that point she's not getting out of there alive. At the By the exactly. end of it. Yeah, she tries yeah. to fight early on, though. Early but on, she so does, def- but once, once they come back get- with Phyllis's arm and and then they she sort of withdraws as if she knows she's dead and it's, it's, yeah. it's even well, more I think it's At that point, it's way like, more you know, tragic. you're calling on yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah that, that is just one of the best scenes of this movie. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I've definitely come really high up on it compared to what I was previously. It just is. I think that it has so much good. And yes, the music just, is like the music in the car is the worst. I right? just don't. I don't. I just don't get in. Like, there's so many cons to the movie for myself. Like, I don't have fun watching that movie. I mean, you really shouldn't have fun watching either. a rape movie. <laughs> really, I mean. I don't know, man. I just think I just... it's powerful. And when a film's powerful to me, I can look past some flaws. I still take points off for the stupid music. And I do think that it's very fucking dumb. But I like some of the music, too. Like the Road Leads to Nowhere song at the beginning I really like. And then the, the music that's playing when they're, she's walking away in the, in the, by the lake and stuff is really good. Um, but the fucking music and the cops are just but, the it, but worst. But it's plagued yeah, that, by those fucking the town of dreaded sundown fucking cops in the movie, you know? Yeah, right. The town of dreaded sundown's a little worse. Oh, those those they're scenes like are so, they're stuff. cringeworthy, man. It's <laughs> yeah, ruins a great movie. I think, really, I think also would have been a little bit stronger had they shown a little bit more of Weasel's death and Krug's death. If yeah. it had been a little bit more, I mean. Krug's death should have been, you know, very, very, it should have been high on the spectrum. 
Yeah, it definitely you know? should have. Yeah. And even though Weasels was like horrifying, you know, it, it should have been shown a little bit more, a little bit more graphic and and degrading. Uh, I'll give this one an eight and a half out of ten, though. I came up from a seven and a half. When I would have loved to seen cast. the penis right in her mouth, like bite it right off. Yeah, I wouldn't have mind seeing that. I know Brandon loves seeing penises. <laughs> Carly was flicking a cooter when that happened. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait to wait to run a joke into the wall. Yeah, that's you. Wow. Oh, I love how this guy shit for running jokes in the wall. I just ran my cooter into the wall. <sighs> I just picture Jeremy like pulling off a girl's pants and like flicking, literally like, yeah. flicking it. <laughs> He's like, why does this? This doesn't. I don't think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Damn, broad doesn't like the flicking. What are you doing, bro? (laughs) Damn, broad. He's like, like I'm flicking your cooter. That is absolutely amazing. Good shit. Is it my go? Yes. Yes. All right, coming in number three. We are going back to the boot country. Italy. Directed. <laughs> thank you, JP. That was amazing. Directed by Massimo Dallamano. We have reviewed this as a group. Solange. What have you done to Solange? Starring Fabio Testi. And a very early appearance by Camille Keaton, of course, from uh, um, I Spit on Your Grave. She actually did a couple movies in 72. She was also starred in Tragic Ceremony. Which is a pretty interesting film, too, dealing with cults and shit like that. Um, I mean, what more can we say about Solange, man? I think it's, I think it's a phenomenal. It's a phenomenal. It's a phenomenal <laughs> giallo, man. I love the story. There's one case in point where it might be a little bit of a plot hole that we kind of discussed during our our main review during Italian Month, but otherwise, man. What what is that that we discussed? Uh, the um. The scene in which Fabio Testi and his students are in the boat. Yeah, and, and, it, that's. I watched the it way again and see, I was like, this yeah. just doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. Yeah. Unless it, it's supernatural. Exactly. It's a little bit of an awkward, like when you really kind of think about it, you know, you're like, what? I don't know. Let me put that into full perspective. There's no way she could have seen over there, period. Exactly. So, but I mean, besides that scene, I mean, the whole movie honestly makes a lot of sense and the conclusion to this like the actual core of the story is fucking brutal mm-hmm. right like i mean it really goes into a real dark place unexpectedly with this like i said it's a gl i don't want to give it away and stuff but that whole storyline and why the girls were being murdered and shit actually completely makes fucking perfect sense you another know? issue that i had with it watching it this time is why was solange involved with this what do you mean? Why was she involved? Why was she involved with those girls? Eh, I mean, it was, uh, I mean, how does anybody get involved with that? I don't think anybody really does. I think you're kind of drawn into <laughs> it a little bit. I think, I think you're more recruited into something like that, right? You know, the girls who have already been brainwashed that are doing what they're doing are just out to recruit more. You know, it's like any type of weird cult. This one just happens to deal with sex, right? Yeah, I just guess I wasn't buying the sex cult thing that much. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you don't buy into it, then it's, you know, it's a little bit of a misfire then. But uh, I I mean, these things do exist, though. They really do exist, you know. So 
And also, you know, the reason why these girls are dying completely makes sense and stuff. I, I just like the mystery of it, man. I think the deaths are really good. The cinematography, the music's fucking phenomenal. This movie by Moni Marconi does a great job scoring it. I think it mm-hmm. just, it really kind of lifts that, that story, man, you know, from the depths and all around great film, man. I, I personally am a huge Fabio Testi fan. I think pretty much everything that guy was in was, he's always a presence, man. He's awesome. You know, and um, but it deals with a lot of things, you know, it deals with, you know, obviously that whole kind of sex trade thing. And it deals with, you know, you know, a man and, and, you know, he obviously has marital problems and it deals with underage sex. I mean, he's he's a teacher and he's well, not really fucking the student, but he's still involved with the students and shit like that. And, you know, I mean, those things are very much a presence. Why do you think of, I went into teaching? Of today's society. Exactly. Oh, I mean, these things happen yeah, all the middle time. Middle schools, too. That's even more fucked up. That's what I like about the story is that it's <laughs> it's very real. You know, I mean, these things we hear about. Dude, you can't say that. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> you just, like, ruined your career. Everything that's been said tonight, that's, that's where the line has been drawn. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I'm glad you had this on your list because this is. This was probably like I didn't do past ten, but this was probably like eleven or twelve on my list. This, yeah, was, this one of, was like my the, number nineteen. Okay, this is one of the films that like just missed out on my list. Nineteen, I, damn, dude! Didn't you give damn. it a high fucking rating? I know Jeremy I gave did. it an eight point five when we reviewed it, but I dropped it to actually. Eight. I think I'm pretty sure Jeremy came in at a nine and a half on this one. I didn't even think about this motherfucking movie for his number one. Damn, that's it's not it anyway. So. I had this. Wow, because his original rating on it was nine and a half. Oh, you're out, Carly. Uh-huh crazy mm-hmm. but my opinion man just another great solid giallo from 72 and um i am sticking with my original rating which is nine and a half like giallo's much <laughs> <laughs> who would have saw i do man I, lo- I love dialogue heavy films man I'm... now the, the giallo's from this year are terrific even though i had a lot that didn't make the list mm-hmm they're, they're, oh, I hear that, really... man. I hear that. I think I don't think. Well, the, there's some giallos from this year that I've actually never seen before <laughs> that I really wanted to get to, but I couldn't find mm-hmm. a couple of them, so that was kind of disheartening. But for the most part, you know, really good. I, I'm not even sure if JP was even fucking around when he said that he hated Death Walks at Midnight. I know you said it was a little bit messy and shit, but I think that one's pretty good too. I really, yeah. Really, Death Walks so, at Midnight was my least was, favorite. It's a little messy. It that was, was like, who are you? Why are you here? Okay, guess it doesn't matter. We never see you again. Uh, just like a lot of stuff like that. I don't know. Was, I kind of, like, I, 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 I don't know, man. I kind of like it, man. I mean, Case of Bloody Iris is pretty good. I did. Did anyone see Eye in the Labyrinth? I did. No. Case of Bloody Iris for uh, those of you. It was my sixteenth spot. I think Eye in the Labyrinth. When I first watched it, I. Definitely didn't like it as much as I did on in my second watch. It was weird. I don't know. I first liked time, it. First time watch for me, I gave it a seven and a half for I and the Labyrinth. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my rating went up on this one too. But good stuff. But yeah, so that's my number three, Jeremy. All right, number two from the land of Breton is Tower of Evil. Now <laughs> I just watched this one yesterday. Wow. This movie's fucking awesome, man. It it has the level of sleaze to it, but the atmosphere in this movie is off the charts. Yep, the setting that they choose, that, man. Always the that setting that they world. choose for this movie is amazing. The mm-hmm. the they clearly shoot it on a soundstage, but like, it's fantastic. The interior of this old and abandoned lighthouse that's been on this cursed island for years, and it's rotting and it's dirty. It's just 
has all these big evil artifacts all around it. It's just amazing. And, uh, you know, the story, it's not like that low budget of a made movie. It's actually pretty high budget. And it has a pretty interesting story, even though, like I said, it has a level of sleaze to it. But the main reason why you watch this movie, as I said, is the setting. And basically, you just follow these these uh, group of characters who are trying to go to this island to find this hidden treasure. And basically, on this island, there's a bunch of murders that happened. And it's basically you know, a cursed island and there's something going on on this island. I'm not going to ruin it, but it's just a really, really fun, uh, interesting film that I probably wouldn't have watched actually if it wasn't for having to do this, but, um, <laughs> you make it sound like it's such I, a bad thing having to do this. God damn. I know. God damn it. But, um, what made you watch it? Did you see someone's rating was high on it or something or what? No, I was just going through the list on Letterboxd. It's like, oh, that looks interesting. I think I'll watch that one. I don't remember what I and, did. Uh, Eric's going to be happy. Yeah, I'll definitely be. I, I actually want to pick this I up now this from movie. Scorpion or Rowan, whatever the hell it is. But I Scorpion. give it an 8.5 out of 10. If you haven't seen Tower of Evil, do yourself a favor and check it out. It's actually pretty damn good. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I get, actually my rating was 7.5 on it. So Nice. Interesting. All right. Uh, number two. I'm very happy that it showed up on another list and that a bunch of you saw it and really liked it because I was afraid that nobody was going to bring this film up, and that is Crawl Space. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I had this oh. in your number one. God damn it. Uh, it Jeremy, was... Jeremy, this and my number one were flipping back and forth for a oh, long time. Dude, was... I had it. Brandon, Crawl Space. <laughs> it was, it was close. I absolutely, this is... I don't even know if you can necessarily even call this a horror film. The most horrific element of this film is, is that somebody's some... living in your fucking no, crawl space. It, it's <laughs> yeah, that the idea. It's the idea that an individual like Richard can be ignored and be sort of lost in society. And that's when I, I kind of mentioned when I was Dude, talking to Jeremy reason? earlier is that about, how you feel? about my brother's keeper, the documentary. Remember I told you to draw comparisons? Yeah, I was gonna that, draw it to that that whole power of evil actually because it has like, but you know there's you know there's not really a villain here. Richard is not a bad guy here, and when he yeah. is finally shown some love by um, Albert and Alice, it's you know it, it's heartbreaking because he gets this idea that that he's a part of this family, and that's the one thing that's been missing from their lives, as you talk about because you know they talk about how. Uh, Alice's sister is so cold and nasty, you know, talking about her, like, six children or whatever. And you could just tell there's a lot of love in this family, but they really wanted kids and probably weren't able to have them. And uh, so this is, like, their chance at having a family. And everything seems great, but, you know, at this point, Richard is just, I mean, he's just, I don't want to say too far gone, but he's just, he's accustomed to, like, having it his way. Or, or or no he's way at all. Yeah, he's a child. Yeah, it's, exactly. He's a child yeah. in an adult body, and he becomes increasingly violent. And even though it escalates to the point it does, I, I never felt like he was going to hurt this family. Mm. Even even the way it plays out, I still don't think he would have hurt them. But uh, that ending, oh, man. That made me sad. That, that brought a tear to my eye. That very last shot, when you see what, what he put in the... Uh, in the windowsill, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was just absolutely pussy. Fantastic! <laughs> you got no heart. A tear to my eye. No, you man. got no heart. 
You got no heart. He wasn't going to hurt the family, man. They were fucking feeding his ass. Letting him live there. (laughs) You got no heart. It was beyond that. It was the first time he felt love in his life. What's even more haunting is that, you know, here's a guy who's probably, what, in his his early 20s? And you know he's living in the cave at this point. But where did he come from? Yeah. 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 The less we know about him, the more disturbing this film is. And like you said, it's a TV movie, so it runs very short. It's like, I think it's like an hour and 15 minutes max. So terrific film developing characters, especially three really strong characters in that short amount of time. Crawl Space, 1972, great film. Needs a uh, needs a, a, a nice release. Re-release, uh, yeah. A re-release or a Oddly or enough, oddly enough, that was fucking Wild Eye that released that movie. I yeah. said that, you dickhead. Yes, you did. Don't yes. you listen to anything I say? Dude, Jeremy I was did. taking a piss. He did say when, when Wild Eye wasn't putting out shit. He did say that. And this is another 9 I out of 10. I was taking a piss, man. For show. Were you taking the piss or taking a piss? Both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, j- just an update. Nobody on the page predicted four or more of our number ones. I was just going through and and nobody... Everybody has been eliminated from that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crazy. All right. Some Carl. people were some people guess like weird shit for me. Like somebody guessed that Solange would be my number one. Somebody guessed Season of the Witch for me. I think Zaza did. Really? That was a weird one. Wow. Which I really liked, but it didn't make my list. Whose turn? Come on. Carly's. Okay, so number two, I think only one other person mentioned this one, and it is Private Parts. Nice. Oh, wow. Fuck. What? That was my number nine. I was talking about how I like this one. You're like, yeah, I had a problem with the end. And I'm like, oh, so she didn't. That's why when you brought it up, I was like, I didn't. I, I was like, I didn't think it was a huge deal, dude. Plus, I didn't want to give away. <laughs> anyway, but um, yeah, besides that, like, last little ending bits that I don't know, maybe has a reason, but I just don't know. It's, um, I thought this was a great movie. Um, I kind of watched it after watching a bunch of movies I didn't really care for. And uh, I'd never even heard of this movie before. And the title just kind of sounded like it was going to be stupid. But I was just really amazed by it. Um, I think the main girl you're following kind of really uh, helps to drive the movie because she's just very um eccentric and um it's got one of my favorite settings which is the hotel setting or just apartment setting those two types of settings are some of my favorites and uh you just have all these interesting side characters and uh like was said earlier you have some weird visuals like with the you know blood injections that that scene kind of makes me cringe but um Overall, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty fun movie. Love the setting. Love the main girl. 8.5 out of 10. Nice. 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 Yeah. Is any? I still have three left that I'm in on. Wow. Yeah, I only have in. Brandon and Moods. A little I have bit. Carly, Moods, and Brandon. I'm with Moods and JP. I have Moods. <laughs> fuck, fuck I was out in the first five or the I have five. moves left and I know what his last two are I just don't know uh, if I'm going to get the one that he picked alright 50-50 my number two is Sergio Martino's Your Vice is a locker god damn it only I have the key. <laughs> that's so gay <laughs> why 
She said it's your favorite Italian film. How the hell is it number two and not one? Because my oh, favorite That's number one is not Italian. Favorite. Hold on. I never said this is my favorite Italian film. Where says it on Letterboxd. Says it on Letterboxd. Says it's my favorite or one of my favorites. Um, I'll have to look. Even if probably it says that, his number one is probably not Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it isn't. <laughs> Um, so, I, yeah, I honestly didn't re- know that you fucking love this movie that much. God damn it, probably. Oh, yeah, do you not remember when I was praising it? In yeah, our I do, but it? I just, I, for some reason, I, I don't know. Fuck. And I gotta start yeah. listening to your show again. Yeah, this, <laughs> this one is... Uh, I, I love the, the, the black cat story. Um, I love how, you know, the cat loses its eye and you keep seeing it throughout the film. It's creepy and then i love the end how like the reveal and you know i i love that it's fucked up it's weird you know it's the the edwidge is in there and she's like this dude's niece and or whatever you love this film because there's a little bit of incest going on well exactly a little bit there's a lot of incest going on related by blood though but still it's the principal at that time though man no he is he's he's related to her that's incest i'm talking about her yeah 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 yeah, and yeah. then like the yeah. lesbian seduction thing, and um, I kind of like Edgewood with uh, shorter hair a little. Why bit. didn't they kiss? Exactly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. See, but you're not seeing, man. He's flicking the cooter, man. He's <laughs> flicking the cooter. All, all you gotta do is watch Black Swan. And that's how you do it right. Well, fucking Black Swan. Jesus. I do Black love Swan. Me too. It's pretty. Good. Anyway, yeah. Uh, We've talked about it. Uh, I really dig it. Check out our review. We go in depth on it too. I gave it a nine out of ten. Same rating that I had before. I've seen this about four or five times now. Awesome. Coo coo coming in at number deuce. Please, please, please. For myself, directed by, and actually Fulci. the second time he makes my top ten, Sergio Martino. Ooh, yes, I'm still mine. Your vice is a locked room, and only I have the key. Really, we have the same number two? Yep. Man, I fucking love Black Cat stories. As you guys might recall, I think my favorite film from Masters of Horror Season 2 was the Black Cat. And that, so good. So good. I love this story, the way this story is told. It's almost like it's in two parts, Mm -hmm. you know? And I love that about it. They they didn't go like the conventional way and just tell the story like, you know, the way it's been told a million times. They go out of their way and do this and it has so many damn twists and turns at, at the end of the film. It's like ridiculous. But the court, like what it turns out to be is amazing. It's totally fucking awesome. My only, my only gripe on this film, and I actually laugh at this part every single time I watch the movie, is the scene where they're, where they're on the fucking motorcycle and they hit the oil slick the way yeah. the way it's shot and edited is so bad like yeah. t- like it's really really bad <laughs> it feels like a slapstick comedy it does man it's just it's yeah. martino's shot so much better stuff and he's done the whole film is really good up to that point and you're just like oh, dude really it, it's hard to shoot that though and like you need well, a professional stunt driver that's what i'm saying if you hire stunt drivers then you can actually shoot it with them literally falling off the bike and getting all fucked up and shit but it i know happens but so it's, fast. i think because you have two people that's where it's like gets yeah. difficult because you're like actually have someone else's life in your hands. It is a little bit comical, though. <laughs> yeah, no, it, there's probably other ways to do that scene 
it's yeah it, it doesn't look good <laughs> no it really doesn't actually and it's such a shame too because you're getting all these twists and turns at that time and then then we get another one at the end it's fucking awesome man i didn't know that you liked this movie that much. oh i do man I, I don't know what it is man it's it's you know ironically enough I, i've watched a lot of you know versions of poe's black cat story and fulci being my favorite director actually has one of the weaker versions of the story it's way down my list yeah you know um just call them how i see them you know what i'm saying but this one is it's phenomenal it's great fennec is amazing um anita streisberg is fucking awesome in it uh rashomon's awesome the music's amazing by bruno nicoli again it's just full package deal great great storytelling Nine and a half out of ten. Awesome. Um, before we get into our ones. Why are you confused? Because I still have two movies left that you should have on your list. But the story of... <laughs> <laughs> Unless I wasn't paying attention to one. <laughs> really? There's two, movies, there's two movies left that I know you love. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, maybe I know... you don't love one as much as I thought. <laughs> oh, well, there's one. I think, I think we probably all picked the right one. For and yeah, I, I'm thinking yeah. I did. A top possession of Joe Laney, like you thought he was going to be. I think, ah. I think that my number one might have been probably the easiest one to pick. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's randomize here for another giveaway. Another giveaway! Uh, so this is for the people who didn't. Who sucked at guessing worse than us sucked at guessing our number ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're just gonna do a ra- actually, you know what? We'll save that one because I didn't count how many people there are yet. So we'll do the the Twitter one first. Um, which let's go ahead and randomize, and the winner is eleven. So let me see here. One. Please two, go faster than that. Four, <laughs> five. Six, seven, nine, <laughs> ten, fifty-seven, eighty-six. I, I thought he was going to say fifty cent there for a second. But. Uh, Jim Cornelius, also Canadian, I believe. Nice. Yeah. Less and less fucking international forms to fill out. Amazing. And if you stop by Will's house, just swing by uh, Don Cornelius' Because <laughs> you know it's just up the street, right? <laughs> What's his name? Don Cornelius? Don no, Cornelius. it's actually not at all. It's it's Cum Aurelius. <laughs> so, um, I always um, just call him John Is Cor- he really Cornelius? Canadian? I think, isn't he? I'm not sure, dude. I, I don't know. I could uh, be wrong. Probably not with my luck. Fuck. International. Well, he's a Toronto Raptors fan, judging by his... Oh, maybe he is. Oh, isn't everyone now? <laughs> Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> Speaking of that shit, man, that I true, fucking man. forgot that they shot Big Poppy, bro. The hockey game is going on right now, and it's the Blues in, might win the cup. It's no, out. it's over Bruins. Oh, is it, oh, really? I haven't checked my phone. But did you hear what else happened? I've been watching it, the dude. Whole time. I know. I just fucking saw that two seconds ago. What the hell is up with that? I know. Who shoots Big Poppy, man? What does that mean? In his, been... in his own country, too. And considering he's a goddamn legend and god there. I don't get what that means. David Ortiz? Oh, that's right. He's the baseball hater. Okay. Uh, that explains Man. why I don't know what's well, going on. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully he's going to be okay because, well, he's a Hall of Famer. He just retired. He'll, he'll be in the Hall of Fame in a couple years. Anyway, are we going to say who, what we think is each other's number ones? Uh yeah sure, 
Um, so I'm still I, I picked Sisters for Jeremy. I'm off on that. I have three left. I picked Don't Torture a Duckling for Moods, as which I assume everybody else did. Yes. Brandon, I was really the toss up. I went for private parts. And then Carly, I went with Deliverance. Don't tell me if I'm right yet. Deliverance. Well, well, I had Brandon, Possession of Joel Delaney, Jeremy's Sisters, JP, Tales of the Crypt, and Carly, Tales of the Crypt, because I changed it from the other. All right. I had Duckling for Moods, uh, Feist for JP, Crawl Space for Brandon, hmm. and Images for Carly. God, your picks are so much better than mine. Yeah, I had Images for Carly, Sisters for Jeremy, Duckling for Moods, and Last House for JP. I had Private Parts for Jeremy. For Moods, I actually had Duckling, and I changed it to What Have You Done to Solange. (laughs) And then JP, I had Deliverance, and Brandon, I had no idea, so I just put Tales from the Crypt. All right. All right. Are you guys ready? Yes. My number one is Private Parts. Yeah. Really? Fuck, dude. What, what the? That's fu- second obvious one, though. I had no idea. Even if you gave me four more guesses right now, I wouldn't have said private parts for him. Why? Sexually I, frustrated I, weirdo in a. Ah! Come on. It's just <laughs> I watched Jeremy's live streams. <laughs> oh, that's it. And dude, she did just say she had private parts. JP just broke it down uh, perfectly. He just broke it down perfectly. Just, oh, my God. Yeah, How did exactly. I not think of this, man? Have I'm you fucking not listening stupid. To this top 50? Every I'm, film that he loves is about some sexually frustrated dude, weirdo. I'm as stupid as I look. Really. That's <laughs> fucked up. Jesus, I, like a movie I hope our number ones don't say anything about us because then I'm really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what can be said about private parts that already hasn't been said? It's just a fun movie. All these characters in this hotel are so quirky and yeah, strange and bizarre. And you just love to spend more time with them even though they're fucking weirdos. It's just... It's just such a weird kind of movie that I can't really think about any other movie at the time that came out that's pretty similar to it. And even like this guy that's obsessed with fucking this blow-up dial filled with water and blood. It's like I can't really think of any other movie where we have a guy that's fucking a blow-up dial. And just the way that the the mother's trying to hide it from this uh, niece of hers and everything like that. And, uh, and the police is what it is, what it is. It's not the best part, but... Like I said, what really captivated me with this movie is the characters, and definitely that's like the highlight of this movie. Um, I love this movie. It's so fun. It's such a underrated, non-really-talked-about movie. I remember why I picked this up. Like Somebody was talking about it a while ago. I think it was um, Scotty, actually, when he was still making his videos. I remember him talking about this movie. I was like, I got to pick that up because that sounds... Bullshit, Pretty interesting. Dude. Bullshit, man. Cool Duder used to talk about this movie all the time. Oh, really? Yeah. 100%. And, like, it's old, you were, old And you were a five, big Cool Duder fan, so. 500-pound oh. days, man. He used to always praise Private Parts. I always, I always remember Cool Duder for two films. It was fucking Private Parts, and it was fucking Crawl Space. Those are the two. And fu- the Peanut Butter Solution. And, and Bad Ronald. Those are the fucking three movies. I man. remember Bad Ronald. Yeah, he talked about Private Parts lots of times. Yeah. yeah. But if you haven't seen Private Parts, check it out. It's fucking awesome. I give it a 9 out of 10. It's really good. I had a fun time watching it. It's one of the first movies I watched, too, and it's still held up throughout 34 other movies. So uh, check it out. It's good. Wow. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, 
All right, uh, mine's a well. You know what, Moods? I know you said you might have figured it out. Do you want to take a guess what you think it was? Well, I was having this weird epiphany that if you did this, it's kind of cheating because I don't really know if it even qualifies because it's short. But the La Cabina. Oh, the phone box. I'm glad you brought that up because I did not count it, but that short film from 1972 was fantastic. I, I fully admit I misrated it. I gave it an 8. I should have gave that shit like a 10 out of 10. That's one of the best I think, shorts. I, never, I didn't watch it. It's, it's fantastic. It's probably, it really I'm not even joking, it's one of the best short films I've ever seen. How, how long is it? Like 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Uh, it's absolutely motherfucking terrifying. Yeah, it's awesome. one of the best short films Damn I've it. ever I'm seen. Have to check that out. Ever seen before. And so like, what you're saying is it's the best thing that came out in 72. <laughs> it might, it actually it's, might it's be. It's better than the, uh, the son raping the father movie. <laughs> it's so good, man. It's, oh, fuck, dude. You didn't answer. Is it better than the son raping the father movie? Oh, the Ari Aster film? I was wondering okay. what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what is he talking about? He's the talking John- about the Ari Aster short the, film. The Johnson movie or whatever Carly, did you watch The Phone Box? I did not. I didn't even hear about it. Yeah. See, that's... we started the 72 chat way too late. We should have started it from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really solid, right. man. Like, I'm so... talking freaky, freaky shit, man. All right. So, what's brand? All right. Here we go. My number one is a Giallo, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. It is, to me, the most underrated Giallo, period. It's Tonino Valeri's My Dear Killer. Never seen it. Also, <sighs> also. Also scored by Ennio Morricone. I think it's the best score. Oh, of wait. All yeah, Giallo. I did. I watched that one. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> did you watch my it? Kill- yeah, I did. You know, you know what's funny? I didn't get – it's actually sitting right at the top of my list, and I never got to rewatch it. I kind of ran out okay. of time. But I I saw this film a long time ago. This is one of the first Giallos I ever saw. Greatest and opening then, scene ever. And then I never remembered what it was. And I remember once I joined your group page, I started asking about – What's that film, that Italian film with the mirror rolling down the hill? That's all I remember. Mm-hmm, What's the mirror? Mm-hmm. And it took forever, and eventually somebody told me. I'm like, yes, that's the freaking movie. And rewatching it this time, man, this movie is just dark, disturbing, atmospheric. The kills, the opening kill is goofy as hell. When the dude, uh, it's one of the best scenes ever. Though. It's great. <laughs> like he doesn't even lift his arms to attempt to grab at the bulldozer. <laughs> He's literally just hanging by his head, like fifty it's feet amazing. in the air. <laughs> it's so. But you gotta admit though, it's creative as fuck, though, right? It, it is. Some shit like is. that, yeah. yeah. And it's just a great like. Almost like a cat and mouse type giallo, where where the killer's always one step ahead of the uh, inspector, Inspector Peretti, played by. Uh, Excuse me, by George Hilton, mm-hmm. who's terrific in it, and it you know he connects that the uh, insurance uh, investigator's uh, death is related to an old case of a little girl who was who disappeared and died died of starvation. And, See, uh, one one of my favorite types of giallos, or like one of my favorite things in giallos, is where it almost it's like the detective narrative is heavily focused on and. It's a well-written story with like clues and stuff, like you, like as like when they're solving like the woman that was hanging and stuff. It, like I like that stuff, and I feel like a lot of giallos like kind of slack on that aspect of actually having like a good, well thought out like murder mystery. Yeah, but I remember when watching the. Honestly, this one, I 
I kind of watched it at a bad time. You know what I mean? I was into it, but I kind of fell out of it a little bit. So I would probably want to rewatch this one mm. since you liked it so much. But it, I remember yeah, it, it's definitely it was I, pretty good. Yeah. It's terrific because everything does come together and make perfect sense. It and does. Yeah. It's something you actually can figure out without really knowing if you can get yourself inside the mind of a child and what the ultimate clue is, which you know what it you know what it relates to very early on. You know what's missing and what what the clue is. Mm-hmm. But like, what's on that clue? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. if you just think from a child standpoint, like that last big reveal, and every character that's that's suspect in here, with the exception of the mother, who's completely mentally broken at this point, which is why she's still a suspect as well, because she might have, you know, killed her child, and now she's just a, you know, a, a mental case. But every every uh, family member is either a pedophile or just a, a sleazeball, and it, it's just. It could be anyone, and I love that, that there's just so many, so many different uh, suspects throughout, and this obviously has the scene that you'll never, never see in a movie today when the pedophile is uh, getting ready to paint the naked girl, and she must be like 11 years old, and she just comes skipping into the room completely naked. Full frontal nudity of an eleven-year-old girl. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, this is this is really uncomfortable, but it's it is what it is. I mean, I guess this was Italy in 1970s. <laughs> but uh, that the way coming from the guy out, who just made a joke about well, I mean, having sex with well, that's people. why I said I hope our number one films aren't saying anything about the type <laughs> like, of people we are because otherwise I'm fucked. Let, let's face it. Let's face it, man. There's there's a good half a dozen films from 72 that are definitely films that you just are in and well i should say in scenes too that probably would not well not probably they wouldn't be able to do today yeah, yeah. you know what the peeper saw is one of them yeah that's the yeah. one i think we were all thinking of. yeah <laughs> yeah this one too and i know, did like what the peeper saw it is yeah. it's, it's really good yeah that little kid i just wanted to fucking punch him in the face <laughs> little fucker right? this one yeah. this one plays out so well and, and yeah. the the, the big reveal at the end is, is perfect and it's haunting and the last image is just like ingrained in your head because it's just the the final clue as to you know what what uh ultimately led to the killer being captured so mm-hmm. who didn't see that one jeremy and carly yeah. ah fuck you jeremy <laughs> actually i saw every single one ha you, did, you didn't see shit either i missed two you missed three fuck off Keeping track. Wonder what kind of parent be like. Yeah, you could paint my naked eleven-year-old. Dude, I'm so uncomfortable in that scene. I'm like, they don't even. They don't need that scene. Nah, D- Joel Delaney's more uncomfortable for me, man. No, you know what? The Joel Delaney scene. You don't really see anything, so. It's but you sort of. But you do though. A little bit, but it's. You see nephew's watched... nuggets. Nephew's nuggets. Very, very little bit. But it's there. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> who, who, uh, who's turn? Carly? Right. Yep. All right. So my number one is Nailed it. Deliverance. Nailed it. No yeah. way. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. This is a top ten. Is Deliverance a horror film? Yeah. I absolutely. I knew that some people probably would be would not count this one, but I mean, this is one I forgot. I actually, I saw this when I was really young. Actually, my dad 
showed me this one. And I always, I even liked it back then. I remember being pretty mesmerized by it. And I just think like, uh, you know, you can argue it's more of an adventure type of movie, whatever, but I just think the situation these characters wind up in is terrifying. I mean, they're just a group of friends and they go on this trip and they just go out to have a nice relaxing time. And then they come out of it just completely changed by the horrible events that they um, are put through and the actions that they have to deal with for the rest of their lives. And, um, you know, I think that in itself makes it horror. And of course there's that famous scene in it that is also just um, really hard to watch. And, uh, you know, there's just um, a lot of parts towards the end that I find to be pretty eerie. And Was that um, the uncle's nuggets? <laughs> maybe. It might, yes. I agree that it's horror. I really do. I think uh, I think this is like a, it's, it's a rape revenge film. It's, essentially <laughs> it, it is. Really really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is yeah. is this any less horror than what have you done to Solange? No, I actually, like, I was joking with Carly. I genuinely am fine with this counting as horror. <clears throat> I, I personally didn't count it, but I'm, I can't argue. Or Sisters, or Frenzy, like, I don't know. Yeah, it, honestly. It, like, yeah, I have no problem with this. I movie. mean, these are all borderline. I mean, in my mm, opinion, Giallo's are a subgenre of, the, of horror in general. They're murder mysteries, they're... Yeah, and they're, I they're, consider... they're pretty much pre, you know, they're the proto slashers in a sense, right? I mean, the slasher comes from giallos, right? So I think that I Deliverance is, you know, rape films are a subgenre of horror and also survival horror, which is, you know, people yeah. hunting other people to me is, you know, horror. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, most dangerous game esque stuff. Mine and Jeremy's trip to fucking Cinema Wasteland was like a like a remake of Deliverance. <laughs> yeah, you made me squirrel like a piggy that's for sure so, right in my bunghole the only thing about this movie is I do agree JP mentioned it in his review how the ending the dude who gets raped he's just kind of fine and he's just eating food like nothing happened and I do feel like that really wouldn't play out that way I think you'd be pretty I, messed it's, up it's, honestly it's I, th- I, I think he's in shock yeah, I think he's too. in shock I don't at all. I think he's he so is. so chill. He's no, just like I think that's food. part of it. And that's I why. also think... He's so, I, he's so what, chill that I he's think. in shock. Yeah. I think that what it's supposed to do is show you that this guy, that how people handle trauma differently. Mm-hmm. The guy who killed someone is more shooken up over that than the guy who was raped. And it's just... It shows that this guy can't handle the trauma as well as the other guy. Well, he maybe he hasn't fully grasped exactly what's happened to him too, but I think <laughs> he I think he's in shock from it though, to be honest. I mean having having a he Peter just doesn't look having shock. a Peter in your butthole, man, unwillingly. I know, but what what cool, indication man. do you get that it's shock? That he's just not that reacting. He, that he's, that he's not hysterical. That he's not like he's not pissed off. He's not fucking showing that raw anger, emotion, and shit like that. I think that so being, what would the being overly be? chill. Honestly, dude, if I if I saw him, like, dude, I would just leave him be, man. He's in shock. Like, he needs to get over this shit. And and then you know so, what's going to happen? He's going to come out of his shock, and then he's going to be super fucking angry that some so dude what, just what pulled his asshole. And what sword. would the difference be between playing it as in shock versus playing it as if it didn't affect you really. Same. That's my issue. It's the same exact performance. 
Well, not necessarily. But I mean, it's not really an issue. It. It's just something I've observed because I, mm-hmm. I think that what like what I said, it, it's to show the difference effects of trauma. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with it. But I'm just saying, and also like, I think that it's horror because of the way that like the 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 final jump scare scene, like that is straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, that always know? creeped me out. <clears throat> but, but yeah, so. I gave this one a nine out of ten. Awesome. Cool. Did I rate my dear filler? No. No. I don't think so. Uh, nine and a half out of ten. Nice. All right. All right. Uh, my number one is also Deliverance. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty easy guess. I'm surprised neither of you guys. Honestly, I was not even considering it to be on anyone's yeah, list. That's, yeah, that's I mean, why. Right. I left it off my <laughs> list. I just. I don't talk. understand why. I think I think it's because when we had this conversation, even on the podcast, and made everybody pools about agreed it, that I won. But I was kind of no, they didn't, dude. If you look at the page, people were like, "Yeah, I I, I didn't think that it was," but after listening to the review, I do think that it is. I th- because I, I, I think I, it has I, horror it elements. Is, I, I don't think the movie it. as a whole is a horror film. I mean, the best scene in the movie is the fucking dueling banjos. Man, come on. <laughs> That's it's a good scene. It's hard. about these these fools who come in and they're kind of disrespecting their territory. That this and and that happens so often in horror films, right? Like you see that with with teens in slasher films come in and like disrespect or disregard the locals, mm-hmm. and then bad things happen to them. It's mm-hmm. classic horror setup. The only difference is there's a couple of scenes with adventure music playing like going down rapids that's what we said before it's the way it's Mm -hmm. shot it's it's the presentation of the music it's the cinema it's just it has this kind of overly happy feel to it before the shit starts going down i don't know it just doesn't present itself even after the traumatic shit happens i don't really find it to be overly horror to me it seems like it turns into survival action or a drama in a sense you know so what do you think is horror about like your vice is a locked room and i have the key over deliverance well it's because it's it's the aspect of the way the killings are happening right okay i mean i i mean yeah i i think that the the, the, there's a little bit more killings i guess but Mm -hmm. um i mean this film has you know some some fucked up moments and also some i mean it's more more people survive in this one i guess so it's like there's not the people aren't getting killed but they're getting tormented i mean let's face it man if dude gets raped and there's only like one survivor in the end and everyone kind of gets slaughtered like the huge kind of bad i don't know i think it might turn into a little bit more horror i mean i'm not i'm not completely against the idea of it being a horror film at all you know it definitely has those it has things in there that are presenting it as a horror film. But I think as a whole product, I think it's, it's leaning towards more action adventure, um, than, than horror. It has a horrific moment in it for sure. And it ends with a horror moment. This one's like scarier. Uh, It's also the fact that it's scary to me. Like it's wrong turn, you know, going out into the woods and then some, you know, Virginia people fucking with you. Like, you know, and it's not just the rape that's horrifying. It's the way they basically, you know, capture or like force these people to to do, you know, they they hold them hostage essentially for a second. It's it's creepy when all that happens. And then mm. um, 
obviously like there's the revenge aspect that happens uh later on in the film which is you know standard for horror revenge films and and stuff like you know, that oddly enough man i think if the soundtrack was a little bit darker and you know had a little bit different cinematography and stuff but i think if the if the person that did the raping <laughs> was was the banjo kid i think it, I, I would fully classify it as a horror film because i mean it's yeah. fucked up looking and shit man i mean that to me represents a horror villain you know, it, it's mm-hmm. different because when you look at somebody that looks nor- like just a redneck or whatever, I don't consider it to be horrid. I, I, I mean, it's it's a terrible situation. You don't want some redneck fucking harsh. dick in your butt. That's mm-hmm. terrible. But I, honestly, dude, if the banjo kid was fucking raping your ass. I don't know, man. I, ju- I just think that like it's, it feels a little bit more wrong turn like, at that moment. If you've ever it? been to like Virginia, which, you know, I have or, or anywhere that's like deep, deep into this type of territory like man you just see some weird looking motherfuckers man mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and it's creepy dude and especially like i don't think that people realize how fucking vast the woods are sometimes but dude it's fucking scary if well, you're in the fucking woods and just i i live in the woods <laughs> i know it's like, bc is just all fucking forest right so i do i i get but, it anyway. yeah so um, I mean, I get the arguments completely. I have no I problem with it, that being number one. Yeah. I, I give it, And also, I just literally think this is the best, you know, if it is horror, this is the, to, in my opinion, the best horror film that I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's also my favorite. So once again, that doesn't always line up for me, but my favorite and best lined up. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I gave it a nine out of ten. As Joe Bob says, the greatest redneck movie ever made. Yeah, Joe Bob knows what's up. I mean, you can't really... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely there. So, all right, number one. Coming from my man. Falchi. Lucio Falchi. <laughs> Don't torture a duckling. So, who was right? How many did you get right? I got two right. I got one. one. I got two right. The Who'd hip- you get right? Carly? Me. Jeremy and you. Fuck. Damn, Jeremy, <laughs> that's fucking good. I got uh, over yeah, four. I, pretty... I, I don't think I've ever guessed someone's number one. Okay. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've got more than two ever. No, I might have with Scream. I don't think I've even got one. I'm terrible. Oh, man. You got your own. I did. So yeah, I, the um Fauci. the hypo- the hypocrisy of religion, man, showcased at an insanely high level, man. I, I you know, when Fulci put out Don't Torture a Duckling, man, he took a lot of motherfucking heat. Because this was taboo. This was straight up taboo shit. You didn't talk about the hypocrisies and, you know, the dark side of, you know, the Catholic religion and shit like that. Especially in Italy. In Italy, yeah, right. One of the most Christian, the motherfucking country, Catholic rather, yeah, run by the Catholics, right? This movie is a big fuck you. Wanted people to know what was really going on within that religion. Took a lot of heat for it. It took a lot of balls to do this film. Like I said, it was super taboo. Nowadays, it's a lot more publicized. We understand that this shit has been going on for a long time. But this is, you know, one of the very first films to really kind of point the finger at, you know, what was really going on within that uh, that religious factor, right? And I think it's fucking phenomenal, man. It's very ballsy to do a film like this. And, 
you know, throwing the whole witch aspect in there. And like Brandon even said before that, that man, that scene is just, it fucks me right up. Yep. She takes it so bad. And that scene is absolutely brutal, man. But I love it, man. I love the development of this film. Like, like JP said, man, it's, it's a very straightforward film, but this was the point of it because he wanted, I mean, why confuse people when you're trying to make a point, right? The social commentary here is obviously out in the forefront. Yeah, and it still works in terms of of being a a, uh, a good mystery. It does. It definitely yeah. does. It, that's what I mean. You know, putting that witch aspect in there and stuff that was, that was really yeah. cool. And there, there's um, enough suspects there, and and the the whole uh, the whole different storylines that. That, well, that we have we have the, the the drug dealer girl, you know, who's all in trouble with the law and shit. And fuck, she's hot, man. Barbara Boucher. Yeah, she's hot. super hot, dude. Yeah, like, she's stunning. Oh, insanely beautiful. I, I like how we developed. This, I, I think all, like all pound for pound, Italian girls are like so much hotter than American girls in in oh, the seventies. I know, dude. Like, there's so it's many crazy. Good, so many good ones, man. Like oh. even even the Hammer Girls. I mean, between the yeah, Hammer, no, girls, Hammer too. Like oh. the Hammer American Girls slacked. and the Italian films, everybody's <laughs> fucking stunning. Uh, Americans slacked at showcase. We were p- too prudish or something. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you think, Carly? Of <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> of no what? Yeah, on the movie or like the lack of girls you like the girls too so no i don't actually i'm straight quite straight you know one thing about this movie i love too man of course i always mention this shit when i'm talking about these movies but is the music and it's done by riz or or ortolini who of course did cannibal holocaust scored that film um no i wouldn't really say this is one of his earlier films i mean he'd been doing scores for probably 10 15 years before this but uh it's awesome that he did the music for this it fits fucking perfect and it's just a. It's a really. Even by the end of this film, man, I feel I, it's draining, but I love it. You know, I it when you when you figure out what's going on, you're just like, God damn it, man. And I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that shit, man. It, it works on all levels for me. And you know, big props to Fault you for doing this shit, man. Because you know, like a lot of anal- or a lot of reviewers and things have said in the past, you know this is the type of film that, you know, kind of defined who he really was. You know, he was willing to, to take those shots, you know, within his own country and, and be almost <clears> crucified <throat> for it. You know, imagine if he would have made it to where the reveal was killing the kids because he was also molesting the kids that would have been fucked up, but he was, and... mo- but he was molesting the kids though. Oh, wait, what? Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the first kid was actually molested because they said was the second, you know, after the second murder, they're like, was he molested too? And they're like, no, this one wasn't touched. So he oh, was. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't totally miss that. Is yeah. that. Do you guys remember that? Did that I happen? actually even remember that. Yeah. Wow. So oh, he, shit. So he was, this, he was molested. I probably would have probably would have bumped this up if I knew that was the case. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. It's like, Fulci <laughs> was calling this shit how it was, man. Like, the church is molesting kids and they're doing all this fucked up shit and. I don't it think it's fair to say all the churches are molested. No, kids. of course not. But I mean, <laughs> but it's crazy when you think about it. I mean, this is like, you know, 40 something years ago. And he was calling it how it was back then. Very, very taboo. Mad props to this film. It's excellent. Cinematography is phenomenal. And again, we got to go back to the most amazing dummy death. What was that? <laughs> a heavy sigh. I heard it. Is that to be up in three hours? <laughs> You're not going to sleep. Dude, Why would do- you go to sleep? Dude, we're doing a show, man. Come on. 
<laughs> like should have took off work, dude. Like what yeah. the, what the fuck up? We all I took I, Carly took off work. This fucking guy takes a I fucking job sure while, recording, while, while we're recording a huge <laughs> Brand, fucking show. Brandon quit his job six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Dude, I quit, I quit my job a couple of weeks ago, too, just so I didn't have to fucking... <laughs> take yeah, priorities. <laughs> priorities, motherfucker, priorities. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, Florinda Balkan, man, she takes a fucking... Oh, it, it's got to be one of the most savage scenes ever. Yeah, just it's brutal. Those those the depiction uh, those... of her like, getting beaten, just chained and whipped. Oh fuck, dude! Those wounds are so nasty and brutal looking. Dude, the first hit when she gets nailed with that fucking two by four and it breaks her collarbone and her bone sticking uh, out of her fucking shoulder. You're just like, ah, oh, dude, what the fuck, man? Ugh. And even the horrifying aftermath when she crawls up and she finally reaches the road and you could see that that one family like sees her and they keep driving and they keep driving by and it's just like I know Fulci has this he can totally capture those great moments right fifty years later fifty years later nothing's fucking changed Uh, but um exactly my point that's why this movie's still so relevant today yes I think that like I think you don't feel as bad because like how she was like technically trying to kill kids. Am I right? Well, I mean, she believed that she had had. Yeah, but the, she the wanted him dead. Them. Like, if it if that shit really worked, she would. They would fucking. She would have killed three kids. It, it she, is, was a, she was a little crazy. It she is, was a crazy witch. It is lady. true, but but they tried to justify it too, man. They they desecrated her fucking kids, you know, grave and shit. I mean, at least she had a fucking viable reason, you know, to fuck yeah, up these yeah. kids. I mean, really, when you look at it, the priest is, you know, his reasons for doing it. He's. That's just absolute bullshit. It's bullshit, you know? So, the hypocrisy lives Let me guess. hard. 10 out of 10. No, nine and a half out of 10. I don't think it's really? perfect. I don't think it's perfect. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, as much as I love dummy deaths and shit, man. <laughs> so, I, I, I believe that we have zero Hall of Famers. Yeah, I'm putting, I'm putting my dear killer right in the Hall of Fame right now. All right, what do you mean? Don't torture, don't torture a duck and it doesn't make the Hall of Fame? Uh, what did you what 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 did you rate it, Brandon? Nine. Yeah. Jeremy. Eight. Yeah. No, it doesn't make it. In. And you guys. What if, didn't I, have what, it. what if I? I, I no, I rated I bump, eight point five. What if I bump mine up to a fifteen? Eight and a half. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. So not a single hall. See, and I don't. I think this is the only year we haven't had a hall of famer. So. Proves yeah, my point. That'd be you guys are throwing in fucking non horrors. Jeremy's pulling <laughs> private parts, pulling at his private parts from left field. <laughs> Desperate. It, it you know it proves that there was no Hall of Famers, but it doesn't it doesn't say you know it doesn't prove that there wasn't a lot of other solid films on here. It's too. almost it's almost fitting to what we were saying that there were no clear standouts that stood out. Yeah. Like, well, that's yeah. a ten yeah. out of ten, but there were so many solid films. I mean, my heart's beating. I wonder what we're gonna get. I personally thought that this year was <laughs> it was hard to make the top Subtle. ten list because the three films I had at nine that left off the list was Tales from the Crypt, Baron Blood, and The Asphyx. You know, I love those three films, and I was like, what "The fuck do I do, man?" But I'm like, "The Night Stalker" was one that's sticking out at the time. Did anybody watch The Devil? The Andre uh, Zalewski film. I didn't get to it. I had yeah. it. I had it ready. Yeah, I saw it. You watched it today. Yeah. Did Did you watch it, Jeremy? No. Man, it's pretty fucking interesting, man. It's actually a pretty good film. Um, it's a period so, piece, so I mean, but before before we get into like the end stuff, like the what we didn't see, the worst film we saw, 
um you know honorable mentions um let's do another one of those contests johns um and this one since nobody got four or more right it'll just be random with the people that entered so another random one here and it is 11 again so one two three (laughs) (laughs) counting twos four five six Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's Will. I don't think we should give Will another one. Let's no. let's read. Did he win again? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, we can't win just, two copies. Just drop off two yeah. copies when you reach his hand. <laughs> when you pass the fire, yeah, dude. I, dude uh, I, I can Bill, fucking see him right now. It's crazy. The winner is Bill Cassinelli on oh, on the second mafia. Mm. Bill. Oh, right on, right on. I like Bill, kind of. Yeah. Send him money. You're like you're like. All right, so uh, is there any films that you didn't get to, guys, that, that you think you should have? Frenzy, no. <laughs> well, now I now I wish I had to rewatch My Dear Killer. It was on my list to watch. I was just like, dude, uh, I mean, I watched a lot of goddamn uh, Giallos, man. Uh, the, to be, the one, to be the honest, man, one of the films I wanted to see that I couldn't find anywhere was The French Sex Murders. I watched that one. Did oh, you wait. Like- that, no, I watched Thirsty for Love, Sex, and Murder. Oh. That one sucked. Uh, Garden of the Dead was another one I wanted to get to. I couldn't find it. Actually, one of the more underrated ones. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, like, it's not going to make a top ten, but it yeah. is really fun. Yeah, that was about – I mean, I left – off. there's a bunch of films I've seen before. I Actually, I didn't end up rewatching The Red Queen Kill seven times either. Um, yeah. That's all right. I mean, I never did – I. you know what's funny? I started the stone tape. I got about sure. ten, I got about ten minutes into it, and I got sidetracked, and I just never went back to it. You, and, you didn't miss sucks, much. Anyway. And you know what else is funny? Yeah. I started Crimes of the Black Cat, and same thing fucking happened to me. I ended up not finishing the movie. So, yeah. I guess the main ones that I didn't get to was Season of the Witch. I started it and never finished it. Um, the one that Moods mentioned, that was in his top ten. I forget what it was called. Possession of Joel Delaney. That one, and then there was the other one that was in Mids' top ten. The f- I forget what it was. Night of the Devils or Images? Yeah, Night of the Devils, that one. I no, I got, the, I got the didn't have Joel Delaney. Did no, it? I didn't have Joel Delaney, oh. man. No. Uh, yeah. It's another film that was real on the cusp, man. You know. So. Yeah, I'm surprised. I really, I don't know why. I just felt like you really thought super high of it. I did. It, I, I did. I, I thought it was great. Yeah. And another one that I wanted to get to um but uh didn't is um the fuck's that one called um well i i'd seen it before but seven blood-stained orchids i didn't get a chance to revisit that one which yeah, is not- you know what man actually the rewatch on that one i liked it a lot more than i originally did that's a pretty good giallo man by Lindsay. not bad not bad Can- Cannibal Man was another one. <laughs> any of you guys have any? What the fuck are you uh, on yourself for? I'm pretty happy with what I've watched, um, <laughs> besides maybe the Possession film. But um, other than that, I feel Asphix, like... Asphix, Joel Delaney. Oh, you didn't yeah, see Asphix? I forgot about I loved that one. That Asphix one was is like... Absolutely great film, man. Yeah, that one was like... 
I really wanted. That's another one where I liked it a lot, but it, I only had it at seven point five, so it was like kind of out of contention. That's what I had for the aspects. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like it was I right really there. It was sitting there, going, oh, "What should I do with this one?" I love it though. It's great stuff. Actually, Tombs of the Blind Dead Man. It was another one. Uh, was the like, Cremators. Uh... Oh, that sucks. <laughs> no, that's the worst film I saw this year. Me too. My lowest rated. <laughs> no, nah, dude. What was the worst? The Night of a Thousand Cats is the worst movie. Dude, I but, gave that but, a two and a half. Out but of you know what? That that's an unfair. That's an unfair. Because that movie's cut by like thirty minutes, right? It's, it's, cut another it's hour. a fucking mess. It's a fucking mess. Like when you watch that film, you can tell there's shit cut right out of it because storylines just aren't connecting and fucking. Oh, that's bullshit, man. The worst the film of the year I watched: Blood Freak. Blood yes. Freak. Get oh. out of here. Blood Freak is fun. Fuck, dude, oh that movie God. is... Tr- I, I love the fact that they're trying... It's like a PBS special with this religious <laughs> shit in there. But it's like... Like, what the fuck is going on in this goddamn movie? It's pure hilarity is what it is. It's fucking yeah. terrible. One out of ten. I give it a one. Beware the blob. I give two and a half. That movie sucks. But Will has it as his fourth favorite. <laughs> Harley, it, yeah. it is. I thought it was kind of fun. I'm sorry. Oh, it was in your top ten for a while. Doctor Gore, <laughs> Doctor Gore. I gave three out of ten. Also, that was fucking uh, terrible. Man with, man with two heads. That's thirsty rough. for love, sex, and murder. Yeah. That one was pretty horrible. Man with two too. heads. I gave a four. But that's Blood Andy Milligan Sabbath. shit, though. Blood Sabbath sucks. Yeah. Uh, to me, the Cremators and Frankenstein '80 were the two worst films I've seen, and, and Stone Tapes. And I liked Frankenstein '80. What did you give bit. Stone Tapes? And that was a fucking feature. A that... four. Wow, crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then well, another, like, if we're gonna get into underrated ones, Three on a Meat Hook, I actually fucking liked, man. I don't care. Um, all the TV movies I saw were pretty good. Uh, also, the um, Tombs of the Blind Dead, man. That was in my top ten for such a long time. That was in mine. I really liked that. And then the one of the bigger surprises for me Godzilla was vs. Godzilla vs. Gigan. Yeah, I knew you were going to yeah, say <laughs> I really fucking liked that movie. It was awesome. And then I also really fucking liked Silent Night, Bloody Night. That's uh, you know, one. I didn't rewatch it because I knew it wasn't going to make my top ten. And I've, I don't know, man. I just I said fuck Images, it. Private Parts, Crawl Space... The other, those were in Asylum, were all in the cusp. Home for the Holidays, I thought was a solid fucking TV film. I did not. I watched that one twice and didn't care for it. Really, yeah, dude? Brave of the Vampire. I liked Gargoyles. When Michael Calls, I thought was okay. Crawl Space. Something evil. I'm surprised nobody had something evil, man. That was pretty good. Gargoyles. Like that That's some fucking like Spielberg it. shit right there, man. I liked Something Evil. Yeah, that one was good. I, I liked all the TV movies. Actually, Horror no, Express. Horror Express was okay. Yeah, that movie yeah. awesome. I love that movie. Actually, dude, one, one I feel is super underrated. Dude, dude, you watched I 58 watched the fifty-eight movie. I oh. totally didn't put Horror Express on. I'm a fucking beast, dude. You're almost up to me, dude. I stay off for another six hours. You might have seen every movie that came out that year. <laughs> dude, I'm fucking pumped. Did I anyone watch Cutthroat Nine? No. Yes. No. Love it. I fucking love it. Oh yeah. my god. See, see, Jeremy and J- they will never fucking listen to me, but that's fine. What? They're just, they're just missing because I fucking post. I even sent a picture to you guys. Look what I'm watching. Yeah, you Cutthroat's do that nine. too much. Cutthroat's nine was brutal and awesome. <laughs> Actually, one that one I think that's really underrated, man, is Beware My Brethren. Yeah, uh, another Vin- really good Vinegar one. Syndrome released that, and the transfer. Oh my god! Oh, another one I didn't stupid get to. good. Um, stupid. I have Dear Dead Delilah on 
Blu-ray and I didn't watch it. I didn't uh, realize it until today that I had it on Blu-ray. That's a good movie. That's a really good that, one. That's a really, really good solid film, man. Um, what was the other one I was going to... I also like Man from Deep River. That was good. Oh. And Night of Leopards. I did like Night of Leopards. Grave of the Vampire. Yeah. Brandon, you watch Grave of the Vampire. Yeah, right? another one. These All these films solid. that you're watching now are like seven to seven and a half. Exactly. That I got Grave of the Vampire seven, but it has this great fucking uh, scene in a in a cemetery yes. <laughs> amazingly shot man awesome yeah totally good shit yeah mm-hmm. all right is it time i think it is time please don't be 97 for the love of fucking fucks do we have all any right. more drawings to do or no uh just the one this who, whoever picks this correctly oh okay um so yeah as we know what what are you not what do you want and what do you not want I want like 2010 or 11. That'd be cool. I want 1990 to 93. Yeah, that'd be good. I want one of those four years. I want 80s or 2000s, anything. I don't want 2000s at all. There's like 10 million films. (sighs) Honestly, man, maybe 2000. What is it? Seven or eight is like a really damn good solid year. I think it's seven. But, seven. But Seven's honestly, there, there, there's a lot of previous years in the 2000s that are pretty weak. I was looking 2003 is pretty good. There's no, some... like 2000, 2000, 2001, two, like anything like 2005 and up is pretty fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't mind 2000s. Or, I don't know. Early, I think 90, early 90s six, sounds good. 2006, 2006 didn't seem that great. 2006, back. I don't remember. Doesn't <laughs> matter what but, you want. <laughs> I mean, I'd obviously be happy with anything 80s. I mean, that's just a fucking, that's just cakewalk, really. But All right. make it Personally, interesting. I would, 90s. I would love something Let's go to the either 90s. in the 90s or the uh, like anywhere in the 2000s. Watch it be 1973. <laughs> 70s no, are out, dude. 70s are out. This fucking guy. Oh my we don't God. have this 70s. Motherfucking What's guy. the old year that got picked? Oh, oh yeah, 60. Yeah, 1960 is the old year this but time. You, but you know, oh. you do understand what's going to happen here. We had fucking. We're gonna we, get we, 2012. No, we're, get, we're gonna get 1992 or 2012. 92. Why couldn't it be 93? Ninety-two. Because we've done 82, 2002, oh, 72. It has to be 92 right now. It could be 2000, and that's the that's the the first or our, the last our, year in the 2000s. Last right? show. What was our last show? 82. The show before that. 76. The show before that. 86. It's fucking ridiculous. It is weird. This randomizer is strange. I'm calling 2008 strange. right now. 2008. That's what I'm calling. Okay. I'm going to call. I'm going to say we're going to get 1981. I'm doing 95. Oh, my God. We can only hope. That's amazing. I, don't, I, I would prefer later 80s years than early. I'm going to say. too much. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say 1989 is going to come up. Oh, I was going to say that. Um, okay, okay. I'll change my. I'll, I'll say 91. 91. All right. Ready? Oh God! I'm do scared. It. I'm do on it. Google. I'm on Google, ready to go. Well, no, you don't do it because you suck it. You just list stuff and don't give us a chance to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right, five, four, three, two, one, and the winner is eighty-five. Nice. Ooh. Who said? Did somebody guess eighty-five? No. no. Ooh, oh. there's some good stuff. Wait, before you do that, let me just see who won this. 84, 81, 69, 84. People, I said, nobody guessed the same thing. Everybody starts guessing the same thing. <laughs> um, Dale Roller. Dale 
Roller. Oh, okay, cool. Yes, that was cool. Oh, I don't right. know who that is. So, in 1985, we have The Bad Seed, Day of the Dead, uh, Classic, Cat's Eye, Demons, The Doctor and the Devil. Hold on! You keep doing this. I can't take it in. Why can't I pick the fucking... Uh, Nothing's coming up when I search it. This is bullshit. Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Nice. Fright Night. Doctor and the Devils. That's a, that's a great one. Fright Night. Right now. This is number one. Coolies. <laughs> or Day of the Dead. <laughs> Hills Have Eyes Part 2. The Howling 2. Elm Street 2. Life oh, Force. Uh, the Mutilator. Yeah. Nailgun Massacre. Return of Living Dead? Fuck, bro. Oh my god, can I fucking... Re- no, you can't. Not- you suck at it. I already Nightmare told you. Two. Phenomena, phenomena. I know. Phenomena? Fright oh, Night. Fuck, dude. This Fright is gonna be good. Reanimator, bullet, Reanimator, yes. The Return of the Living Dead, Silver Bullet, The Stuff, Fucking Demons, which is in our Hall of Fame. Oh, that's some good stuff. What's yeah. Warning Sign? Dude, seriously, crazy. like we're talking like Phenomena Data, like dude, come on, man. Reanimator, Fright Night, Return of the Dude, stupid stacked. House. Dude, this is gonna be hard to get ten in there, man. And then we got Evils <laughs> of the Night, Howling Deuce. Dude, they got fucking Life Force. I'm watching it six times. No, you're not. <laughs> that movie's fucking. Guinea Pig. Guinea Pig film came out in '85. Damn. You know what's cool, man? The Midnight Hour. That's a movie that needs a fucking re-release so bad. It's like top of my list, man. What's it called? The Midnight Hour. It's a TV Halloween film from 19, well, obviously 1985. <laughs> Uh, this will be this will be fun to go into the gems like the stuff that I haven't seen because yeah, oh yeah, making contacts from '85 too. That's cool, man. Nice. Who's, gonna, who's, gonna, make, who's gonna make the list? Hey, Craven. Craven hey. made two of his like worst films: Hills Have Eyes Two and Chiller. <laughs> JP, JP, <laughs> JP. What? The Doctor and the Devils is from 1985. So Jeremy finally can watch it for the first time. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jeremy, do you remember that film you reviewed a couple you guys years ago? The... You can watch it for the first yeah, time. Yeah, remember yeah, when I you know. fake reviewed it? For you all time. Cut and run, cut and run. Mr. I don't know Vampire? if I'm invited back because I really don't know if JP's kidding or not. But oh, uh... <laughs> dude, I forgot about Blackout. Brandon's over there, like I'm just, just looking down at the ground, twiddling his fingers. I'm looking at a different year. That I'm oh, doing fucking myself. Tenement, <laughs> Jeremy Tenement. Ooh, that's a good one. Love yeah, Tracks man. is a good one, and Hard Rock Zombies. Oh, I'm getting started tonight. Two films I really Blood like. Tracks. Actually, I Blood Tracks needs a Blu-ray so. release. Hard, 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 hard Rock Zombies? Nice. Once, once yeah. bitten. Oh, The Strangeness. Yes, the huge killer vagina. Nice. Underworld. 205 Rockin movies. The Oracle. Wow, dude, I own so many of these. Murder Lessing. Where, where do you see 105? 205 on Letterboxd. I'm on. Horror movies? Blood Call? Yeah, but you know, like the last page. Like half of them are impossible. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously making my top ten. No, this is this looks like a a solid year, obviously. I mean the the top it's so top heavy. The the diversity is not great though, man. No. Somebody should make a list so I know what to watch. I always make Oh dude, screenplay is from eighty five. I like screenplay. Honestly, it doesn't look like it'll take that much prep on here. Jeremy, you like you like screenplay. Let's do it tomorrow when Jeremy gets back from work. (laughs) (laughs) We could we could probably do it by September October maybe. Jeremy, remember screenplay? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they dug that. Yeah, man, that's a trauma movie. Yeah. Yeah, That's the uh, actually solid as fuck, man. The the anthology, right, with the Punch and Judy. What? Screenplay. Scream? No. 
That's trauma. No, screenplay is the one. It's shot in black and white. It's about this dude that's writing a fucking movie at this hotel. Uh, what what am I thinking of? Screen time, man. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, oh, okay. you are thinking of screen time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Screenplay is, is legitimate, man. It's like oh yeah, we can film. finally do house. Remember? Yeah, yeah he is. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh man, moods. I think we have our top threes already picked out. Yes. Uh, Death Wish three, the Honestly, best Death Wish. There, there's like some obvious ones there, but like. Between like three movies, like I love that. Like they're all like a couple. Like there's a couple movies here that are in my top fifty, and some that are in my top ten. Dude, there's literally like fucking six movies from '85 in my top fifty. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, (laughs) it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think any year in the like any early any any year. Fuck. I have to say, I have to say, this is pretty interesting that return to Oz is like number three on the horror list on, on INDB return to yeah. Oz. And it doesn't even come up as it says adventure, family fantasy. There's no horror. I don't know. That's fucking. Strange. I hope some of these films that I'm seeing on like the later pages, I'm hoping some of these have releases. Cause there's a, Where, what, what, what page are you looking at? I couldn't find it. Well, if I, you go on letterbox and you hit films, then you go decade. If you go genre. into INDB and go to advanced search and just type in the year and or yeah, starting with that way too. 850101 to 851231. Yeah, it it does a good job, man. Really good job. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Larry, Larry like Cohen's and stuff. Once bitten. Fuck, this is so funny. Transylvania 6 5000. That's pretty good. I've never that's seen that. Movie. Uh, I've never seen it before. I grew up on that film. <laughs> <laughs> Massacre in Dino- Dinosaur Valley. Wow. There's Cut, it, and cut and I, and Run. Did I will, anybody say Cut and Run yet? I did. Massacre in yeah. Dinosaur Valley. It's kind of misleading. There's no dinosaurs in that movie. The Bride. Is that who I think it is? Oh, yeah. Creature, man. Nice. That's, that's fucking Sting. What the fuck is he in? Sting is Dr. Frankenstein. In The Bride? Yeah, Screen Factory released The Bride just recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Yeah, it awesome. is. It'll be a, it'll be it's a, one, it's yeah. a solid year. Yeah. yeah. What's this, what's imagine this, Dave. What's this, what's this? The Tower, an office building security system, goes after the employees to supply its energy. That looks pretty dope. I want to see that. Cool. I like those type of films. <coughs> probably doesn't have a release yeah what was the one from 82 the canadian film the the phone bo- or no what the fuck was that one with the with the phones oh it's a oh yeah that was a good one. That, oh, uh, that was a good one man shit where they exploded <laughs> yeah dude the yeah. tower from 1985 is a canadian tv movie really wow Crazy. it's on youtube Sweet. dude you got you got Friday and our first Elm Street availability film. It's pretty cool. Ooh, Victims, the worst well, era. The we worst already know fucking... that you love Friday Five, man. I already know fucking Victims is going to be the worst movie of the year. That movie's trash. <laughs> oh, Victims is. Woo, that's a bad one. Confessions of a Serial Killer. That looks pretty cool. Can anybody mention Hellhole? I like. Hellhole. I did not say it, but yeah, Screen Factory put out that too. Don't mess with my sister. Is that the one that the Don't Spit on Your Grave guy did? Thou shall not kill except. Is that horror? Yes. There's some interesting cover arts. There's a lot lot I haven't seen after the first 15 or 20 films. Like Blue Murder, a reporter tries to track down a psycho who is killing people involved in the porn industry. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That sounds cool. 1985. Silver bullets. Fuck, dude, we cannot no? get back to the 90s to save or the 2000s to save our fucking lives, man. Back to the, I, I don't think people are going to be disappointed with the 85. Though, no, man. 80s are awesome. This yeah. will be our third year in the 80s. But I'm just saying, we've done one in the 90s and one in 02, and that's been it. Mm-hmm. This is now our third in the 80s. But just think after this show, man, the 70s are eligible again. Right? No! No. <laughs> just thinking that. All the new kids, we could watch that new Blu-ray that's coming out from... New Kids is a fun movie. I like that movie. Mill Creek. I have that pre Hey, man, it might be 1973, man. That that year is ridiculous. 74 is good. Yeah, man. so is 74 and 8 as well. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit. All right. Yeah, that so should that's, be fun. That's, that's it. Another top 10 wrapped. Ooh, Death Warmed Up. That just came out on Blu-ray. I have that. Oh, I still got the VHS tape. Need to upgrade. I just bought it for Derek on Blu-ray so he could rip it for me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Literally ordered it for him last night. (laughs) I can't find my fish food, guys. Spooky Dan. I know, Spooky Dan's gonna fucking He's gonna die. Bushwick, Bush. I'm seeing everything about Bushwick Bill. God damn it! Are we going to do the outro now? Yeah, you know what, man. That is going to do it for top ten in 1972. Thank you again, Brandon and Carly, for once again gracing us with your presence, man. You guys were awesome as usual. Thank you. Good yeah, list. Thank you. Good, I had a fun good, time. Yeah, man. Anytime, anytime. You guys are welcome back. Well, if Carly is. Brandon can fuck up. This <laughs> shitty. I'm going back to the number one show. It's just not as fun being on the inferior show. <laughs> Dude, buy a shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. You're not going to be on a show in about two weeks once you go to jail for uh, fucking some middle schoolers. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a bad joke. Yeah. Oh, there's so many on this Did show. Did that really get overshadowed by, by Jeremy talking about JP's dead sister? I, think I didn't so. talk about her dead sister. All I said is that the retarded girl in fucking the Mueller movie is JP's sister. He talked about his retarded sister, not dead. Oh, she is retarded. Oh, God. Jesus. Oh, okay. Thank you, everyone. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 161 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods616. You can follow JP on his channel, youtube.com slash doubleshotj. Follow me on my channel, youtube.com slash NES Order 22. Um, please do not go and listen to the Exploding Heads podcast, but if you want to, Brandon's on there. And if you do listen, tell them that they're the number two podcast on Patreon and now on Spotify. So now they're the <laughs> double the losers as they were before. And you can follow Carly over wherever she flicks her cooter. And- <laughs> Jesus. Do you have any Great. questions? Oh, yeah. She's probably flicking her cooter with Peter. If you have any questions, you can give us a voicemail at 724-426-6665. Leave us an email at 22shotsmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. It's 22shotsmoodsandhorror at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash 22shotspodcast. Join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com, search bar, 22shotsmoodsandhorror podcast. Please buy a shirt by going to the 22shotsmoodsandhorror.com. Or by emailing me at the NES Ruler 2222 at gmail.com. What's your size? I'll get back to you right away. And please support the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. Patreon.com slash 22 Shots Podcast and Exploding Head Sucks.
Yes. Man, these cold nuggets are fucking good. Fuck off. Let me guess, he spilled something. He had to have. What else would it be? (laughs) Fucking dumbass. Unless he got a glimpse of his fucking dead sister. (laughs) We're the worst people. You know, we're all going to hell. Yeah. I can't stop laughing about it. That's a sad thing. That's just so bad. Fuck. Like I'm over here cracking up still. 